Hi, and welcome to episode one of year two of a show's running seasons, but we decided to run in calendar years because we like to be different. Um, so, yeah, and uh, joining me... Uh, sorry, I'm Michael. I should have said that, shouldn't I? You should have. I'm not very good at this That's whole how. introducing the show thing. That's why I usually try and get you guys to do it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, so, year two, which, on the one hand, allows us to put a cap on the learning phase of the show. Year one was very much us learning how to do the show, and the quality of our early episodes was not great. Nope. Okay, so tonight we're going to be looking at the following, a quick run-through of this month's new releases, um, an update of what we've been up to this month, uh, a run-through of this month's news, including some information from the New Year's Open Day, a discussion, uh, well, a discussion on the debate about which rule set <laughs> Heresy should use. <laughs> we had a discussion, but everybody else is having a massive, great, big Barney. Yes, basically. Uh, we had a proper civilised, gentlemanly um, very well considered, I thought, discussion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we're still talking, and that's always good. True. Absolutely. Uh, we we'll a quick run through of the big changes in the new rulebook. Mm. Um, some brief reviews of this month's latest Black Library releases, and in our tactics section, we're going to run through Centurion mode and then talk about some of the lists that we put together for that for our Top Gear challenge. Absolutely. So yes. Um, so it's I'm Graham, and we're joined also by our, our third. Third, Third prong of the of the trident. I've, I've been called some things in my time, but never the third prong of a trident. But my name is Chris. Okay. So yes. So go on, uh, Michael. Please carry on. You're talking about uh, what, what we're doing. Oh, North America listeners. Oh yeah, yeah. So that- For North America listeners, we actually uh, do have some. Apparently, um, you can now find us in the wow. Google Play Music Store. Uh, for some reason, Google don't have this store out in Europe, but, you know, when they do, we're in the store and ready. And we're also now available on pe- to people who use Stitcher and TuneIn. So if you're subscribing to us after finding us there, welcome on board. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. People of the people of the world. Indeed, wow. Yeah. Can, we, can we really we're get going global? This? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, we, we do have a couple in North America. At least that's oh, what the stats in iTunes tell us. Cool. Well, if you are American and you are listening to our show, we are very grateful. Thank you. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And I have a slight correction from our, my rant last it last month. Okay. Yeah. If you look at the Space Wolves Demio stores on Forge Worlds sets one and two, oh. they now yes. show a reversed one, so they won't look naff on your vehicles at all. Aha! Uh-huh. Not sure if the original photo was an error or if our <laughs> show convinced them to fix it. <laughs> I think we're going to, option B, option B. Option I B, think yeah, it's yeah. Us. We, we convinced them to fix it. Yeah, but, but you can now click on the link. Uh, if you look at, if you look at the doors now, they've got one reversed and it, it looks, it looks, it's, it's going to look the boss on the uh, Demios Rhinos with the space walls now. Okay. Forge word, all is forgiven. Yes. Because uh, before, uh, before when it just had the two looking and it was like, they're going to be the wrong way around. One of them's going to be the wrong way around. It'll look naff. Yeah, I've never given it any thought till you pointed it out. To be honest with you, man. <laughs> yeah, but it, well, there you go. It happened when Ford World have made their site a little bit different. So, got you. Um, wow, because they've had some minor updates on the site. Uh, so, yep. Anyway, um, that that probably was that. So anyway, so should we get into the show? Yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. Okay. This month's new releases uh, have been, well, there's not been a lot. So uh, do you want to cover the first one, Graham? Yes. Yeah, so uh, the big news, really, and part of the thing that caused the debate about the discussion about the potential of the new rulebook was the new rulebook coming out. 
Um, so this uh, came out, uh, they delayed it because of uh, quality control issues. And uh, then they brought it out to us on, on Christmas Day, which was awesome. Um, and it crashed the system, I think, or at least near Christmas Day, if I remember rightly. It was on I Christmas actually, Day. Was it actually on Christmas Day? Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. And you oh, would, cool. it, was, it was straight off for order, wasn't it? You couldn't, it, was. it wasn't a pre-order. It was, you can buy this now and you'll have it in a couple of straight days. Straight up. And then people who went to Warhammer World on the 27th could, pick, could go out and just buy a copy then and there. Right. Got so I actually ordered mine and I have it in front of me right now so anyway we'll talk about that a bit more later i think the interesting thing from this was that a the servers were overloaded so somebody had a great christmas day um (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah like i said so it was all very encouraging and there have been some changes which michael has diligently pretty much been through uh uh, line to line or spoken to other people who have been through it line to line to i spoke to to some other people who've been through it uh, line for line and uh, listen to a few other podcasts and mm. just summarize the changes. But if you want an actual line for line proper update on this book, go listen to Radio Free Ace Vans, um, not the most recent episode, but the episode before that. Um, they went through it line for line with uh, Alistair from Legion of Lies and they have a proper big breakdown. Got you. Have a big discussion go. about it. Oh, I can imagine. Did, did you get it, Chris? Uh, I'm using the EPUB version. For the time being, I will be. Yeah, um, I bought. I bought. I bought that before. As, um, I bought that as well before. Uh, March, uh, when London, whenever London is, May. May. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. want it, but I bought the EPUB when they said they were out. And yeah. I was like, oh, I don't have enough money for both. When yeah. it went back up again. Well, I can talk I about. It's a, a lovely book, actually. I've got to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. Um, it's the and, sheets that I'm most interested in getting the um, reference sheets. Now, I didn't get one because obviously they didn't give it if you ordered an EPUB, but I do have a nice friend who scanned one for me. <laughs> oh, cool. So that's probably very naughty. Probably, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not as if it, well, yeah, it probably is actually. Well, I saw <laughs> it on the website and I was like, I was going to make, I was going to type up my own one. Yeah. Right. And then he, uh, you know, just, just, just because I was not going to get it. And then, and then her pal was just like, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll scan my copy. Oh, it's like they got the I money thought... out of me for the for the ebook, and they'll get the money out of me for the uh, for the physical book eventually. So, I mean, that's what friends are for, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't know what I've done with mine actually. Now you kind of mention it, you had them at the um, you had them at the long gaming day. Yeah, they are very good actually. They are they are re- they are really handy. I mean, we picked them up and used them for um, uh, what did we use them for again? What did I do with them? Perils. Oh, we well. did that. We it was a quick reference, and it was fantastic because when we had a perils of the warp, rather than digging into the book, you know, it was just like flip over the sheet. There's the perils of the warp table. Boom. There you yeah, go. Nothing, you go. Well, nothing happened to me. I lost the. That warp. was the first and last time I used them. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sure they're kicking around in my pit of despair. Uh, that is my room. Or, or they'll be in your. Or, or you have put them in that big case of yours. Yeah, I'll just check that actually on the sly while you were talking. Uh, I'll find them. It's good. We're all good. Anyway. So, but the rule book is quite good. Uh, at least the, I've seen your version. I've seen John's version. Um, obviously, I've got the EPUB version. It's really good. Yeah. yeah the, 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 well presented. Yeah, yeah, really good. And it feels a lot better now that they've actually fixed that issue because obviously I saw the issue at the open day. Yeah, no, the lamination on the. Yeah, yeah, it it, it was it, it just felt really rough. Oh yeah, like cardboard. 
Mm. So I can't help but think about Conan every time we mention lamination. <laughs> Just can't. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Every time you've said that, you, you lamination of the women. The lamination of yeah. the women. Okay, so yes. the, the, the second release and the only other release this month uh, was the Space Wolves Legion Praetor. This was not short of controversy either. Was it? No, yeah. it was not. It's been a month, hasn't it? Yeah, it was like literally. I mean, they've had to take off the post on Facebook that they're promoting wow. it, and they've actually taken wow. it off sale. Now I got oh, a couple gosh. of vouchers um, after Christmas. Uh, from someone I can't remember. I can't remember who got me the vouchers. Was it Lindsay or was it Megan? Wasn't my mum because my mum never gets me a present. Uh, <laughs> someone got me some vouchers anyway, and I, I ordered the the Praetor, mm-hmm. and it order got cancelled. Wow! And now you can't buy him because he's temporarily out of stock. Is he indeed? Some so people this, What is this? Is just wolf players losing their collective. Um, Senses and you know demanding an apology for an affront against Russ himself. Well, I think the biggest issue that people had was with the um, uh, what do you call it? The uh, the the hand, the, the fur. Oh, okay, the fur was sort of an issue all over itself. But I don't actually mind the fur. It's it's rough. It's it's not the best, but it could be worse. But I think most people had an issue with the hand holding the uh, the pistol. Because right. if you take okay. a look at that on the website, mm-hmm. it's still listed yes. on the website, I believe. If you click on, I've got a link in the show notes there. If you click on it, um, it shows that the pistol. If you look in the, the there's a picture of the of the the very of four different bits in the resin. Uh, it's in the bottom right. Yeah, yeah. Do you see the pistol? Seen, it's just yeah, resting on top of his hand. The- Gun, is it, or something? Yeah, there's no pistol grip. Mm. And that's you what know, people I, are going crazy Yeah, would I, would I have got that upset about that, honestly? I don't know. It's a 25-quid model for a single figure. I was just going to green stuff it. Yeah, no, you've got a point. I suppose if you're paying £25 for a single model, you know, that's that's reasonable, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's certainly not their best model ever. And that little thing was quite annoying. And then... Someone has put up, uh, I think it was Crusade and Heresy in the Crusade and Heresy book. Someone's put up a picture of the model that they got because they got theirs through, and the right. random holes in the back of the cloak. Um, oh if you can see oh, them on the 360 view, yeah, uh, you've got the Forge World bullet hole kind of things, aren't and they? And it's like, but they don't go through the whole way through. All oh, right, they just uh, well, that kind of makes it because they're hidden, aren't they, on the other side? I suppose. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, but no, there's, there's not. There's, there's one, one there that's that... not. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. Okay, so another bit of controversy. Um, it's, it's, it's the walls. It's the, you know. I like the model itself. It's not the best, but I like it. Is he what? He is meant to be. He is in Terminator armor, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Casper's shirt. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. So it's it's not a bad. It's not it's not the best model, but it, I was never going to complain like some people are. I like the sword. Oh, the sword is fantastic. Yeah, that's a impressive. Yeah, I like that. It, it, very nice Paragon blade, as I was going to use it for. But yeah, lots of lots of lots of people complaining about it. Non-stop. Yeah, I think I've never been massively. I don't, I don't know. I, I think you. I think the the um, 
I mean, it does look it's beautifully painted, by the way. I think the one on the Forge website looks, looks really nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's almost the same, apart from the face. It's it's very similar to the um, cataphracti guy that you get from the Calset, is it? The one with the cloak? Yeah, same uh, sort of yeah, pose, isn't it? Similar pose, but, you know, mirrored. Yeah. And a different close combat weapon. It has got a different close combat weapon, and that is a... Great looking sword, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you, or chain sword, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's oh, a, it's a very two D pose, and a lot of people have been complaining about the pose being, you know, like second edition Warhammer type of. Pose. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's you can just imagine that being a you know, an old school white metal uh, model, can't you? Just like yeah, yeah, not, not the beautiful resin that it's supposed to be. Yeah, the belt buckle was pretty cool. Oh yeah, the belt buckle is lovely. It's it's. Oh, see what you mean about the bullet holes on the yeah. three sixty view. But it's not a very dynamically posed model. But again, I wasn't that fussed about that part of it. Got so it. will you? The question is, if it, when it goes back up for sale, will you be buying one to go with your space wolves? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I I I still think the model is. Uh, as I said, it's not the best, but it's not it's not as bad as people make out. I don't think. Fair play. Cool. If they if they if all they're doing is fixing that um that the the uh, hand the the hand with the, mm. the pistol grip, then that's fine. Got oh, you. Yeah. All right. So I think, in apart from the fact that people obviously you know complain bitterly about it, we we think it's pretty good. Um, I'm not sure. It, it floats my boat. I've got a bit of a thing with sort of um, top knots, to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of them. Yep. I don't know if it's just me. I never have really liked them very much. They will look a bit of bad and like. I know yeah, obviously uh, the, the walls have got hundreds of them, but it just, uh, aesthetically, it doesn't please me. Let's put it that way. No. It, it, the top knot is, I think, is my least favourite aspect of the model. That's my, um, I can't remember if we're going to mention, but the new um, chunky custodes guys, like they've got oh. these, the top knots as well on their, on their armor. And I just, I looked at them and went, well, is Abaddon dressing them? It's, Maybe it's, it's tailored by, tailored by Abaddon. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really liked it as a, as a design. I, I think I prefer the more, um, you know, the sort of Mark three, the sort of big bulky armor with very little thrills and spills, you know, but that might just be my iron warrior coming out. Probably. Mm, could well uh, be. Okay. Bleak. Bleak. It's, it's very much, <laughs> it's very much the, the big 1980s aesthetic coming through there, though. Okay, fair play. Um, okay, so that's, that is the new releases. This uh, Oh, there was one other thing I was going to mention, uh, new releases-wise, and that was um, there's been some new Nurgle models released. No heresy rules for them. Um, right. Hopefully they'll get them in Book 8. But the great, uh, okay. the great unclean yeah. one is the same size as the Forge World one. So if you've got right, the seventh yes. edition rules for him, I think he's a named character um, in one of the in one of the Forge World books. I can't remember which. Oh one. right, yeah, one of the uh, Armageddon books. Yeah, yeah. You you could use him as a proxy for that. Got you. So, okay. Oh uh, yeah. Just just putting it out there. But hopefully, okay. you know, hopefully there'll be nice demon stuff in the uh, in book eight. Whenever that turns up. Next year, okay. apparently. <laughs> okay, so Next we'll move year. on to what we've been up to. All right, so 
Um, but so uh, what we've been up to, so we'll start with what we got for Christmas hobby wise. So okay. what did you guys get? Well, I'll go first on this one because I got nothing particularly, in fact, nothing hobby wise whatsoever. Uh, though I did get a Lego Millennium Falcon, which I'm very pleased with. So, Ooh. you know, the bit, the big 600 like quid one. No, not that one. Oh. The, 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 yeah, not that one. I, I, was, that's like... I was trying to twist twist Megan and Lindsay's uh, wills on that one. I was like, it comes with two porgs because <laughs> yes, they like those porgs. Two, two tiny little porgs. But, yes. yeah. yeah, that's a lot of money for a couple of tiny porgs. Well, they go nuts over these porgs. <laughs> they, they, so, really, yes, I... they genuinely do. They go nuts over these things. I had the big ones in Forbidden Planet, and they were, and they were like sending me videos saying, "I want this, I want this." It's, I know it's forty quid, but <laughs> ah, oh well. Anyway, so that was me. What about you, Chris? Uh, so, um, so I ended up didn't in the end didn't have to buy my own Telemon. I was I was gifted one. Nice. Um, after Graham guided uh, my mum as to what I would like for Christmas. Thank you very much, bro. You're most welcome, my brother. And um, so he's mostly assembled now. Um, and I got a, a Forge Rod voucher, which I'm going to use and get some of the um, Aquilion Terminators for my custodes. Oh, very nice. Uh, just flesh it out with some more infantry because that's definitely what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Michael? Uh, I got a painting handle. The, these are the, the rather uh, unfortunate-looking things that could potentially um, be purchased from particular specialist websites. Yes. <laughs> yes, Megan got one as well. Uh, I got one for her, but they're actually really good. Hold on, what are we talking about here? The, the painting <laughs> handles. They're definitely the painting handles that we bought from Games Workshop. Nothing similarly shaped or, or, or purpose at all. <laughs> That's for a whole other conversation. That's, a, that's, that's Edge of Empire After Dark, isn't it? If I remember correctly, yes, the After Dark show. But no, no, I got, I got, I, we've got, I've got the painting handles, and I've got to say they're 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 absolutely fantastic. Are they? Yes. I mean, they, when I saw them, I thought, well, that's that seems like a, a massive waste of money. But go on, tell, sell me one. Um, basically, when you get it, obviously you clip your model into the into the thing. It goes up to the 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 forty. 40 mil and it's just so much easier to get a full grip of it rather than having to cling the base with two fingers and yeah. i don't know if any, you know especially for people with mobility issues these are these are just yeah. amazing um because you can just you know you can twist it round properly and get to it and it's like i how did i do this before i think you're probably right there i think i'm yeah. judging it poorly just because i Maybe it's not a problem that I think needed solving, but you know, um, now that you mention it, I know people I think, used yeah. to have put them on paint pots with blue tack. But yeah. that before, yeah, my my old paint pots are now gone, um, oh, yeah. and they don't really work on the new paint pots. No, they don't. They're, they're rounded at the top, aren't yeah. they? But you get a lot better grip with this, uh, unless you buy yeah, the so Forge World, like, uh, you know, um, airbrush. Forge World airbrush. Okay, yeah, yeah, they have and their weathering powders as well, have it? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I see what you mean because um, I've seen a lot of people like when they're painting figures, they have they kind of glue something on there like a stick, yeah, you know, to paint to do that with. So that that makes sense. In it, but I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people now buying these uh, these in batches of ten. Wow. To um, you know, to line up a whole a whole squad. Got you. 
And I've got to admit, that is tempting me, because it would make batch painting so much easier. Well, uh, I'm not sure it would make me want to paint anymore. No. Well, I think that's... That, that's uh, yeah, if you don't want to paint already... Yeah, it's not going to help too much, is it? But no. you're right, I guess. And um, I'm trying to think, you know, generally, what do I do? Yeah, I kind of hold the figure with like sort of like sort of claw-like grip uh, as you're painting. So, yeah, I can see where actually that might be more comfortable to have something a bit firmer to grasp. Um, yeah. I, I I really like it, and I I, okay. I would highly recommend people try the, at least try them out. You know, um, it's one thing where I think Games Workshop should set set them up in store for people to try. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right because I've obviously like, der- derided them when I saw them, but n- now that you've put it into that context, I think that uh, you might be right that maybe it is something that I could look at potentially. How much are they, by the way? They're quite uh, five quite... pounds. Oh, it's not. Oh, that's... It's not really that bad, is it? No, Cause... it's not. It's not ridiculous. Uh, okay. Nothing worse than getting cramp and things. Also, when you're, you know you're spending a long time just gripping. Her. Uh, one of the yeah. interesting things about them, well, I find it interesting, is you can is it is it um, screws off the handle. And it's just got mm. a normal um, tripod mount on it. Okay. So you can actually attach it to a tripod. Oh, okay, right. I, see what I you don't mean. know why you'd want to do that, but... Oh, no, yes. That is slightly bizarre, isn't it? Oh, okay. It must be there for a reason. Or maybe it was just that the, the handle <laughs> comes bulk from somewhere else. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably what it is, you know, actually. Pre-existing that, design. Uh, yeah, that's the same factory theory. that makes... Uh, that makes them also happen to make tripods still, you know, maybe for display purposes, you could yeah, next, no. next year, there'll be an attachment. It'll have a, you know, there'll be some sort of, yes. Multi-directional thing. Free, freestanding mm. painting platform. <laughs> Assemble them. Okay. Yeah. So the painting uh, handle. And then I've got a light box as well. A little collapsible light box. So this is for those of us who don't know, this is what exactly? This is where you put your uh, basically it's a white out. it's a white it's a white box with a light in the top that uh, gives proper daylight lighting. So when you put your models in there to take okay, photographs, right, because cool. your photos do look very good now. Actually, I've got to say, yeah, yeah, and they do yeah. look much better with it. Yes, plus I feed them through Photoshop Express. See, there was <laughs> okay. there, there was a very small chance of me ever taking a photo of anything I'd done. Now there is even less <laughs> chance of me taking a photo of anything I'd done and putting it under our name. Yes, because people will be like, oh, that Edge of Empires, God, I'm sure to say, those bloody custodies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think mean, custodies look good, Chris. So do I. And I think it's nice. just, it's just like, say, lucky that my, like I say, my Iron Warriors are designed to look scruffy, which suits my paint style perfectly. So. <laughs> and your worldies so are anyway. not too bad either. No, again, I can also probably blag that they are slightly untidy when it comes to keeping their armour in tip top. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so you have a load of blood for the blood god on them, and you'll you know, be fine. I, interestingly enough, I don't, I don't like doing that. I know that so sounds. Your really, guys are very, are very clean cut for. I know there was there's two reasons. I think one, initially they were supposed to be a loyalist army, though I've since been playing them more as traitors. Mm. And two, I, I just don't like splattering blood on things. <laughs> Weirdly, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think sometimes it's it's the same with weathering of tanks. And models, I think you can you can get a bit too carried away with it, and it actually yeah. detracts from the model. Because oh. all you see is the, the spray of blood on it, or the all of the mud that's now on this figure that you've probably painted really really well. But all you can see is the you know the clumps, the, the clumps of mud that you've stuck on this thing. So that's why I really yeah. like um you know Stephen Pennock. 
Yes. Um, his yes. Uh, his death guard. Oh yeah, his death guard. I spectacular. There there's no weathering on them whatsoever. You're right. Actually, they're really actually... unusual for death guard. Mm. Yes, normally yeah. they are to the you know ultra grubby, aren't they? And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he's done zero weathering whatsoever, and they look fantastic for it. They do, and they don't look out of place. They don't look, you know, pristine or anything. He's just done them in such a way, is it? You know, they give you the impression of being weathered without actually being weathered, if you see what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's just my own personal style. I mean, I, that's not, you know, I know I'm going to get drummed out of the World Eaters fan club for you know, <laughs> not, not putting blood all over my models, but I don't know. It just doesn't really appeal, to be honest with you. I think you know, I always, uh, it's good to have a bit of variety. I always feel that whenever I see a really massively weathered model, that you think I'm sure they had a bloody power washer back in the you know in the far future, <laughs> you know, and that somebody might have said, "Oh God, that's a right scruffy old vehicle. I'm going to give it a give it a quick you know rub down, make it look a bit better." Maybe because yeah, be we're not saying that OCD. people shouldn't do this to their models. No, no, don't take your models outside and power wash them if they got weathering <laughs> on, please. That's just so, yeah. personal tastes. Absolutely. Exactly. I've seen some Absolutely. weathered models that look absolutely sublime. I've seen some weathered models that look terrible. I think it just attracts some, my personal view, it can detract from a really nice paint work. And that, you know, let's, let's see that. Anyway, moving, moving on. So, yeah. okay. So, uh, okay. So current projects guys. So Chris, what have you been doing? So I built, so I've, I've assembled the body of the Telemon. Uh, I haven't put his arms on yet because I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pose his arms. Okay. Uh, Magnetising them or? I probably will, I think, just because I want to be able to mix and match with his weapons. And when I've done other dreadnoughts, the contemptors for my Imperial Fist, I didn't magnetise them. So now it's sort of a... When I've, some of the poses don't really work out with the gun with the weapons and things, so I think for this guy I probably will magnetise the arms on so I can uh, you know, mix him up a little bit and it not look too too out of place. Plus um, for the cost of the telemons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to exactly. Um, another thing because he has a ten uh, ten to ten centimeter base, big ten to ten centimeter round base, and. Uh, I like to, you know, as a, I talk more about my base than anything else in this podcast. <laughs> I realised, so I had to. It's all about the base. <laughs> it's, it's all exactly. No I'm gonna that. That's going to be on my t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had to cut a 160 mil uh, war gamma oval base. All right. Uh, oh yeah, you, you do them as like they're in the uh the, like, the, the, like they're in the webway. Yeah. So I've I've kind of been cutting a base to to fit him so he can stand on that and uh, he'll blend in with the rest of the army which has been fun yeah I was gonna say, that sounds like an engineering project yeah it's not been a whole lot of fun at times there's a lot i think i've probably inhaled more resin dust than i medically <laughs> should have done um just purely you by accident to wear a breathing mask thing, aren't you from cutting up resin yeah I've been, I've been dremeling stuff and i'm thinking oh this that's, is probably very that's why i did it with i did it in the garden yeah, uh, okay. I set up shop with an extension, but I, there was still quite a lot of yeah uh, the dust kicking about. But um, yeah, I've just got to sort of just finish rounding off the edges of that so they fit to so you know it goes under. I've been using the supplied Games Workshop base uh, as my oh, guide it? for it. Oh, so because I don't know why I didn't think of it because I spent about twenty minutes 
trying to make a template the right size, <laughs> I measuring it all out. And then I went, I, got, I opened the box again and I went, oh yeah, there's, there's an exactly correctly sized piece of black plastic that I could use. So I then, uh, oh, I, I then uh, went and uh, found a Sharpie and just drew around the base of that. There so that was, that was much hilarity and much of me going, what the hell are you playing at, you idiot? Um, so that's, been there. that's yeah, I just I, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. Um, so that's yeah, that's pretty much been it. Yeah, and just other bits and pieces, other sort of touching up jobs on the other um, custodes, and that's kind of been it for me, sort of project wise. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, I'm probably going to try and paint, get um, start painting the body of him. He's not on the base yet, obviously. So yeah. I'll um. Let's probably start get the air, airbrush out tomorrow and make you know, some make a start on that. I suppose that's a problem with all these new base sizes that Games Workshop keep coming out with. Um, if you use custom yeah. bases, you know you're kind of stuck because until yeah, either the absolutely. custom provider comes up with something new or or um, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, so for the should I ever buy an Orion? the um flyer for the custodes i don't know how i would base that if i wanted to keep it in check because it has a, a another size up sort of base and no one and, and unless i really go to town and buy two, three or four other size bases and sort of jigsaw them all together kind of thing yeah i don't know how i'd do it so it's going to be interesting to see what if you know if the the market kind of keeps up with that but i'll have to yeah. wait and see but luckily i've got enough of all the other sort of sizes that i ever i'll yeah. ever need so that's good I can't, I can't see them doing it for all of them but no but because there's uh, so many now yeah. yeah 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 i mean it did used to be like two or three didn't it you know and that was your lot because now they've yeah, yeah. 25 custom. mil 40 mil now it's all ovals you know, odd ovals night sizes yeah, um, I gotta admit, some of the new sizes make a lot more sense, like the the um, um, blood crusher ones for Age of Sigma. They used to be on the the, the you know the dreadnought size, the sixty mil. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And now they're on a an oval, but it doesn't take up as much space on the table. Got so you. It looks better. Okay. Got you. Yeah, and I must admit the thirty-two mil for the Space Marines, for example, I think does look better, even though yeah. all mine are on bloody custom resin bases at the old style. But... <laughs> you know, twenty-fives. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yep. So yes. So shall I talk through what I've been working on? Yeah, go for it. Bro. Yeah. So um, so I've got all of my Terminators. So I've now got twenty-one Terminators done for my World Eater. So that was basically what I did over Christmas. And the new year was just batch painted the bejesus out of those. Um, and they look okay. I'm, I'm reasonably happy with them. They're not going to win any Golden Demon Awards, but they're absolutely perfect for, for playing on the table with. So that's that. So I'm quite happy with those. I think I put some pictures up of those uh, somewhere. Yes, you did. Um, so they're, they're, they've come out okay. I've kind of got my technique, which basically means that anything can generally be sold by null, null oil or Agrax Earthshade in some form or another. And that seems to be seems to be working for me um and, and now i've got to cover up so many sins yes so now i've got six dreadnoughts to paint um which i'm getting through but i'm just kind of batch painting them up as well what so what type of dreadnoughts 
they're all the contenders. Um, but some of them are. So I've got three like close combat only ones, and I've got uh, one which is a Forge World one actually. Um, and mm. he's got a magnetized one of his guns is magnetized. So I've bought the um, Volkite, big Volkite, Volkite. <clears throat> the one that you've got the culverin, which is one that you've got on your dreadnought. Yeah, I got two. On you one. you got two, but I've got just one. Yeah. Um, so I've got that, and I've got a multi melter, and I think I've got a chain fist for them as well. So I've got a bit of options there. So and the rest of them are all the plastic ones. Um, so I've got a couple like, of like them the with crisp guns, and a couple of them just close combat. I mean, I think they're, they're, I like dreadnoughts too. So I'm, I'm a big fan of yeah. them now. And um, like I said, it, it, it looks pretty cool when they're all. I mean, they're all painted along because they're obviously the same color scheme as the Marines. I think they'll look pretty good. So do I'm you ever think you'll? Do you ever think you'll run the um, uh, right of war for them? So you just have a dreadnought army? Oh, the few of the ancients. Yeah, I think I probably could do that actually. So up the the moment I've still got. I'm kind of borrowing dreadnoughts from my um, Iron Warriors on secondment. So the Leviathan and the Derodeo, for example, that I've got in the bigger yeah. ones for this army of, 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 the, of the ones I've got for the Iron Warriors. But I've actually got to put together um, those models. So I've actually got them. So but what, what I'm kind of trying to do is I'm, I know I've got loads of stuff to assemble. So what I've said to them is I'm going to do is a sort of like thing. I'm not going to assemble anything else until I've painted everything that I currently need to painting. Yeah. So that's a good plan. So rather than just keep building loads of grey models, I'm just going to get everything painted up, and then I know I've got a reasonable size force, and I can just add to it. So I've got after the dreadnoughts, that leaves me with three uh, dreadclaws to to paint uh, the Cestus assault ram, and that's nearly it. Although I might do my Typhon as well if I because I've undercoat I stripped that and undercoated that in white so to go into the oh, okay. his army at some point if i ever need it um so i just want to try and get everything painted and then i'll build some more models and get them painted that's my plan whether i stick to it is another matter altogether but that is my n- almost new year's resolution if you will which is pretty much the next section that we're talking about but anyway so yes i've also the other thing that's kind of not left field of me but um, there was a, a 30k channel put a thing up saying, hey, has anybody got a big um, all armor list? We'd like to do a big game against um, uh, Iron Hands. So I, I got in contact and said, hey, look, I've got a big six, you know, I can do 6k, no bother, um, with all my tanks. Uh, I, actually, anyway, I got back home that I realized actually to make a fully legit armored breakthrough list, I, it's very difficult. <laughs> you should need a lot of tanks. <laughs> And you need a lot of the sort of cheaper tanks, which I haven't got. So um, I think I, I lent you a, well, I gave you one of the, um, you did. Uh, Venetus. No, Venetus, no, yeah. No, no, the, what is it called? Little, yeah, I think it is the Venetus. I think they are. It's a, yeah. Not the yeah, Sakara, no. I, I've seen on the, and I double checked it. There are, there are plenty of reports on there, especially the bigger ones, where they have multiple force orgs. Okay, right. Okay, fair enough. In that case, it will, will not be a bother. But um, I can actually make with knights, and I've got you lent me a, a knight, so I'm going to paint this knight up for you. Um, oh, you took it. Cool. Yes, I did. I found oh, okay. it and took it. Lovely. 
No, oh, I, had, oh. I, had, I had no idea. Cool. I know. I went around my brother's house and burgled, burgled him. <laughs> uh, for, for everything that he could. For, for it wasn't because <laughs> he didn't open the cupboard because that's where all the tanks are. Um, I did actually open the cupboard thinking the night might be in there, but I, I, no. I shut it pretty quickly. Yeah, that's um, right. I couldn't fit them in my case. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got that um, the night gallant here. So uh, I'll get him painted up for you um, because I think that I can actually make, uh, I think, five and a half thousand points of a fully legit army. So that's a single force org um, armored breakthrough with a allied detachment of knights. Wow. Actually comes in, which I'm quite pleased about. Let's get going. So, yes. So that's that's me. Do you, do you have a do you have an expected time of when that's that's taking place or I, I think it's April. Um Okay, cool. Potentially, but oh, so I, you got plenty I, of time to get stuff. Yeah, I need to confirm with the guy cuz I need to it's in Peterborough, so it's a it's a it's a fair drive. Yeah. Uh, it's about 4 hours, I think 4 and a half hours. Um down there. So it would be a weekend. So hotel and yeah. stuff, so Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to think cool. of an excuse for me to join you. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, moral support, uh, cheerleader. Cheerleader. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, if it does happen, that would be awesome because that, look, mm. that looks really, really cool. Um, and uh, I think it'll be quite an interesting day. Yeah, £6,000. Yeah, that's about right. 6,000 points of all armour. <laughs> Um, yeah, which should be quite a cool thing. So I'll be looking forward to that if I can get that um, organised. That comes to fruition. So those are the things I'm working on. So I'm going to paint that. Paint the. Um, oh God, it's terrible. I forgot the name of the tank. I even got the tank in front of me, and I can't remember the name of it. It's a vindicator. Uh, vindicator. Thing, that's it. It's the vindicator Venator last yeah. cannon thing. So uh, I've got think... that. It is a Venator. Okay, do the one with the tank nope. destroyer version. No, yeah. there's a. The tank destroyer version of the Vindicator. The vindicator. Oh, the, 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 the Vindicator with a laser. Laser destroyer. Yes. There we go. Oh, Between wow. the seven of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> not, if you do need... I, I'm still sure I have another one if you need it, but I couldn't put my hands on it straight away. Well, the thing is, I was thinking uh, I'm going to add... If I'm going to do this, I'm going to add potentially one of the, the, the swanky knights from uh, Forge World and see if I get any if I get any money for my birthday. Mm. Um put it towards that and get, you know, like the night styrics. Cause I think that was quite cool. Um, and it's not too expensive. Unlike the sort of 180 pound nights, which are yeah, quite expensive. It's just, just a resin upgrade kit to the, um, yeah. Yeah. To, to so, the plastic night. So that looks quite tempting. And then I thought, um, actually I'm going to spend that kind of money. If I was going to go to 180 quid, then I thought, well, actually what about two Malkadors? Because that would be quite a few points to yeah. beef me army up. And I've, and I've suddenly become a big fan of the Malkador. Um, you know, I saw one at the uh, event we went to the other night, which was at the at Whitney Bay, which, which I'll talk about later. Uh, so somebody, Richie, was running a couple of them. So I saw a bit of Tang Envy there, obviously. So it's I've got options. I think it all depends on if I get any money from your birthday. Mm. And uh, we might have an order going into Forge World because Michael's going down the 27th, aren't you, Michael? Yes, I am. When's your birthday? The 23rd, which is kind of handy. It is. Because it means I won't have to potentially pay any shop- shipping. So, yes. Yeah, I good. still have a free shipping voucher. I just never got around to using it yet. Oh, did you? All right. Okay, cool. I won, no it. I won it at an event and I can't remember. Yeah, I've still oh, got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was at the um, 
It was at one of the Battle Bunker ones. It was, yes. I still have it. Cool. Um, just oh, well, every time I, I go to use it, it's like, yeah, but I'm, it's only a couple of quid for shipping this time. Yeah, I know what you mean. You want to save it for for that big, like, £20 shipping thing, because you haven't quite got to 250 quid or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just... Okay. It's always, a, it's always a pain. All right, so that's me. I've kind of rattled on enough there. What about yourself, Michael? Um, well, I have... I did a two Space Wolf things. I did a Space Wolf Contempt to Dreadnought. Yes. Um, and I got that finished off. <laughs> Bought that in Easter. And I finally finished off. It's got a chain fist and a um, and a heavy bolter. Yeah. Um, it looks great, by the way. Yeah, I really awesome. like it. It's, it's, it's I really a nice like model. Your, I like your Space Wolves and how you painted them a lot. Well, I used the 40k scheme, the the, the, the bluey-grey. I know that a lot of Space Wolf fans will be like, that's sacrilege for 30k, but... Um, it's just so I don't have to repaint my drop pods. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus, you so know, make it more work for yourself. When I went to Warhammer Fest a few years ago, and I asked Neil Roberts, you know, how come the space <laughs> walls were were different on the, uh, you know, how come the space walls are different? You know, when did they change their their, their color? And he was like, you know what? I just paint them as if they don't paint their they just don't clean their armor in thirty k. There you go. So. You know, obviously he's not the he's not the uh, be all and end all. And when I asked Alan uh, last, not last year's open day, because last year was the one I just went to, but the one before, when mm. obviously Alan was still with us, I said, you know what, I'm going to paint my space walls uh, in the in the uh, in the forty k stream. Yeah, bluey grey. And he yeah. was like, yeah, go for it. It's uh, it's, it's your hobby. Yeah. It's up to you. I think they look really great. I've got to be honest with you. I think I've done that. And then I've done the Mark II command set for them as well. So a Herald and a generic HQ could be a Praetor or a, or a Centurion uh, with a Thunderhammer. Because, uh, you know, I like the Mark II mm. armor now. You do? You're a big fan so, now? Big fan. Just can't afford to have a whole whole army in it. <laughs> uh, I mean, not many people can, I think, to be fair. Yeah. Wish I could. But... Uh, uh, it's uh it's 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 quite nice um but yeah. yeah um that was nice and easy to do did a did a little minor conversion by putting a a 40k space wolf head on the uh the centurion guy oh right that's that good problem. yeah but you can do that there's lots of there's lots of 40k heads and bits that can go on yeah uh, 30k that's space the, wolves that's the, the the beard guy yeah yeah got the beard I yeah, put, yeah yeah i put him on instagram and he'll be on the, yeah, on yeah. the page. And I'll put him in the show you should, notes. You should have painted the beard the same colour as your beard. What, my beard? Yeah, then yeah, you can... Yes. Uh, you've missed the trick, sir. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure I'll have plenty of others with beards. Yeah, I was going to say, he could be your little little guy, as it were. Um, yeah. i got plenty. <laughs> so, uh, what about... So, uh, uh, you mentioned New Year's resolutions, uh, Graham. So, I'll mention mine. Um, Go on, then. And then, then we just got to do Chris's, and that's a whole section down there. Um, so mine were, uh, I want to get the Space Wolves um, built up to at least 2.5k. Uh, I look ready. forward to okay. that. Look forward and, to seeing them. And add some standard troop choices for the word bearers, because they are uh, they're, they're the only choices I've got for troops at the minute require me to take Pride of the Legion or Primarch's Chosen. Uh, and that's what mm. I kind of intended when I built them. I was like, yeah. I want this to be an elite, yeah, an elite force, um, you know, that, that that has been chosen to to carry out missions. 
And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going on and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I might fancy this right of war. I might fancy this right of war. And I'm limited because I don't have any standard troop choices. Yeah, that's like me and my uh, world. Yeah. My world is the same. It's I've only got Terminators. So, so it, does, it is very limiting, you're right. So I'm thinking of adding so, a, a Breacher Squad and an Assault Squad, just to be a little bit different. Got you. Cool. Nice. Obviously, the, 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 um, the generic choice would be a Tactical Squad. Yeah. That's I was just nice. thinking, why not be a little bit different? Well, I suppose on the Breaches and the Shields, you could put... You know, not to not to make work for you, but you could put like little bits of scripture sort of kind of effect on it. Oh, so yeah. that if... Yes, that would look good, wouldn't it? Exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Cool. Yeah, I think um, you're right about mixing up the troop choices rather than just going down the. If you can, it's very difficult because it's very expensive. But you know, rather than going down the standard tactical marine choice, you know, maybe assault marines or something else, just to give you a little bit of difference, just so that it's like, oh, that's that's different. Yeah. It was just sort of because um, I like having the different troop choices, and obviously they're the only the only other two compuls- choices that can be compulsory, because I think everything else is support. Yes, can, so yeah. yeah. Can you buy the breacher shield separately? Only for ultra or, marines. Okay. Or I think you can buy them for Mark Four. Yeah. Sorry, not Mark Four. Um, Mark Mark Eight, not Mark Eight. Mark Seven. Get me marks mixed up there. Uh, as an upgrade okay. pack for um, Breacher of Marines uh, for 40k ones. Yeah. yeah that's, what was, that's what I was thinking. So, and I will mention that in a section further down the line. But um, obviously, with, with the Games Workshop, buying the 10 man squads of Marines, whether you could just um, get the, the bits that make them Breacher squads, as it were, and just use those on the plastics. And yeah. save yourself a bit of bit of money, but the breacher squads are quite pricey. Yeah, it's like thirty six quid for five guys. Yeah, so I mean, they're also they've got the void hearted armor, haven't they? Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, and they look a bit more bulky. They look cool, actually. I like, the... I like breachers. I mean, there are some uh, conversion possibilities out there. I mean, uh, I don't know. If, uh, are you members of the Yorkshire Heresy Group? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Robert nope. Ings' um, uh, Space Wolf breachers? I have. Using buttons for the shields, which is incredible. Exactly. But it looks really good. It does. It looks superb. I mean, he's got some kind of Celtic knot style buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, that's uh, cool. and he's used them. Uh, we'll see if we can get a photo and put them on our thing if people haven't seen it. I, I, um, I will ask him if I can have, if I can share it on our show notes. But it's yeah. a really, really good conversion. And I think someone else had done the exact same thing, follow it, copying him as well. I'm sure right. I've seen that on a space oh, page because cool. it's it's I don't blame them because it is an excellent. They they sound amazing. Yeah, they are really good. And I think they've got big long spears, haven't they? Yeah, he's giving he's them the big, long, guys. big long spears as well as the combat. Yeah, weapons, they, they, they look really cool. And the balls so, are yeah, under slung. Yeah, which is yeah. Uh, it, it look sorry he's slung the slung the bolters are sort of slung at the back, and it looks like they've got the combat weapon. Got it, yeah. which is a big long spear. Yes, nice. So definitely worth a look. He's done a fantastic job of that. So yeah. I think he's going to take them to London. Yes, he's going to. Take so we'll them be to able London. to see them in the flesh. He blames yeah, me because cool. uh, I took I played him with my all breacher list at um, at Blood and Glory. Oh yeah, uh, of course yeah. And I inspired him apparently. <laughs> there you go. The inspiration of Michael Bottrell. So tell us what your uh, New Year's resolution. Oh, that is your New Year's resolution. Chris is next, isn't he? Yeah, Chris is next. Yeah. So- I'm going to, my resolutions really is to finish 
assembling the last 10 custode guardian guys that I need to build. So I've got, I'll have 40 other, but 36 of those when finished. Nice. Um, yeah, that's so I'll have, and once the, I've ordered the Aquilians, I should have just under 5k for the custodes, which I think is probably um, so uh, a point where I'll just start. So about See, 10, I've got, yeah. There's about 11 guys. Um, <laughs> I'll that point. Yeah. Two troop choices. Boom, sorted. 5,000 <laughs> points. Uh, but I think once I've got them to, to yeah, all, I, I, it won't take a lot of work for me to get them finished. So that's kind of, it's a lazy New Year's uh, resolution. Okay. But, uh, I'm definitely but you don't do much painting, so. No, exactly. But I do need, because um, I really need to get some, a lot more stuff done to the Imperial Fists if, yeah, uh, if all goes to plan, and someone else is going to be using them for September, because oh yes, um, your other brother, because we're going to we're slowly, slowly twist sort of uh, trying to get that to happen so he comes uh, yes. up to Company of Legends in September as well. So I think we need a hashtag that day uh, for September. Dave, yeah. Dave, be free, <laughs> free, yes. free, free the bird and one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, and I'd, I'd like him to have a. You know, a painted I mean, I've made you know, more progress over it on it in bits and pieces, but I think that's that's really the yeah, the, get the customers done and try and make a really good headway into the Imperial Fists. Yeah, I hate painting Imperial Fists. I hate painting it's, yellow. The troops are done. That's the 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 the, the, the main bog standard. Oh, I suppose that, that, the back's broken once the the troops are done. Yeah, I've got a. A load of shoulder pads to attach because I bought the special, the custom shoulder pads over there, mm-hmm. um, and it's just going to be painting the tanks, and that's really the, that's where I'm, I'm struggling is, is getting a, like the, a matching paint scheme for the tanks that goes with the infantry. To a degree, uh, I've actually gone off molded shoulder pads. They, it's more of an issue when you break one. I tend to. Oh yeah. When when you accidentally misclip it off the sprue that oh. it's on, and you take the top off one, which I've done more so than many once. times. Yeah, I've done. Um, and you, and you just think, oh, come off! I mean, unfortunately, in one of the my custodes dreadnoughts that happened when I oh. clipped the shoulder off. It took. Oh. Uh, he now has a little divot in the, yeah. the top of the, and it just that's a, that's a slight bugbear every time I look at the guy. Unfortunately. Um, my yeah, that's the, that's are literally the, that's littered the with those. Yeah, but you can get away with battle it. damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, no I, but that's, I, I, I've moved that's more towards transfers to my space walls and word bearers. Okay. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. And I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I like your, your banner for your. Like, I've not really yeah, explored the transfers yet. I will again for the for the golden boys. I I've got the transfer sheet to put on there tanks and stuff so i might have to sort of get some lot, have a chat with you on, on how to do it successfully because i've never to, really explored a lot of it came down to learning how to do transfers properly though mm. i think you're gonna have to do a uh online video for us michael i'll come around with my I've, I've actually got an iron warriors transfer sheet literally right in front of me and i've never cut anything off it because i'm too scared to because i know i'll just <laughs> knock it so there you go. Maybe one day I'll come around to your gaff and we do a next video thing, and you can you can do, show show me the the delights of Microsol and Microset. Yeah, which are fantastic. I, I do. I I was actually thinking of doing that one day. 
because um, uh, I think that'd be quite interesting. I'd like to, and that also I'd means have, I, I can get to learn how to do it. And I'd, I'd have it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay, good plan. So what about games that we've played, uh, Chris? Uh, have you played anything? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a no then. That'll be that'll be a no, just like it is until uh, 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 May, I think. I think we'll probably get a game in March, to be honest with you, mate. Even yeah. if it's just one or two. Yeah, yeah I'll try and... Yeah. Even we'll in the out. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. I, I want to get a game in at least in the evenings. Yeah. yeah. Totally, everybody's going to be knackered, aren't they, from playing all day, so we can have a little game. Not us. Not us. Fit as, fit as lops. Not us. We won't be playing any games. No. No, we won't. It's voluntarily giving up our time for the, for the, for the greater good. In fact, some of us are travelling 10 hours to get here and back, aren't they, Chris? Yeah, so there you go. Well, yeah, no. yeah. And you played... Any, any I know issues. you've played at go least on, two show. games, Graham. Hey, pardon? You've played at least two games, haven't you? I have played two games, yeah. So, I had, so there was... Um, so the first one of these, uh, one of the, the local guys here, Richie, um, and I've been round to his, his house to play uh, Heresy. Uh, that police, so, policeman, Richie? Yes. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, basically said, actually, you know what, I'm not getting many heresy games. I wonder if I could set something up locally and whether would you be interested in, you know, coming along to this sort of campaign that they, he's, he's running. So I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. So uh, it's in Whitley Bay, which is uh, obviously on the East Coast, uh, just east of um, Newcastle. And uh, it was really good. It was a great night. I really enjoyed it a lot, actually, I've got to say. Um, so it's not in a bad venue and, you know, it was all set up, ready to go. We got their parkings a bit of a pain, but, um, once I got past that trauma, um, so he'd set all the games up. Everybody had a game, everybody had a different mission and it was, uh, it's like an ongoing campaign. Yeah. Uh, so the first game I had, um, so basically it's doing it over like monthly, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically the campaign rather than having a, like a normal, like long weekend of things is doing it over a number of sort of four or five evenings. Um, so I had a game against William and, uh, so it was my, so I took my, um, was that Iron well, Hands, William. Yes. And I played, uh, William's Iron Hands. So, uh, the mission we had was, uh, was quite an interesting one actually. So, uh, it was, um, basically like the war of lies one, not the war of lies. Uh, what's the one where you get, yeah, it's, is it war of lies? No, pick a, a type of, um, unit and you get a oh two yeah yeah, yeah. I know the one but oh, I can't think of the mission now. Oh, come on Graham you should know this by now there's only six missions I can never remember one of them but anyway <laughs> I've got brain damage what's your excuse I have none whatsoever Michael absolutely none um, so yeah so this was uh, what is that bloody mission anyway I'll find it in a second um, so this was a really good game actually I, I had a lot of fun uh, the Iron Hands are tough really tough mm-hmm. uh, I've not played them very often and uh, I can see why so they've got some really cool rules, like basically, uh, what is it? You, oh, you have to minus your strength when you shoot them. So they become, so or they get plus one to their toughness. So if you're shooting them with bolt guns, basically normal shooting a normal said squad of tactical marines, um, they're they're effectively toughness five. So you know you don't wound them quite so often. So they were they were a right right handful. I've got to be honest with you. So I'd kind of taken my charging assault list and really the mission was set up so that the traitors were in defense so i had the completely the kind of wrong wrong army for this the iron warriors would have absolutely loved it because they could have just dug in and, and waited yeah. for 
for um, the Iron Hands to advance. But um, Blood Feud, that's the boy. That's the one. Oh, Blood yes, yes, of course. Um, so, uh, so I'm trying to think what William had. So he had uh, quite a lot of shooting, not unsurprisingly. Uh, he had a Spartan with a load of breaches in, um, like a big breacher squad. He had uh, a... Another bit of tank envy that I tried to actually buy one, but they don't make them anymore. Was the um, Macarius Vanquisher? Vanquisher, which I've got to say it was a great tank, really good. So it's got two methods of firing. This thing, it's got like a little fell blade, um, but I really like the look of the tank, and it's, it seems pretty useful uh, in battle as well. So, um, so basically, I had all of my troops. If you want all my terminators, I had my terminators and um, and a praetor in a cestus. I had two squads of terminators in uh, two dread claws. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had uh, the rest of it was just dreadnoughts basically, um, and uh, the leviathan, not leviathan, the deradeo, and a load of contemptors. Um, and that was basically my army. So all I had to start with, because all my all my troops were coming in um, via drop pod assault or um, reserve rolls. Uh, was just the, all of the dreadnoughts. So they were kind of buried in the ruins. But it was interesting, actually, because I played this game very differently to how I would normally play things. And I started to play the army how I thought it should be played, rather than to win, if that makes any sense, which doesn't incidentally take anything away from the fact that I would have always lost this game. And it wasn't just I you know, threw it or anything. But it was just there were decisions that I made how to play this army that I probably if I hadn't been kind of tuned into what people were saying about playing things narratively, the old me never would have done it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was things like with this army, they're always going to charge. Don't have to, but they should do, you know, they're, they're, they're world eaters. They're going to charge. They're going to, you know, face down that massive breach of squad with three, three terminators because that's what they do. So, so there that, was like times... that, me at Blood and <laughs> that was my iron. That was my iron warriors. Oh, the oh, the other the guy you were playing. Yeah, right? yeah. I see what you mean. I mean, I was just like thinking, you know what? I'm going to actually get involved in the the narrative of this army. I don't care what the result is. I really don't. So there were times when I could have hidden my guys to get victory points, um, but decided that no, they wouldn't do that. They, they'd say, "Come on, bring it on." So, um, and it actually, do you know what? It was a massively rewarding experience. I've got to be honest with you. I really yeah. enjoyed the game because it was it was like I was. I know people have said, well, yes, of course, da dying. You know, this is how you should have been playing forever. But I find it very hard to do that with the Iron Warriors because I'm so invested in them, if that makes sense. But, uh, but the way you play your Iron Warriors, um, yeah, you play them, so you, you dig in, you build a, a, a defensive position, and then you go from there, basically. Which is kind of how you think the Iron Warriors should. Yeah, but I, I would like to say, anyway. yeah, I think I'd like to say that that was a conscious decision on my part. It may be that, and it's just the way that I like to play, which is generally sit at the back and shoot things. So having to play, cool. playing a different army and playing it in a different way was, was really liberating from yeah. my point of view. So, you know, I really liked the fact that, you know, I lost that game and it wasn't actually that far. I wasn't, it was pretty close in the end. I think it was like 12, 15 or something. Um, but it was a it was an excellent game and I'd absolutely... You know, we slaughtered each other. I think I had one or two models left tops. Um, wow. And I think uh, um, William just had this breacher squad, which I'd kind of ignored because they were just too big to deal with um, kicking about. So, but obviously he'd got all, he'd killed a lot more of my stuff. So he got a lot more victory points, but it was, um, 
yeah, like I say, it was just making those sort of weird decisions that aren't anything to do with the game, but um, are, are to do with the narrative of the game. So, like I said, I could have hidden what I had three men in the squad. They're obviously worth two victory points. I could have hidden them so that he could have only got couldn't have got those two victory points. But it's like no, they don't hide. You know, they're, they're going to go out there and, and, and fight and, and take people on. So there were lots of cool cinematic moments from my point of view um, in, in that game. And it was it was excellent, really, really excellent game. One of the best I've had for a long time. Because William's quite a... Um, uh, I'm trying to think. He's a good player, but but quite sort of rules intense. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, he knows all the rules very well. And there's a couple that I kind of went, oh, are you sure? And it's like, yeah, look, it's here. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Didn't know that. Every day's a school day. Um, so it, sometimes that can be quite, you know, intimidating. Uh, but... I didn't. It didn't. Map didn't bother me at all. You know, we had a really good game. In fact, I had an excellent game with him, and I, I think he enjoyed it as well. Yeah, um, so he 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 knows those rules very very well, but he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't dick around with them. He doesn't manipulate yeah. them to his advantage, it's, as it were. No, the way no, I don't think so. some players do when they know yeah. the rules. So it's yeah. always quite. It's quite an intense game. So, um, but just to play it in that narrative way was. Was, was massively enjoyable, if I'm honest with you. And it's it's kind of set the blueprint for me how to play that army going forward, I think. Um, you know, and though they would never back down from a fight, they're always going to go forward. And they're always going to look to take on a big challenge. So, yeah, very different army for me to play, obviously, because, I'm like you say, my natural position, the things I like doing are generally sitting at the back and shooting people. I think so, it's interesting that you and me are both doing the same, kind of on doing that because we're you know i play imperial fists and i yeah, do the same sort of thing and then i've got the custodes that are the get in your face punch you army and i think it's good to have a variety because otherwise yeah. you know you're just playing the same army so to have something that's very different and i might try and find i mean i know you're right in so far as saying that, you know, the iron warriors are all about the shooting and they're all about you know artillery and pounding the um the living bejesus out of your enemy and then, but maybe advancing with some Terminator squads or something, but you know, trying to find that kind of narrative thread for your army is, is really important. Yeah. And now that I think I've got it with the world ears, I feel much better in when I play them. If it, it sounds very, yeah, very more, it's, it's, it's more rewarding. Yeah. Because I know they're probably going to lose every time, but I don't care. No. And that's, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's you're, a you're, you're playing them for the story rather than the game. Exactly. And I think I finally sort of a bit of a road to Damascus moment where I've suddenly realized that actually that's an awful lot of fun. That's um, what the game's all about. really said to the, the final goodbye to my, sorry, <laughs> no, that the, um, you know, that it's, I don't care about winning or losing, which is really how the game should be played. Yes. No. So there you go. A bit of a, bit of a, not only was it a great game, but a, a quite a profound, effect on my games <laughs> <laughs> sort of like found myself playing 40 uh, 30k so <laughs> so that was the first one and the second one was the the big the big game that we did so i don't know if you want to talk about that one because because um i kind of set it up so uh it might be good to hear your your view on it however um, critical that may be <laughs> it was actually a rather fun game i think the only thing that was the 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 only issue i had with the game is that uh all those bloody deep striking and um well, not, you know, um, not deep striking, infiltrating and outflanking a, shenanigans from my my two allies was uh, was was uh, you know it was getting the point. It's right, right, okay, we start a turn, let's get movement done. No, 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 I've got to do some outflanking stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just wander off for half an hour. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so, I, I, so I could wander yeah. off for half an hour while those two were still doing their their shenanigans. <laughs> 
and uh, come back and oh, can I do something now? Yes. And it's like, so oh, run okay. us past. Run us yeah, so, the, the, the build up to the. So what okay, was the so, so who what was did, playing and who was playing what? Yeah. So what what I did was um, at Durham Raiders every year they have like a long gaming day, which is um, members and other people can come along and play all day. So yeah. we usually take the opportunity to have a big game of something. Um, 30k related so uh, so this year we had myself um, Michael John Dermansey Christian and Kit yeah that's right yes um, cool so we had so, John, so Michael really wanted to play and bring out his battle bus which is a spectacular oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I really really wanted to bring out the uh, uh, Mastodon <laughs> never yeah. get to play it which was great so uh, Michael and his world uh word bearers with the mastodon and they were uh, christian and kit who pretty much had very similar ish armies in fact very similar armies um both identical armies uh, yeah both playing alpha alpha legion so you know okay. we had a couple we had alpharius we had dynac we had all of the shenanigans we had saboteurs you know, it was all of the classics it was like the, all, all the classics from the um the... alpha legion pick list you know <laughs> so greatest <laughs> hits were all on display so um so obviously, and then it was me and John. So uh, John had his Raven Guard, and I had my uh, Loyalist Iron Warriors. So and cool. so, what I did was I I, I wrote, and we can put it in the in the show notes, can't we? Yeah. Um, I, I wrote a scenario for us. Um, and so what this was is I we had, I was keen to try and uh, use the tables a bit better than because obviously big games. This was six thousand points aside, you know you can yeah. you you either have to sort of do them either one big long table, you know, with three tables put together, which can be a bit constrictive sometimes, or or you have to put them together, but then you can never reach the middle of the table because the table's too far away. So we set the tables up in a particular way, um, where they were kind of. Uh, we had like smaller tables, weren't they, Michael? Yeah. We were kind of putting battle boards on. So we had a little bit of bit of leeway, but effectively there were two areas where you could deploy into, which were probably about six by four. Um, and then we had another area, which is like a no man's land in the middle. And then the other area is six by four. So they were kind of like staggered. Um, and I'll, in the show notes, it shows you the deployment of the tables and stuff. And what it was, was I had this idea of, um, I wrote a little story about how the planet had come under siege uh, and the uh, th- this was the control points for the orbital defences. Cool. And what, you, what, you, what each army had to do was uh, they had to basically control a objective in their own deployment zone, which is like their mobile control centre. And then they had, there were these two other um, bunkers in no man's land. And if they controlled their... Uh, deployment zone bunker with a scoring unit and one or more of the bunkers in the no man's land that gave you two victory points a turn but if you controlled both of them in no man's land and your own control bunker that gave you five victory points a turn so the idea was to basically uh to they were both rushing to try and control these control things so they could manipulate the orbital or orbital defenses and and I did the victory point so it was per turn. So rather than people just getting there and just waiting for the last turn to jump on them and camp them, you know, you have to keep them and hold them, as well yeah, as yeah. obviously keeping and holding your own uh, bunker in your own area. So it was hopefully worked for for both types of armies. It, it, it makes it, it makes nice and fluid. Well, well, it goes forward. Yeah, yeah. It was a very, yeah, it was was a very plan, fluid actually. game. The, the, you know, the 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 the, uh, the the bunkers did swap. 
between the Almost sides a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah and you, it was you, you want everyone just sitting at the back shooting each other, then exactly to make a charge for the last. Yeah, and uh, it was key, last I, sort of thing. I was keen to make. Uh, that's make how it. I played it. Yeah, I was keen so that it was like you know it, it forced people to get on the move rather than like say just sit at the back and just shoot each other all day. Yeah. So that, that, um, that, that's how I play it. I had my mastodon filled it with fifteen terminators and a contemptor and just charged up to to get there. You did it, that mastodon is huge. I've got to be honest with you. I did not realize until I saw it in the flesh just how big this thing is. Um, I always thought it was like a slightly bigger Spartan. It's ginormous. I mean, it is absolutely is it? massive. Yeah, it really is big. Uh, and, you know, it, I guess it should be, but, but it's it's a big model. Um, really massive. <laughs> I can't even describe I'm trying to think what I can, what I can uh, you know, what, what would be a reasonable thing to compare it to, to be honest with you. Well, uh, it's a bit longer than a fell blade. Is it? If it? It looks bigger and wider. I suppose it's, it's a lot higher than a fell blade. The whole model it's is. It's not wider. Yeah, quite high. Right. It's, it's quite narrow, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it is. It is a big old chunk of chunk of resin, and it looks spectacularly good as well. So I think the way that we were, so John and I thought we could kind of shoot them, and the plan was that I would shoot them, and John's Raven Guard would infiltrate, uh, and you know get on these objectives, which did kind of work up until the point that Michael actually did manage to get his Terminator laden battle bus in amongst it all, and uh, and from that point on we just couldn't get rid of him. Uh, we we did we absolutely you know went through the Alpha Legion and they took a massive toll on us incidentally with their infiltrating and saboteuring and Alf uh, Alpharius-ing. Yeah, oh, Alpharius really, was just yeah, filthy. He's a monster, absolute monster. So he he's he, not um, terrible in himself, but it's the fact that he can just get behind oh, yeah. your lines like that. Yeah. Well, also he gives the army reroll ones because he gets preferred enemy everything. Um, and they get things like if you've got the saboteur, you get um, when he finds his thing, he gets plus one on the vehicle damage table. Um, if you've seen the deployment zone, there's all sorts of little special buffs and um, combinations of units in the Alpha Legion that make Alpha Legion very good. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas with the, and not to say that Iron Warriors are any slouch in this regard, but, you know, it's it's generally, you know, your guys are going to shoot the bejesus out of each other. So, that was really tough. They were really, really tough to get through. But we, we, we fairly well minced the Alpha Legion that did infiltrate because we had so much shooting. Um, but you know they did enough of a number on us to not have enough to then take care of Michael's Terminators. So the opening sort of stretch of the battle were really uh, Michael driving his Spartan and his um, Mastodon, Mastodon up to the to the objectives. Us trying to hold the objectives with yeah, the Raven. I had a Mastodon as well. Yeah, and not sorry, not um, Mastodon, Spartan. Spartan, yes. Oh, us, okay, well, you were messing hold, about. He was not messing about. Us trying to hold the um, hold the objectives and also deal with all the Alpha Legion that suddenly appeared in our lines, um, which was <laughs> quite a job. I mean, uh, Alpharius, I managed to kill him, um, but he'd already been through a, a, a huge number of units first, and he basically went toe to toe with a, a knight gallant, and. Right. Uh, so the, and I think it was just one failed save on his part that that saw him done. But otherwise, he would have. And I think he took five of the six hole points off the 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 knight without really causing without you know no bother at all. I think he's strength seven armor bane. So you know he's kicking it out yeah. big style. Now in true Alpha Legion style, were both of them using Alpharius? Yes. yes. 
Oh, perfect. Absolutely. So what was Omegon? Yes. Uh, Okay. So we had two Primarchs against us, um, and Dynat as well does stuff as well. So, you know, and Seeker squads and um, what else did they have? Las Cannon squads. Yeah, there was quite – and the the sort of indentured unit, if you like, was uh, the – what are they called? Galvarback? Galvarback. Galvarback. There you go, nearly. So there was a squad of those that was from Alpha Legion as well as you didn't have any Galvor back with you, did you? Or did you? Uh, yes, I had. F- you did. I, I you had did, five yeah. Galvor back. That's right. Yeah. But, so how many points was it per per army? So basically six thousand. Yeah, so six thousand points per. What was no, it? Nine thousand. Nine thousand. Was it nine? It was nine thousand. Yeah, it must have. Yeah, or was it? Yeah, because that's right. Because it was three thousand points per player. Per player. And, okay, yeah, cool. And and John and I had to put four and a half thousand points in. Per player. That's right. Yes, because right. Aiden dropped out in the morning. Yes. Which is so, yes. typical for Aiden. Yes. So, anyway, he had a perfectly good excuse. And so, uh, yeah, he's got two young kids. Two twins. The twins, aren't yeah, they? Twin, twin boys. Yeah, twin um, boys. So, 9,000 points uh, per side, sorry. So, there were some, some fairly big things kicking about. I think I had uh, the usual thing. I didn't take the... Um, I decided not to take the Iron Havocs just to make Christian less angry. Uh, but I think everyone, pretty much everything else was there. I didn't take Phosphex either, actually. So, um, so yeah, but there was some, it was, it was a good day. It was, a, it was long. I mean, we started at about one, didn't we, Michael? And we finished at about seven. Half seven? Half seven. Yeah, because so, I, I got back at eight o'clock. It's a fair, fair old, fair old. I think we would have uh, gone time. longer, but um, Christian had to have an early start. Yeah, he was getting up at four or something. Yeah, so. yeah. but I mean, okay. I think that's about enough time for a, for a game anyway. So I think in the end, the, it was a clear victory for the traitors. So they just, like I said, I think um, we couldn't get rid of the Terminators, and I think um, we had Cor- Corax on our side, obviously with the Raven Guard, but he didn't seem as effective as. Um, well, Alfarious. He went up against five Terminators in Cataprachi armor, um, and a Praetor who was yes. t- tooled up, uh, who had Burning Law, which gives him, um, which makes him a level one Psyker. I have Biomancy on him, and he cast Warp Time. And John had the most unlucky rolls with those with the, with the blind weapons. So, you know, if he got blind off, um. I, you know, if Bind had gone off, essentially, um, or was it me who had the lucky rolls? Can't remember. <laughs> um, I can't remember how it works now. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think if, it might have been you. Yeah, if yeah. if um, if the rolls hadn't gone my way, he would have completely eaten through that squad and the Praetor. As it is, he yeah. took out four of the Terminators, um, and he took the Praetor down to one wound, but the Praetor pulled off warp time twice in a row. Um, that's yeah, an extra three attacks. Wow. Um, with a thunder hammer. Yeah. So, and he hasn't got the greatest invulnerable save in the world either, has he? No. Corex. So, four plus, I think. Um, sorry? It's, I think it's four plus. Four plus, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, I'm, I'm sure I've played a, a version of Corex where he's strength 10. And I don't know what, I think it might be the, the post Istvan version uh, of him yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a. He's got uh, a, yeah. uh, he's so, got a um, after Istvan or during Istvan or something. Yeah. Just looking him up. Yeah, because he, he just didn't seem to be particularly great. But 
I think it, maybe it, it's it, just. It, it, I think what really helped me with that uh, as well was the fact that he'd landed um, a bit further away, but he'd landed in perfect sight of and range of my um, heavy support squad um, with their Volkite oh, coverings. Yeah. There was only five Volkite. of them with Volkite coverings. Yeah. But they absolutely ripped apart his uh, Dark Fury boy band. That's true, actually. That was another thing. And the other thing also was that Kit had um, a uh, allied detachment of uh, Astra Militarium. Was it Astra yeah, Militarium? It, I think it was, yeah. No, no, he had, um, he had, uh, he had a couple of Vorax uh, Mechanicum. No, that was John. Sorry, I was talking about Kit. Oh, Kit. Oh, yes, Kit had the, um, yeah. the, 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 the Imperial Army, yeah. Uh, which... Yeah, because it had the, the, one of the most oh, devastating the... tanks in the business, wasn't it? The, um, so it's the Macarius with the with the big the, flamer the, the, template, the incinerator monster. Yeah, yeah, and that is horrid unit. That really is a you know <laughs> anything that's anything that's armor. Th- I mean, I think you can upgrade it to make it AP two, but yeah. it was only in AP three mode. But anything you know, it's got a it's got that Hellstorm torrent, so it's which you know never fun, which just murderizes it things. Didn't so, really do anything until the last turn though. Yeah, and I think the problem is it's one of those things that was a massive threat. And you have to keep away from it or deal with it. And it was like, we didn't really have enough to deal with it by that point because the Alpha Legion already done a number on quite a lot of our long range shooting. Honestly, I don't know wh- what he was doing with it because he brought it on from reserve. Yes. At the back of the, the board. And it was I think like, he was. You've got to go for a full six by four before you get to No Man's Land. So I, I think it was to stop us from taking over your bunker. Yeah. If you see what I mean? So it was like their position so that if we tried to basically you know jump on use the um raven guard to infiltrate and not infiltrate outflank you we could have then taken your bunker which just had your heavy support squad in yeah in, in all honesty i'm kind of oh yeah and i had these um it had his uh, uh troop choice the basic troop choice yeah. that he has to take uh, yeah so um, i think that's probably why he put it there because it was a good deterrent for us doing that i am glad that he didn't put it on because it would have made the game <laughs> a lot less fun I think if it had been up close and personal from turn one, it would have been. I think we would have just we would just had to have diverted everything we possibly could at it, and hope for the best. It's one of those units that when I see it in an allied allied thing, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, you're that type yeah. of player. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things that's like actually to have you brought the Astro Militarium because you like Astro Militarium, or you brought them so you can bring that horrible tank. So we shall see. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it's it's. it's, 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 it's Probably doesn't get a lot of chances to use it. You never know. No, yeah. I use it in every damn left oh, okay. you can. I've oh, right, played okay, him a okay, couple of times, and uh, uh, and yeah. he uses it, and it's it's uh, it's yeah, devastating. It, it, it does need a bit of uh, a bit of careful marshalling that particular tank. It's, I think it's fine when it's in a pure um, in a pure uh, militia list, because uh-huh. uh, you've got lots of other things to balance it out with. But when yeah. you're throwing in Alpha Legion rules. Yeah, uh, I suppose that's true. For the rest I mean, it of was, stuff. I get the impression it was just, you know, it might, it might have been what he needed to make the points. Uh, no, for, for I've sure. played him a few times and he's always brought it. I was thinking, okay, fair enough. I'll stand corrected. <laughs> he's, all, he's always brought it. And I, I don't mind Kit. He's a nice guy. It's just, please come up with a list that doesn't involve that. Yeah, it's, it is one of those units, isn't it? That um, you look at it, it's like if somebody takes more than one sort of quad mortars. With Phosphex, you, you, it always raises an eyebrow, that one. It's like, oof, it's that kind of game, is it? Definitely. 
definitely. Oh. So yeah. 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 Okay, so that's pretty much what we've all been up to. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, should we move on to news? Yeah, I say I think it was all in all I think if I was going to do it again, I think I was, I'm glad I got a good narrative with it, and it wasn't just a turn up and shoot people thing. Oh yeah, the, narr- the narrative, the narrative helped make it a, a, a good. Yeah, a good yeah. Uh, but you want a purpose, don't you? That's the thing, especially in, in big games like that. Because otherwise, yeah, just from shuffling models. Yeah, it's just a slugfest with no real yeah. purpose. So, um, uh, if I'm doing it again, as I said, I would just have preferred a little bit more variety in my allies. Um, because two yeah. two lots of Alpha Legion that were yeah. very very similar lists. Yes, made it. I, t- yeah, no, it was the yeah. only downside for me. It was sort Got of you. like you know two two Alpharius's and you know yeah. probably something we should speak about in another episode. You know, okay, people who take um, not people who take, but you know that when 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 you play games and everybody brings the special characters and Primarchs. Oh, yeah, because there's been a. Well, I suppose we could segue into that. There was been a bit of a, bit of a. Um, I wouldn't say a, a movement. That's probably too too strong a word. But all right, yeah, people have been um, talking about you know uh, making the game better in their view by. Oh, that's 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 not right. Actually, people have been looking at different ways of playing the game um, by taking out special characters altogether. Yeah. Or you know, so basically removing Primarchs or any named characters, and. I'm kind of 50-50 on this one, because I can see where it would be quite good if it was different. Um, but I kind of, Greg made a really good point, which was, you know, if we all do it, then we're just all doing the same thing, and it's not it's not different at all. Um, that, that kind of race to the bottom almost. But, you know, I don't think most special characters are that unbalanced. I think personally, if, if it's like in a, in a big game like you had where there's two of the same guy or whatever, I think at that point it perhaps becomes more of an issue. Yeah, and if you're if you're events, um, and you know there's four Russes running around, things like that. Yeah, I think I think then it probably becomes a bit of a bit of concern. But I think, I think having the special characters, um, you know, you're, you're telling that story. You're telling part yeah. of it. You know, you know they're the protagonists in the story, as it were. So I think it's you know, I think limiting them is probably more is better than cutting them out. Yeah, I think what the, what the guy was saying was that. Um, you know, narratively, it doesn't make sense for all these primarchs to be in one place, which no, is a- no, no. absolutely right. I mean, you know, thinking about the event that we're going to be doing for the ru- the stuff that's uh, the other side of the ruin storm, you know, and if people turn up with certain primarchs, it would be you know would cut off at this point. So, yeah. you know, how does that work in terms of narrative? So, I can see why that, if you you know, and they, the people that are doing this thing are very much focused on the storytelling. So, I can I can totally get that. It, it only bothers me insofar as, um makes the it makes it a you know they both had dynat they both had alfarius the lists yeah. were almost cookie cutter identical apart from um, kit's militia and christian's gal back i think it's you know there, there may be so many that you know there's there's probably a limiting limited number of choices and maybe there aren't i don't know for alpha legion we'll have to maybe we look into that and see if we can create a list that doesn't use any of those three three uh three units See how we get. Like I said, I've never played them, so I can see why. You know, they are three of the stronger units. To be fair, so I can see why you'd want to take them if you were going to you know, do that it, kind it, of thing. It was just sort of from my from my point of view. It was like I was hoping to get three fairly different armies on the table, but because they were the same, it was sort of like they were doing exactly the same thing. 
Yeah. yeah, I can see it. it just comes one big sort of Alpha Legion army then, doesn't it? But, you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I think maybe next time we'll have a look at that. But we shall see. Anyway, let's move on to the next section. Yes, definitely. Cool. So, uh, this is the sort of regular section where we kind of have a little bit of roundup of things going on currently in the, the state of heresy and stuff for the future. So, um, Warhammer World have released their calendar of events for the full year, um, but they've only actually confirmed one heresy event so far, which is a campaign weekend, which is on the 15th and 16th of September, uh, which is unfortunate for us because obviously that's quite near Company of Legends, isn't it? Yes, I think it's the week before. Yeah. So no chance of me going to both of those. So uh, I think the, um, from, from what I've heard and other people have said about the sort of the heresy event that they ran, was it was last year. It wasn't that great. I've, I've, uh, I have uh, heard very mixed things about their heresy stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's, it's too much of a, a necessary a, a loss for, for for us on that. Yeah, I, I think it's some people have really liked them and other people have hated them. And I think it's it might be because, you know, you're going to get this huge meta of different people who play different levels of heresy, even more so than you do with just when you go to these <clears> events <throat> that we go to. Um, so I think there's, there's probably that. And I think also, I think they have a prize for the best, you know, like, like the best player, like the tournament level stuff. Oh, I'm not okay, sure. Yeah, so that's I could always... be wrong on that. So that always is probably going to encourage a certain style of play. And I mean, had, I have heard... They've had horror... you know, use Maelstrom lists oh, as, right, yeah. as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? They had, yeah, they, they said it was going to be entirely different and basically it was 40k, but with heresy models. Yeah. That uh, was the... So, but other people, in, the, in its defence, I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, horror stories of people turning up with... Um, Leviathan lists, you know, with like a two war warhounds and a and a Reaver Titan, yeah. for example. And it's like oh, that's not going to be any fun. Yes, someone so, has turned up with that. I know that. Um, <laughs> so you know, if you're, you're dealing with that kind of crazy, uh, I can see that being not massively fun for your for your game. But other people have said quite the opposite. So I think um, okay. it's about the thing. We'll have to go one time when they don't clash with the events that we're running. And, and make our own judgment, I think. Because you're right, we, what we're talking about here is hearsay, really, on how good or bad they are. But you're right, I haven't heard great things, but I'd like to find out for myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. They have they have um, got a few TBA um, events on the calendar. Right. Oh, okay, so maybe so that's going to be Maybe there'll chart. be more heresy stuff. Got cool. yeah. So the next thing that was, um, so this was done by Legion of Lies, wasn't it? Was it Legion of Lies? Yeah, Legion this? of Lies, the closer patches. Yeah, um, so this is, go on. You can get them in the UK now. Because they're basically patches, you know, for your jackets or bags or whatever that say closer. Because, you know, as they say, uh, fully painted is for closers. So, got you. Catchphrase from, oh, I can't remember. Is it Radio Free S Man or is it Aya Horus? It's one of them. Um, Might be, yeah. Yeah. Might have it's, 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 uh, you know, common heresy. American. Uh, or Australia. American okay, Australia. Anyway, anyway but nice patches. Yeah, one of the two. They look cool. So you can get a silver patch with a photo of a fully painted two and a half thousand point army or a gold That's patch. Eleven models. Yes. <laughs> or a gold patch if you've got both a loyalist and traitor two and a half thousand point army. So yeah. to get the patch you need to take a photo of your army with a bit of paper with hashtag Legion of Lies on it and email it to Legion of Lies uh, on Legion of Lies Podcast at gmail.com with your address. Um 
but we'll put all of that in the show notes. Um, yeah, I, sure. I have put forward for my, my silver. I know I can get a gold because I do, I have like 13,000 points of ultramarine. So yes. I just need to get them out and get a photo of them. Got ya. Winner. Definitely. Yeah. But, uh, so be awesome. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a very cool thing. So I'm not quite sure we haven't quite got people turning up sort of Hell's Angels style with, uh, you know, biker jackets with patches on yet which would be very cool and if anybody does want to go down that route i'd be 100 percent behind i think i think we should start that trend gentlemen. we can, we I can think, make our own patch i think it would be are. like sons of anarchy but with you know edge of empire instead <laughs> yes definitely, definitely. Get, some, get some tats okay that's right we definitely need tats okay sorry i digress um so yeah so we've got that one so the other thing is 20th of january oh yeah this is the what we kind of i, I strayed into uh, territory earlier to preempt this so this is on 20th of january the 40k custodies got for pre-order so i'm going to kind of speak to our resident uh custodies expert who joins me on the line from sunny barnum so okay first of all what's the deal here yeah um <laughs> i'm 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 not massively sold on this idea, um, but I know it, why they're doing it. They're doing it because people want to play them in 40k, and that that makes that makes sense. It's, everyone should play the game as everyone. I'm not a massive fan on the released for them. Um, the, the the shield captain, the Vajor, yeah. uh, Valoris guy. I I don't particularly like the pose. I don't particularly like the sculpt. Um, I think he's a bit he, he's a bit too. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what the word I'm looking for is, uh, but I'm, I'm not. I'd, a bit too bling, maybe, for your more yeah, spartan taste? My, my more, I like my gold-armoured uh, <laughs> killing machines to be a little bit more... Uh, a bit more subdued. A bit less showy. Bit less, a bit less gangster. <laughs> um, from, uh, yeah, so I'm not massively keen on him. I probably won't use him. Um, I know a lot of people will, which is which is cool. Um, Michael, if it gets here, is saying that he uses excellent. So let's uh, let's put some more controversy, like two, <laughs> like, like two rabid. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are saying you make an excellent shield captain. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sh- I'm sure he will. But the thing with thirty k is, it's the same problem we have with uh, Ixion Hale is he's got a massive, great big axe that you don't have rules for in thirty k. Right, I see what so you're it's like you just mm-hmm. um, that's uh, yeah he just that that's my thing and I don't like the massive feather on the shoulder, but yeah what is that, what's the deal with that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's, it's just you know talons as the emperor sort of thing. I'm guessing it's a homage to that sort of thing. Oh right, yeah, very subtle. Yeah. Okay, um, and then you've got the new the um, sort of. I completely forgot Alaris Custodians yeah sort of faux Terminator looking guys Um, again sorry sorry go on Michael no no I was saying some people are saying ooh Heteron Guard and I'm like I think they might be a bit too big for that personally yeah exactly that's that's what I think you've um, you look at I mean uh, the front cover of Master of Mankind um, the the Black Library novel, and you've got all the custodes. You can see, you know, you see rows and rows of them, and they're all the same. Their armor is all the same. Yeah, I know that these guys are you know, have been made two years down the line after that book was released or whatever. 
Um, but I, yeah, I personally wouldn't. I'm, I'm not going to use them. Right. Um, I don't. As we were talking about top knots earlier, I don't like the top nope. knot sticking out the top. Yeah. Nope. Okay. But that's me. I mean, that's my personal. What about the, the jet my personal They look pretty good. They do. They look like the old um, artwork versions, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. But again, whether or not you're going to use whether the what the weapons are going to look like on yeah. on them up close and personal, whether you could proxy them as the 30k ones or not, I'm not entirely sure, and I'm sure someone uh, will one be of able the, to... One of the variants looks like it's got a bolter-type weapon, and you can take a bolter-type weapon on yeah. the bikes, can't you? Uh, I... Heavy bolters. Oh, I don't know what I'm... I don't know what no, they've on, got... Yeah. Um, uh, I can't know what they're called now, but you yes. Like a Laz thing, or a Adratic Destructor. Adratic Destructor. Um, what else yeah, can they take? Uh, see, I've not put my... There we go. Just quickly. I'm, I'm going to look up on the on the on the okay. uh, add, draw add them into my because if, if they they can have the they can have the elastic bolt cannon. Yeah, that's that's um, the one I was thinking of. The, yeah, the last pulsar and the Drafic destructors. Yeah, you could take them as the 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 yeah. pulse the, the 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 bolt the bolt cannon. I think yeah. that's the only one you could take them as. Um, I think with those because I haven't got the the bikes um, for the class. just purely because the the cost of them more than anything. So if mm. I, I'll hold judgment on the, the, the bikes until I see them in person, but right. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not massively sold on the, yeah, I expect to see a lot the, of these the new guys. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of them picking up a, because they're going to be plastic and cheap, yep, cheap affordable. Mind yep. you, you're only getting three in the, I think it's three in the box of the, the new guys. I mean, I don't know what the price point is going to be on those, but well, if that, it's 45, if it's forty-five quid, it's half the price of the fr- of free of the um of the Ford World jet bikes. Yeah. Okay. Um, big difference, isn't it? I can I, I I can see them coming out the forty-five, forty-six pound mark. Myself. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, that's just me plucking figures from fresh air. <laughs> but no, but that's probably about probably about where they're going to be. We're interested to see what how many because I think the the new big guys. I think they're in from the packaging that we've seen certainly that it references three models so it'd be yeah, interesting to see big, how many you the big guys are three models yeah. um i'm just wondering if anybody has leaked the prices for them yet so i'm just going to check okay yeah. i haven't seen so uh, do you think these jet bikes are exclusively you could use them exclusively uh, for we custodies pre-orders with prices um good old uh fayette 212 uh, okay so what has he got here oh they've got some custodies dice Oh, twelve pounds fifty. Um, okay, no, no, no. Okay, hit that. Um, that's just the codex. Trajan Vaslorus is twenty-two pounds fifty. The Alaris custodians are thirty quid for three. For free, yeah. <sighs> wow, this? Yeah, um, I, I, I wasn't going to get them anyway, but I probably won't be even more now. Um, yeah, but if you can, if the, if you're if you're going to use as, them for sparing me, yeah. If you're going to use them as, say, the Terminators, um, Aquilon Terminator squads, they don't have the. But yeah, Aquilon Terminators have got power fists. Mm, they'd need a lot. They'd need a lot of. Uh, you'd have to kit bash them. To, a lot of kit bashing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not, not find, worth it at that point. It's yeah. only nineteen yeah. quid more for an Aquilon Terminator squad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. It's not worth it. Is it? What's oh, yeah, maybe. I don't you've, got know. To, you've got to have the power fist. You've got to then yeah, find true. something that will fit the model. Things yeah. like that. 
Okay, yeah. So, so, so maybe so maybe not them, but but Trajan Valor is twenty two pound fifty. Yeah. That's that that that's perfect. So um based on that, I think yeah, for the jet bikes I don't think they're gonna be ridiculous. No. Maybe maybe so, forty quid. Oh. So does it does the jet bikes do you think are they could you make a fairly good conversion of those jet bikes to work with as just jet bikes in a normal Astartes army? Or are they too I don't know. I haven't seen a good enough picture Custodies of them. are big. Yeah. Yeah. So you put yeah. a marine on one of those bikes, they might get mm-hmm. a bit lost. And I imagine Jet there's bike. going to be a lot of um, uh, sort of sculpted in uh, design elements of the Custodes. Yeah. Which probably are, are going to look quite out of place. I mean, we don't need some of them. Just mark three head on the top of it. And you might it get down. away with them with Dark Angels because they've got the wings. Yeah. From the look of it and the front. Um, you might... But I can't. I think they'd look quite out of place with white scales. Yeah, I, right. think, I think the size difference is just going to be too much. Myself, it's going to be that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. we don't know. I mean, for all we know, the 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 legs could be moulded on to the yeah, bike itself. One. Got yeah. I was just thinking whether we're suddenly going to see a plethora of jet bikes, um, non custodies jet bikes, but using the custodies model as a jet bike is cheaper than the incredibly expensive for there are probably going to be ways people kit bash the you know kit yeah, bash I, them I, to do it i can see the, it's people quite doing a it. pleasing front i i can yeah. see people do it trying it but oh, whether yeah. it works or not well yeah or whether it's actually worth your while it's a i think three bikes was 72 quid or something yeah from, uh yeah, from Ford, yeah it's not cheap it isn't but like say by the time you've messed around you know sculpting this model it might be not actually worth doing it and just buying the 72 quid worth of I three think, bikes i think it'll be that like that case that that, that case to be honest Got uh, okay that, that's just my opinion because so that's some um, yeah all righty so but, uh, anything else on that Anything else on the the custodies? No, not 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 really. Well, just so in in summary, then not massively impressed from our resident custodies expert. However, I, we I won't be. We are gonna, yeah, you personally, you're out. I'm out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we think people will probably get in on the act, as it were, with a yeah. with a few proxies in that regard. Which I, is mean, I think, I, and hopefully, we'll see people playing them in 40k and then dipping their foot into 30k. It's a fairly exactly. cost effective. It's, it's a, uh, you know, in financial terms, it's quite a cheap army to get quite a lot of points. That is also um, true. Actually, That's in in, in heresy, you know, you don't have to unless you if you're going to do it in the plastics, you're not going to have to probably spend a lot of money yeah. to um, to get a reasonable size force together. I guess that's true. But I suppose you could still get the plastic custodies from the um, yeah, I mean, Burning of Prospero, couldn't you? Anyway, so, yeah. Well, they do them as a pack anyway, a box of five. Oh, do they? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, all good then. Yeah, yeah they're so they 35 quid? I, oh, 35 or 30, I can't remember off the top of my head. Got you. Um, I picked most of mine up off eBay, I must admit. And swapping with you, Graham, I think I've got a couple yeah, of sprues, yeah. but I've picked quite a few up off eBay over the over the last year or so, so. Got you. Okay, so... We'll, we will await to see what happens. Okay, so the next big bit of news was James Hewitt did an Ask Me Anything on Reddit on the 15th of December, which was a bit too soon for us to include it in the last episode. But 
Right, cool. For those of you who are unaware, I know we mentioned this later on because we've already recorded that section, but James Hewitt was a designer at Games Workshop for a few years. Um, he designed Gore Chosen, Warhammer Quest Silver Tower, and for our attention, Betrayal at Calf and Adeptus Titanicus. So I One of which we haven't, we haven't seen that, have we? No, no, no. no. We haven't. But we are going to hopefully see something. They're playing a big game of it at, uh, at, um, the, the weekender. Um, right, like cool. full size. With, with full size Titans. Yeah, yeah full size Titans. So cool. a big scaled up game, just like they did last year. So, yeah. okay. So I picked out the things which are relevant to Hel- Her- Heresy. It mostly focuses on Adeptus Titanicus, which is being set in the Heresy, uh, which is James explained is so you only need one type of model, which is then painted differently for each side. Which is actually the reason the original game was set in the Heresy. Ha. Well, there you okay. go. So I'll read the section here. So here we go. Deptus Titanicus. The game was indeed good to go. The rules have been written up for just over a year now. I was going through final edits before we broke up for Christmas last year. However, due to the success of Blood Bowl, which came out in November last year, there was a lot of last minute deliberating. The game had originally been intended as small scale in more ways than one. A resin only production run. Um, something truly specialist, the sort of people who play 30k and buy those whopping great big leather-bound Horus Heresy books with the metal corners that you could legitimately use to kill a man. That's how the <laughs> game was designed. The rules are more complex than average, a bit more in-depth but still approachable. That was the knife edge I had to walk. Now, once Blood Bowl was out and the forecasting team saw that small niche products could do crazily well, they realized they had to go bigger. Resin was out, plastic was in. Problem is, that's not a quick and easy job. Due to science and technical reasons, the plastic casting process is a lot more complex than resin, and it has a lot more limitations. So the miniatures had to be redesigned from the ground up. Retooling the Warlord took two to three months, if I recall. There were loads of other things that had to change too, just boring logistical stuff, really. So yeah, it got pushed back. We actually showed off the game back in February, uh, the Horus Heresy Weekender, thinking it wouldn't be long before it came out. Then it got pushed back again for other reasons. 40k 8th edition grabbed a lot of the release schedule. So I'm not sure when it's going to be out. I'm half certain that each time I say the words Adeptus Titanicus out loud, they push the release date back another month. Another part of me is starting to think that should the game ever be released, the Ninth Seal will shatter and the Dominion of Man shall crumble. So, like, soon maybe. Uh, on the plus side, a later release date means some more sculpting time, which means more minis available at or soon after release. Trust me, that's a good thing. I can't wait to see it when it all comes out. Oh, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? It does sound yeah. good. Because obviously Adeptus Titanic is going to be a game in our universe. Yeah, I mean, we talked about between the three of us, actually, whether when we when, when this game does come out, whether we uh, add a section to our, our podcast to cover it. Because I think it's, I mean, I really liked the very first one when it came out way back in the day um, alongside Epic. And I would love to play it again. So, yeah, that would be quite interesting. I yeah, think. I think what we decided to do was we're going to cover it, but yeah, not, just a in the, not in the yeah. same yeah. detail that um, yeah, not in the same detail that we cover main heresy because we'll leave that just, to more specialist podcasts. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll flirt with it. A little dip in the water, yeah, as it were. Because okay. one one thing I'm thinking of, I'm already thinking is you can do joined up campaigns between this and heresy. Like you could have yes. someone on one table p- fighting the fighting the Titan battle, and then someone on the other table fighting yes. the. Uh... It's when you get to the point where uh, someone play- whoever's playing the Titan battle just take- moves one of their knights off the side of the board and it walks onto the heresy. Oh, genius! I mean, it's it's one of those things that you know that's that sort of golden 
dream of of having this idea of you know starting off with a battlefield Multi- gothic fight. multi-system yeah, yeah and, and then so you see how a battlefield gothic fight to see and the impact of that then you know you see how many people land successfully if it's a sort of planetfall type affair um, so then you can then start playing something like the Titans or Epic or something like that um, to see how that goes and then break it down smaller still into normal heresy games. But you could also have Zone Mortalis as they're trying to sort of boarding actions on some of these ships. You know, I mean... Oh, and on some be, of the Titans as well. Because they oh, get... I mean, like yeah, the, it would be absolutely crazy spectacular. I mean, that's got to be the, the, the ultimate. I think... I think it could be done. I think you'd need some very like-minded people with a lot of money. But... Um, yeah. I think it it would be an awesome thing, and you know one of the things we're doing in Company of Legends is is the start of this whole idea of um, sort of strategic phase stuff, you know, where you you get to choose which potential uh, area your army is going to be in, and various effects will be in play. I don't want to give too much away, um, so that you know that's an extension of that really, where you know battles have an impact on one system that affect other systems. Yeah, I think the only way you could do it would be to, I mean, you couldn't have it all going on at the same time, obviously, because so you'd have to, it would have to be sort of a lot, of, a, a, an overarching long period of time, sort of thing, because you couldn't have a Titan battle going on at the same time as you've got a small battle, and the one, and the effect of that correlates to that. You see what I mean? I suppose well, it depends if you could abstract it out enough to say, you know, at the end of the game turn, effectively. So you might have had three games of normal heresy, three games of Titanicus, and three games of Battlefield Gothic. You know, and each one of those could, yeah. would, would feed into the next game. So the impact of the, the game of Heresy, for example, maybe they captured this macro cannon. And the macro cannon has like, you know, 2d6 shots in every game of um, Battlefield Gothic, for example. Mm. You see what I mean? So you could have that yeah, yeah. kind of tie-in, which would be very, very cool if you could pull it off. But I think you'd need to have some serious prep. And also, like I say, you'd have to, you know, you would need an awful lot of balancing. Yeah. To make it and work. some really cooperative players and some really yeah. on the ball um, yeah people who don't mind going <laughs> people well, running yeah exactly and it's like you know people who would sort of say actually you know you'd have to play test that quite heavily I think yeah I think there are people out there who would do it I think there absolutely are yeah, yeah I yeah. think it would make a fantastic experience as well um, just to say that everything has an effect on everything else um, would be really cool Mm. Yeah. Okay. One so, for one for next year. Uh, to, so moving <laughs> on, the other next time we speak to Greg, the other yeah. big bit of news was the uh, New Year's Open Day, um, which we weren't at. No, no. Oh. But Garrow and Battle Bunnies were, as always. So follow them on Facebook if you don't already follow them. Who is Garrow? Is he like he's a bit like the Banksy of, uh, <laughs> of heresy? <laughs> heresy news. I have met him. <laughs> Oh, have you? He's okay. a nice guy. Have you though? Have you met him, or yeah. have you met someone that told yeah. you they were him? Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> was he a was he a concept of your own imagination? Yes, conversation with Garrow. It's a possibility, so, but he's a nice guy. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so he was there. So what have we got? Okay, so uh, biggest news at the event was the plastic custodes, which we've already covered. Um, yep. Only thirty k stuff on display was the new upgrade kits for the Space Wolf Grey Slayers. Oh, this is with the gimp masks. And they yes. look good. They look a lot better than the um than the thing. You've got, you've got combat shields, power axes, bolt pistols, vexelia, shoulder pads, and torsos. Um, gimp masks. Yes, gimp masks. <laughs> they're, they're masks. Not, oh, they've got a particular name, haven't they? Uh, 
I don't think so. They just got leather. They just leather masks. Do they not? I thought they had described. They. I thought I read in one of the books they described them as a particular thing. Uh, but maybe I've, maybe I've imagined that. Possibly, okay. but anyway. Not possibly. Um, so that's that's happened. But obviously, the um, Horus Heresy weekend and Necromunda weekend is in February, so I imagine we'll get more stuff then. Um, okay. No, I mean, we've already covered that. There's going to be a big game of Adeptus Titanicus there. Um, available for early release were Doors for Imperial Fists, World Word Bearers, and Raven Guard for the um, uh, the Rhinos and Land Raiders. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they'll be in the store sh- shortly. And the Space Wolves Legion Praetor was also available to buy a week early, as well as the limited edition of Ferris Manus, the Gorgon of Medusa, which hasn't been released normally yet. Okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. and on the Monday, Forge World put an update on the community site, had a closer look at the Grey Slayer shields, which look really good. Really good. They look exactly like they do in Tempest. Not Tempest. <laughs> Is it Tempest? No. Inferno. I'm getting the names okay. mixed up. Um, yeah, right. yeah. And... And they're fantastic. And they, there's a nice photo of the Imperial Fist doors and vehicles, and they look really good. Um, my glaive is going to get some of those world, word bearer doors, I think. Oof, so, so I haven't seen the Imperial for the new, these Imperial Fist doors. So I have to, uh, if you go to the community site, it's, uh, yes, it's right there. Um, oh, I think it'd be under it. Forge World. Yeah. Horus Heresy or yeah, Forge World. Never... Um, yeah. Forge World at New Year's Open Day. Um, yeah. It's not the clearest photo, but they've got it on. It's at the bottom. All right, that's all But they've got new one to the repulsor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which we don't Can't. care about. Land Raider, Demios, and. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty cool. They are pretty cool. Yeah. All the, all the Land Raider doors so far, uh, and Rhino doors, so they've done so far, have actually been really good. Even the Space Wolf ones, now that they fixed. The photo on the website. <laughs> we'll claim that victory. We will. We'll, we'll claim that as ours. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, that that really sums up the news of what's been going on in Heresy. And the next section is one we recorded earlier in the week, which is the big discussion about the future of Heresy. Yes. So um, we'll just feed into that. Although we do. Are, make... Sorry. The, just to point out, there is some disruption from my mic. Yeah, I've done my this, best so to just... edit it out. But silly old Chris put his microphone on the wrong way around, so we were getting yeah. we were getting the ruffles from his shirt. Yes, it's that silk shirt that he wears <laughs> for the occasion, the cravat. Absolutely. Well, uh, at least we like know. At least up. this like means. At least this means that we know that he does actually wear clothes when he records. That's also Absolutely. very true. I've got a special outfit and everything. It sounds great. I'd imagine it's like some sort of smoking jacket thing, you know, something like that. Cravats and, a, and a, you know silk pajamas. Yeah. How did you? you... <laughs> Clearly, you know, clearly, you are truly my brother. You know me so well. Absolutely right. Yeah. So, well, you know, so, well, I'm a farmer. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, the big debate was we had. A, I've got to say that before you listen to this section, um, I really enjoyed recording this. I thought this is excellent. Uh, without yeah, bringing, we bringing, chat, our, bringing ourselves up too much, but I thought it was some really interesting points raised um in the whole thing and it and it was really good to sort of discuss this stuff with the other two so yeah give I mean, it a listen. we've all got we've all got differing viewpoints on it yeah so give it a listen and see what you see what you think i think that's what's important yeah. on this one okay right we'll just go into that then so the the big debate so this has come about from lots of recent discussion around the state of heresy so 
while we don't like to necessarily dwell on sort of rumour and speculation, I think it's important that we, we don't shy away from this topic because it obviously affects a lot of people. And a lot of people have got a lot of um, different differing views and ideas. And I suppose the other thing is, uh, as podcasters, although you know this is only listened to by four people in the world, I think we also have a bit of a responsibility about you know how we sensationalise some of this stuff. So this really kicked off in, I would start to say, in anger, because there was a certain amount of frustration about the subject when I put a link back to a, a Bell of Lost Souls uh, on the Edge of Empires page. And that article was basically saying that heresy is dead, for want of a better word. And the, their, to summarise their kind of viewpoint was that really because heresy was um, using the 7th edition rules and they brought out a new book that had 7th edition stuff in it, um, that because it wasn't 8th edition, then heresy had no future. And obviously this sparked a great deal of controversy um, to the point where you know you do wonder whether some sites may deliberately caught controversy in order to get links and click-throughs because interestingly <laughs> enough you know we, we put on quite a lot of content on our pages and generally speaking the things that you like the most are the things that we get the most feedback from are generally the controversial aspects like this one because i think this was probably one of the biggest uh things that we've had in terms of generalized content from different people you know putting their own kind of views across so i think it's an important thing that affects us all in the heresy scene and one, like I said, that we shouldn't really shy away from. But I think the thing to make clear here is that although the three of us all have different, differing views, none of us are right or wrong. Um, we're not, you know, we don't work for Forge World. We can't possibly guess what the strategies and um, plans are for the for the business going forward. Although we have had, interestingly, um, Andy Hall actually commented on our page, which was great and uh, slightly unexpected, um, because. You know, he obviously has an idea of where things are going and, and what the strategic plans are. And they're obviously sitting in boardrooms working this out. So they're not, you know, this isn't the stuff that people are saying isn't shouldn't come as a surprise to them. And I don't think it is. But I think the surprise may be in the way that people have reacted. So I think it's probably worth letting people know what the three of us think. Wouldn't you agree, lads? Mm, yeah. Yeah, have it to, uh, to put and, um, what and then and then we can then uh, sort of summarise that at the end. But like I said, I want to sort of point out the fact that you know nobody's right or wrong in this debate at all. You know, there's differing views, there's differing uh, pressures, and what have you. But fundamentally, there's no right or wrong in this. This is purely just opinion from the three of us. So, do you want to go first, Michael, and say so? The, the centralised question really is, you know, is is heresy dead, and and if it's dead, or you know. What's going to prevent it from dying? I think would probably be the the way that this is factored into it. So, I know you've got some views on this. So, do you want to do you want to start? I, I think we've all got some views on it. We totally have. Yes. Uh, I mean, my my personal view is I play both. I play Edition Warhammer 40k and I play 10th Edition Horus Heresy. Oh, well, first edition Horus Heresy now. Um, I don't know. Is it first edition? Yeah. Now, 7th edition of 40k had massive issues. I mean, really major issues, um, which, you know, uh, um, if you go hark back to the, uh, James Hewer AMA, um, which we talked about earlier, um, when he, when it, one of the comments on that was about the Eldar Codex. And he said, basically, I, you know, made all these, this, co this codex, this army really, really tough and then went to up the points, but then was told by the higher ups, don't raise the points. You can lower points. You just can't raise them. So you ended up with 
really overpowered armies that were under-costed. And then you had formations, which were simply just too good not to take. And the armies became very cookie-cutter. You know, they were all identikit. Um, mm. Netlists yeah. ruled. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I don't think Heresies really had that issue. I mean, it's got its own issues, but with the core of the army lists being available to everyone, it means the game's a lot more balanced and dependent on player skill, which I have yep. none of. Um, <laughs> uh, You're selling yourself short there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's... it's it's completely, it's a completely different, different kettle of fish. I mean, I personally got no doubt that Heresy will eventually move towards 8th edition. Um, if it does, I just want it to remain a bit more advanced. I want to see the vehicles facing matter. I want to see rights of war remain and for the flavor of the game to be maintained. But right now, I think it works very well with 7th. I know some people want the simplicity of 8th and yeah, I've got my own concerns about bringing in new players, but I think overall the game is healthy and doing very well. So why fix what isn't broke? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think one of the things we need to, when we summarise this stuff, is definitely about bringing in new players. So we'll come back to that, I think, at the end of this. Yeah. Um, sorry, Michael, do you want to carry on? If, or is that, is that... No, no, that's pretty much my, my, my thoughts on the matter. Um, uh, uh, as, my, as I said, I enjoy that they're, Eighth is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a great game for just putting down, playing, and not really giving a you know not really giving care in the world. Just enjoying it. But seventh is well, the Horus Heresy is so much more ta- so much more tactical, so much more you know. Th- there's a lot more thought to put into it. Got oh, yeah. So that's some really good points there, and like I say, there is. Uh, a, a, quite an optimistic message, if I'm honest with you. So, Chris, you you've got a slightly differing view, particularly about Eighth Edition. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Eighth Edition. Okay. Um, just because it's simple, that's the thing that I, you know, I maybe it's something deeply troubled with inside myself. But I'd like to, if there's a mistake, <laughs> I want the game to, I want to be punished for that mistake. You see what I mean? Okay, yeah, I see what you in, mean. Uh, in 8th edition, it doesn't matter what angle I put a tank. It doesn't matter where I put a guy in a squad, really. The game yeah. forgives you for that. It, yes, you I can see. more accommodating of those mistakes. And I just, I don't, I don't enjoy that. I like, uh, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just me, but I enjoy having to think and plan out everything. And then if something goes wrong, it adds to the game. You know, we've all got the story of when you made a terrible mistake. And I think if you can't have, if you can't have that, then I don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I briefly put a, you know, an analogy that's probably not a very good analogy about um, playing poker and playing snap, you know, you use the same equipment, um, but you get a different experience from it. And I think that's for me is what heresy should be in relation to the other games that Games Workshop use and um, manufacture is that it, it started from a different place. Its ambitions are different. So I don't see why its rule system shouldn't also be different. That's the biggest thing for me. I, I don't, I, I want to have to worry. Like Michael said, you know, you like having the armor facing things like that. I think that's very important. I don't, um, you know, I, 
I like the fact that you've always got a chance of taking out that tank with one shot. You know, you might get, you're going to be lucky for it. But if you were playing an armored breakthrough list in eighth edition, with eighth edition, that is going to be a nightmare to play because you've got very little chance of getting that one shot to take that tank out. And you're going to have to five, six times. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's that. gonna make su- it's gonna make such a big difference in with things like that in heresy because it's designed to have these big tank battles and things like that. And if you're not offering the the opponent the chance to be able to at least do something, when I play in infantry army, I know how hard it is anyway. When you can't you know kill tanks against armored breakthrough, you know, playing you and stuff. Um, but I think if you were doing that for everyone, regardless, and like tank battle, you know, armor breakthrough against armor breakthrough, that's going to become a grind in in, in that example. Um, yeah, for me, I I like seventh because it's complicated. I wouldn't, um, you know, there are tweaks, sure, but I wouldn't go for a wholesale change onto onto eighth edition. Okay. I mean that's absolutely right, and some some very good points. Here. I, I particularly like the point about the snap um, and poker. I, I don't. I'm not entirely sure that the people who play eighth may necessarily agree with that, but um, you know, you, I guess it's you're right. And and I really like you that point about where the spirit of the game comes from are two different places. I yeah. you know potentially is the design ethos for eighth and the design ethos for heresy so different. And the sort of target demographics are, are, are also different. That they're they're perfectly fine being completely separate in terms of rules. I mean, the thing with heresy is that it's always been described as a narrative. It's narrative gaming. It's not it, competitive gaming. It is, and I think that we'll kind of come on to that as well because I, I think that's another really interesting point uh, in terms of one of the main drivers for this uh, may be around that particular thing and the perceived. Um, ability of eighth to be very balanced so we'll come back to that because i think that's you know that's one of the points that's been made so is that you is that your uh, that's 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 my the, my minute my opening rant okay you're the jury rest <laughs> so um from my point of view i'm, I'm kind of a, i'm in a bit of a bit in the middle here because there's some things about eighth that i that just don't like and i think the main thing is that i'm old and I just can't cope with the, with the changes. So you have to guard against that because that doesn't mean that the changes are wrong. It means that I'm just old and stuck in my ways. And the thought of trying to get another rule set in my head is, is, is beyond me. So naturally, you think that the other rule set's rubbish. Whereas the reality is it's probably fine. It's just you can't cope with it, Graham, because you're old and decrepit. And also, you know, I've been playing this game a long time. I wouldn't say you're and old. Well, I certainly feel it. Um, oh, no. just decrepit, I, I, I might, I might raise a question on that. <laughs> um, but you know, th- there are some mechanics in the game that have been in there since I started playing, which was way back in second or third edition. So, and they haven't changed really; they're always the same. And so, it, there's a certain familiarity about it. So, I think there is that, and they have to guard against that because it doesn't mean that, the, like, say things are bad. It means they're just different. But I've got to say. In my personally, if if heresy was more popular locally and you could guarantee you're going to get a game every week, I would even I would not have even entertained going to eighth in any way, shape, or mm. form. So one of the reasons for going to eighth for me, or at least 
playing eighth edition, which I've done very infrequently, was the fact that I could actually at least get a game rather than just play, you know, the same four or five people playing Heresy locally. But you know, the people that are playing eighth have said it's the the rule set's very popular. Um, there seems to have been a, a lot of excitement around it, which I think is sort of tied in with Games Workshop's really good marketing around this um, and their sort of ability to uh, evangelize that fan base again and to get it sort of, sorry, infuse the fan base using the kind of people in the community that are evangelizing for it. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the central tenant, I think, and one of the big complaints that people have or worries that people have is that nobody will come and play eight. So nobody will come play Horus Heresy anymore because it's seven. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll come back to that because there's some evidence, even there's some, some quotes here that we have from Andy who they're on our website. So I think you'd be okay with us talking about them. Um, and I, I, I suppose the only thing I would say is that they're, they're just his views. They're not Games Workshop's views or they're not no. Forge World's views. Well, I mean, he doesn't they're even just, work in Heresy anymore. No, but I suppose he's head of specialist games. Yeah. So he's yeah. in charge of the full Covers Forge World, I should think. So. Yeah. So um, one of the things that's come up, I suppose the other thing that people dislike about the fact that there's a, a, a differentiation now is the fact that you can no longer play, you know, with your Orc army against your Heresy army, or you could play Eldar technically against. And I don't know whether that's such a big deal as people make out. I mean, I think people like 40K because of the diversity, you know, and that you could technically have a heresy army fighting orcs, which would make sense, but it would get less sense when it was like against Necrons or Tyranids. Um, so it, I thought it just gave you something else when it was on the same rule set. But I don't remember having too many games like that, if I'm honest with you, where I was fighting something that wasn't, you know, in the heresy rule set. And a lot of people have said, well, you know, heresy, it's just Marines fighting Marines. It's boring. I've never, ever felt that, if I'm honest with you. No, I don't think he's got its own character. Yeah, I think I think we'll have that issue when they're playing the same people over and over. I think that might be it. But like Mike says, no, you know, no two marine armies ever fight the same or play the same. No, and I think people tend to change their armies as well, which is maybe another tactic that Forge World use because you like you know, like me with my armor, I've been playing them a lot in the last couple of years, and it's like now I've started playing my World Eaters, and it's a breath of fresh air. You know, it's a, it's a new and different way of playing the, the game. So I'm, I don't think that's ever been a problem. And, I, you know, I think that when you're talking about narrative gaming, which you touched on, Chris, um, because you've got that history with these games, because they're set in such an epic part of the the sort of backstory, you, you don't need to have this, like, multiple different types of enemies because 40K games, narrative doesn't even come into the picture in my experience anyway. I mean, it may be just, you know, local meta, but, you know, nobody sort of thinks about the story of what they're playing. It's like, you know, can my army beat your army? And that certainly was playing 40k competitively, that you know, the narrative had nothing to do with it. It wasn't like that. It was like Magic the Gathering. Um, so I think that there's, that's one thing. I think the other thing really is, you know, the other sort of counter, if you like, to the heresy is dead calls is, you know, the events set out in, in you know, minutes. It's like bloody Glastonbury, some of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ta- um, you know, ta- and it's, Tarsus, it's incredible. Tarsus you know, it's, I mean, crashed um, Income Gaming's servers. And that was G- Gino 5.2, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they crashed the, they crashed the ticket companies, uh, the, the, the company that's on tickets at Income Gaming, they crashed their servers. Got you. And because... So, 
and because the tickets were selling um the, the way the, the the computer handled it they ended up selling twice as many tickets as intended got you so you know that that's not the mark of a of a dying scene you know the company of legends stuff sold out really really quickly this year um and you know all of the other events that i've been to have been really well attended so i you know i cannot see there is a great buzz around the place uh, when you go to some of these events you know not a go on mate so i think what helps on that front is that people who run events like you guys and greg um you're attending other events that other people are running and you're picking things up from them so slowly piece by piece the events that are getting put on are becoming every time they're going a step up yeah you guys are doing some stuff that you've seen another um another event run you thought we like that idea we'll add that into ours and i think that's a a thing that's happening quite a lot now is that people's events that they're running everyone's learning from each other so the events getting more popular because they're building and they're getting that much um you know people aren't just turning up playing some games and then going away anymore there's a lot more to terracy events seemingly in this country now yeah Um, and i think that that community that we have you know it's, it's special. It's special, I think. Um, and I think that people get very protective about it as well, because I think that's also another thing. You get into this kind of fanboyism almost, you know, where people go, well, I don't want, you know, people to come from this other system anyway, because they're all 40K players and they're all going to be, you know, massively, you know, uh, win at all costs kind of guys and how they can't come play in our lovely narrative space. But it may be just, you know, they've never had to play the game in that particular way. And I think that there's a great, you know, you can make win at all costs army lists in Heresy, and you. And the thing is, you always could. Is any, yeah. you know, I think that people say, "Oh, this new unit's coming out, that new unit's coming out." But the reality is, as far as I'm aware, and Michael may have a better idea than I have, things like Phosphex quad launchers, they've been there. Well, certainly when the Centurions came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been there for forever. So um, you know, I mean, my- ever since the unit was introduced. Yeah, I just so trying to the- remember which book they were introduced in. Because shouldn't the Death Guard take, um, like, Phosphex bombs for their, um, oh, the Medusas? Can they take the shells for those and stuff? I mean, if you've got a Siege Breaker, you can take the Medusa Phosphex shells, which is a big one. But um, they can also take the Phosphex bombs on their Terminators or grenade launchers or something, I think. so. But, you know, they've always been there. Multi-bombing assault marines have always been there. You know, so a lot of these units that people have suddenly gone, oh man, they're massively powerful. They've always been there. It's just that there's a weird, there's a weird kind of meta game around heresy that I don't think necessarily exists in 40k, which is where people go, do you know what? I I know I could make a list that would destroy everything in front of me if I really wanted to, but you know what? There's zero fun in that for anybody. And I think that the way that the scene's going, you know, with like the stuff that Greg does and we do about saying, you know, we we never have a best player award. You know, we don't have a award for the person who won the most games. No. You know, it's all very, very focused on the team. And that takes away that drive to be the most, you know, incredible player known to man. All it really does is it makes people think, well, actually, it doesn't matter if I've got a mediocre army because it's it's great fun, you know, to play a two-player game, which is what this is, you know, with somebody who's also playing in a similar vein. So there's like a lot of, I don't know if it's just me, but there's a, there's a whole raft of unwritten rules in heresy about sure. how you play heresy. And um, that I think are, are really important 
but nobody i don't think anybody wants to write them down in case they become become tangible if you see what i mean yeah and then it'll, sort of the, the genie flies out the bottle kind of yeah. thing isn't it that's the thing totally. um yeah i think i think you're right you know you <clears throat> straight from the off you know people will call it call themselves out on lists um you know yeah. no one wants to go out there and and be that guy that's you know, got the nasty stuff on the board because no one will want to play you. Yeah. Um, which is it's a, a, it's a massive difference, isn't it? Whereas the reality is if you were in 40k and you'd come up with a, with a clever list, for example, that, you know, had some sort of uh, exploit that nobody had thought about combining together, you know, that would be a good thing. Whereas in heresy, it would be a fucking terrible thing. Yeah. I mean, I think people would be, uh, I think people will be taking a lot of attention of Michael's blood angels list from last episode, but, yeah, that might be a, the first case of, of netlisting in, in Harris. <laughs> I'm sure there's been plenty of other people who have done it. I mean, I know on the 30K board, for example, last yeah. last couple of weeks, there was a sort of the Iron Warriors 30K with somebody coming up saying, oh, how do I make a competitive 30K Iron Warriors list? It's like, well, you know, you, you could have Iron Habits, you could have Siege Tyrants, you could have Phosphex, but why are you making a, a competitive list? Yeah. You know, it's not yeah, about it's... that. It's about the best games that you have I, that I have had have gained, you know, have been games that I've lost, yeah. you know, because, yeah. and, or when it's been really close, you know, where it's not been a foregone conclusion, where you haven't just, you know, annihilated somebody in the first turn because that's just dull. So, and there's something about that that's, that's really special and, and very important. So I think the other thing would be interesting to find out is whether this is the same internationally. You know, do they have the same problem in, in Scandinavia, for example? Do they have the same view in Scandinavia? It might be worth checking with Jens when he comes over in March. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know what's like in America or Australia. I think some of those places, they seem to have really powerful lists. Um, and I think that, if I remember, I might be wrong, so Greg can put me right if I am. But I think he was saying that the Sons of Heresy, when they went over to Adepticon or whatever, with what they thought were strongish lists, you know, they were they were peanuts in comparison to what they were running so it's, it's interesting whether this this drive for a, a, a sort of pure narrative approach is well, we saw that with um, so we saw that with the uh, blood and glory with the the um as a custodes player that had a uh, quite a punchy list and greg was saying well that's that's what that inv- his normal gaming environment um, yeah. was like you know they had they yeah played, he was a, he was a 40k um, player that had just come over yeah See, it's interesting because of the, the problem is that you get. It, it, I find that in a gaming club, it takes one person to, to to play a powerful list, and everybody else then starts playing powerful lists because you yeah. get totaled, and then you think, well, how do I counter that? So you start adding more and more stuff. So the next game you play against somebody, they get told, and then slowly you end up with this sort of massive arms race um, of power. Whereas I think you know in Heresy, that, that's not what the intention is. So um, we we have had arms races. We have. I'm not, I won't lie, and I, I think that myself and um, Christian, Christian were engaged in a in a, in a year long cold war of ever escalating armies. Yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> I was stuck in the middle, and I was like just getting trounced every. Um... <laughs> it, it was like, um... yeah, thanks. In fact, I think that's why he, when I've spoken to Christian since and why he got rid of his Mechanicum army, he was like, I just couldn't keep up because it was just too expensive, which makes me feel awful if I'm honest with you, but. Um, you know, and I, honestly, I don't think I won that many games against Christian. You know, I think I lost a good number of. I think I, I lost way more than I won. 
against the Mechanicum. So, you know, so that that was, but it was, you know, it was, it did get a bit silly, and it was like, actually, we need to stop this. It's craziness. So, it's it, it's really interesting where where we are with this because I don't think there's a necessarily, I don't feel there's an overarching need to change these rules for the for the better. And I think one of the things that, in summary, so if we go to the sort of summary section here, I think one of the main things that people have been talking about is will we get new players? Will we get, you know, if we're not doing eight, then we won't get anybody else coming to play our game anymore. And it will slowly die just by the nature of the fact that the rules, we won't be beating the, the transference of people from one to the other. So it's it's interesting to, to, to look at what Andy Hall said about this, because he actually like, he did quote us. So I'll be interested to see what you guys think. So he said that when he was having a conversation with Gareth Wayne, who's a, a local guy um, in the Northeast, and and he was saying that heresy isn't and never has been a gateway into the Hobbit, into the hobby. Certainly not into the Hobbit, no. No, not into the hobby. Certainly, absolutely. Well, even though they do the Hobbit, obviously, um, yeah. this is it's not a gateway into the Hobbit. Um, and that he didn't he didn't feel that that was particularly relevant to, to the conversation. So, you know, it wasn't as if people would use heresy as a to start playing games, workshop games. No. So that's an interesting insight, I think, to how they're thinking about heresy as a where it fits in the sort of games workshop pantheon of of, of sort of games because it's that's almost exactly the same as something like Necromunda or uh, any of those other games. And the other issue he, he kind of the other one he kind of quoted back on, which was the same sort of thing, was uh, and I'll read this out verbatim. So this is Andy Hall's words, not mine. And again, this these are just his words. I wouldn't say they're Forge World. Um, or Games Workshop's general thing. It's just, you know, what he said on our page. So he was saying that um, because third to seventh editions are essentially the same game, which is what I kind of alluded to earlier, a game with which hundreds of thousands have played, 30K needs a few thousand of those to be viable. So that's a really interesting stat um, to be viable, to be a viable game. And indeed, it's veterans like those who've, who've, who it has always most appealed to. So it's basically... Um, a veteran-based game that requires a few thousand people for it to remain viable. Uh, consider this: there was no gateway to Shadow War Armageddon because it had because Second Edition had been out of print for two decades. Yet it was very popular amongst veterans. Mm-hmm. So you know, Games Workshop obviously have people that are looking at who's buying these games and what age groups they're in and whether they've been playing the game for ages. So it's really interesting that we should how we how we view heresy, how we position heresy in that bigger games workshop picture that actually it's not a it's not a like for like in comparison to 40k it's never going to be you know it, it it simply doesn't it's not in the same league you know the volume of people that play 40k and that or buy 40k models and the volume of people that buy forge world models and play heresy are probably you know worlds apart but it sounds like that, that's that's okay you know, Games Workshop are quite happy with that because those few thousand people keep the game viable are enough to buy these models and buy these figures and buy these books to keep this game going. So, as we saw with the, the case, how many people do we get across from Eighth Edition to keep the game going? Well, we saw with the the rule book edition, uh, you know, the rule book release um, at Christmas. You know, that was a that was a, a good seller. It was, and it, I, yeah. I can't I can't believe that that was just. Um, people who already had their seventh ed codexes, uh, seventh edition rule books from you know three weeks before that. 
you know, there, there must have been a good proportion of those people that were looking at that and thinking, right now is you know, now I'm going to get involved. Now there's a, a definite rule book for that. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know because a lot of a lot of talk on a lot of the, the Facebook groups and forums were when they were talking about these books. Some some people were saying, "Well, what's the point? You know, we've already got it." And others were saying, yeah. "Yeah, but it's supporting the hobby and it's showing them that actually, yes, we do want heresy. We do want it to stay seventh. So I don't know. I mean, I I know very few gamers who are really into the heresy who you know in a in a in a way who haven't bought the book. Yeah. And I think that also it comes down to the demographic that Games Workshop are targeting here. So 40K, the simplification of the rules, may be to get people in to play the hobby to start with, i.e. you don't have to wade through a fairly chunky book, you know, to then go to the special rules to find out what happens when you're in cover, for example. And that's fine. What I think what the sort of conversation that they must be having at a strategic level is that, you know what? The people that are buying these games are the people with the, with X amount of disposable income to spend on these this stuff. Yeah. Whereas and that's an that's an important thing with yeah. And uh, whereas I think the the forty k section might be almost thinking, well, you know, what would people if they were going to go out and buy a video game for forty quid, what could they get instead? You know. Whereas with heresy, I think it's if you anything in a red book, the heresy players will buy it. <laughs> you know, and it would be. I think it's just basically the fact that you know anything around this hobby, people are so passionate about it that you know they want to get this stuff. So I think that what they're saying here is they've got a really tight, well um, disposed set of people who are yeah. propping this hobby up, and they've also got probably because they're older, they're you know old people like me. Is that you, what, Chris? what are you doing, Chris? For Christ's mm-hmm. sake, I'm not doing anything. You know, it sounds like you're sandpapering in the background there. So I don't know what you're up to. Um, so there's a, what is it? There's a, they've got people with disposable income who can spend, you know, enough money to keep this hobby going. And I think that that's key. So I think that the whole thing about, oh, we won't get anybody going forward. Would that be a problem in maybe five or 10 years time though, Michael? What do you think? I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I hearken back to um, what we spoke about I say we spoke about earlier, but we're recording this ahead of what we're going to speak about earlier. It's all getting space-time <laughs> paradox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? We'll touch on it now. We'll we'll, we'll move that into this section, uh, as it were. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll do some time shenanigans. But out of the James Hewitt AMA, uh, he, he... So just for, this, just for everybody else, including me, who doesn't actually know who the hell James Hewitt is, apart from the fact that I've just read his AMA, who is James? Who well, is this fella? We'll speak up. We'll we'll mention him earlier uh, in the show as well. But he is he was uh, one of the games designers at Games Workshop, um, and uh, he was uh, you will know him particularly um, for uh, Betrayal at Calf and Adeptus Titanicus. Okay. So uh, he had a quote which I was going to cover early in the show, but we'll cover it now. Yeah, um, do it now. The, the, this is a quote from his AMA uh, when someone was asking about. Um, Horus Heresy in 8th edition. And he said, Alan had some big ideas for moving Age of Darkness into 8th edition, but sadly he passed away earlier this year. <clears throat> really sorry if this is the first you've heard of it. It hurts all rather hard, as you can imagine. He went off sick while the team was rushing to get all the index books done for Forge World stuff in 40k, and it was already an ungodly amount of work, uh, quantity of work while he was there. The deadlines were just unrealistic. But there were demands from on high that full 40k Forge World stuff should have rules available on the day of release. 
Anna was an absolute writing machine, easily capable of doing the work of two or three regular humans. But with him not around, things got very difficult. The decision was made to focus on getting the index books done, keep the Age of Darkness as it was, and maybe revisit the late the idea later on. So from that, there is sort of yes, the 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 the, the, the reason Age of Dark, you know, um, Horus Heresy mm. remained seventh edition is primarily because of Alan's death, uh, according to James. Yeah. So, you know, obviously... In in the future, that may change. Obviously, uh, uh, apparently there are notes. He left notes on changing Heresy to Eighth. But... I mean, it's got to be... It's, I mean, it's got to be two years away. People just spent 40 quid yeah. on, on a book. And I think that there may be... Like I said, that may have required a, a, a rethink, potentially. I think you're right, Michael. I think if I was going to... If I was a Games Workshop exec, sitting on the, you know on the board or, or whatever. And I'd be thinking, okay, so this heresy thing currently, you know, it's a great vehicle for us to make quite a lot of money because, you know, it's got a very dedicated fan base. They spend a lot of money on this stuff. You know, we put something new out. It's sold out on day one. You know, it's, it's a fantastic place to be 15 years in the future. What does that look like? And would that still be the case? I think it's going to entirely, I think it will, honestly, it will depend on sales figures. If they've got yeah. the, they've got the real data coming through yeah. every week, every month, if they see that hey, heresy actually since the transition sales have gone down, um, people aren't playing it anymore. They've also got the data from the events they run. Um, they yep. work with other they work with other events now. Um, obviously, the weekender. Um, if they if they see that we're not playing heresy, um, yeah. I'm, they will I'm trying to how much of a because it's a because it's, it, it's a, a limited company so it's a shareholder company yeah so it's whether you know i don't i don't know what they would put i mean some of that stuff must be in their end of year uh report that goes to all shareholders but you're right whether you could say to them do you know what tell us if it's not going to be it's not going to break any kind of um shareholder revealing of information you know what is the what is the state of heresy in terms of sales? And you're right. It'll be a fantastically interesting stat to see whether eighth edition has had any massive impact. Because, you know, there's been a fair, there's been a number of people locally, you know, who used to play heresy, but now won't play heresy because it's not eighth. Mm, I don't think I've come across anyone like that. But, but is that I've, because it's new? I think that the people that like heresy, like eighth edition, like the fact that, it, you know, you're not having that wade through book thing you tend to get when we play heresy, but that might be me and Christian. Um, and I suppose the thing is that I've, I've found that I'm doing that less and less now simply because, you know, I kind of know, know the rules better um, yeah. and it's only the odd occasion where, you know, you argue about something, but I'm sure that that will come back in eighth edition as more and more codexes come online and more and more, you know, more and more books are around and more and more things that you need to understand to play the game are. So well, I'm not the, sure. The, the thing that works for 8th edition, I find, is the fact that there aren't special rules. Um, yeah, they're all on the data slate. They're all on the data slate. Yeah. It's not hard to... It's not hard to figure out what's, what the rules are. So the interesting thing is what we've got coming in the next few weeks in 40k is what has been a 30k army transitioning in the other way around. Yeah, that's a good Because you've got custodes going from having... 
30k rules with all of the four drive models and now we're going to have that army become a 40k army with the same rules um yeah uh, that's a really for, good point with, with the same models but with with eighth edition rules um so we're interested to see what whether whether players go from being custodes players in heresy because that's where they could get their get to play with those toys and then stop playing them in heresy and take them to 40k where they're well they're welcome to keep ah. them well yeah <laughs> i mean that's a great I'm only point joking. i do like playing i do that, like playing I mean, that's, that's a really that's good fine point. michael don't you worry that's that the first army isn't it that's done that i think because yeah, other, done... other marines but yeah you don't get that massive you know you don't get the phosphate stuff going back over and things like that but yeah. this will be taking what were instead of going one way around it's now going to be going the other way around so it'll be interesting to see what what happens with the player base on that one i know it's one army but it's one increasingly popular army so i guess the other so thing the is man the, playing thing, army. the sort of reverse of that may also be true because yeah you're right you're going to get people who are currently playing custodies in heresy thinking actually awesome most of these models and i don't know whether the new 40k codex will is going to include the four drum models i've heard it might yeah don't it's they're going to rules gonna, for it i believe there are rules coming, but I don't think they'll right. be in the codex. It's going to be a pretty thin codex then. Um, There's quite a bit of stuff coming. But it's purely it's custodial. It's, it's not Talons of the Emperor when you had Sisters of Silence as well. It's purely just... Yeah, it's it's codex episodes. Mm. So you're going to get people, like you say, going from Heresy, who can now suddenly play 8th edition with this army. Excuse me. And once they're playing that, it's whether people who have picked up Custodes for the first time and thought, oh, this is a cool looking army. And I quite like the, yeah. the, the story behind them, the, you know, the Guardians of the Emperor and Super Hard Army. Um, then transferring with those plastic figures, which I've got to be honest with you, look pretty good. Although we've sort of talked about how nonplussed Chris is um, about moving them, those people into heresy because they could do it much easier. They could do it straight away. I think they might find the game, the, the the experience, very different. Yes, that's the thing. Because I mean, I don't know what the you know, we have no idea what the rules we're going to are going to be like. But I know in the index book, I mean, the custodes models, um, you know, they they're quite punchy guys in comparison yeah. to the things around them. Got you. And as you, well, you and I know because the game we played, my guys are punchy, but they've got to get there. Yes. And Custos players going from 40k into heresy might find that it's not yes. quite the same experience for them. But no, be, like you say, no. it's going to be interesting to see what the... You lose the land raider. You, yeah. Oh, stupid thing. When, 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 you ha when you're talking about a land raider as a cheap transport. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's some, like I say, there's some interesting things afoot going forward. I think that the... Um, I don't think that it's interesting what uh, Andy's comments were about the, how little import there is currently in their medium term, short to medium term business model for new people picking up heresy. I don't I think, think that's, that wasn't what he was saying. He was just saying it's not a gateway into the hobby. Yes, yeah. that's true. So he's not saying they're not, they don't want new people. That's no, no, yeah, no, you're right. He's saying he doesn't, it's not viewed as, this is your starting point for playing tabletop miniatures. Yeah, Age of Sigmar, 
40k they are they are the gateway games and, and you know what they're yeah. the gateway games for so many systems it's like yeah. um you, you, it's when you see the bolt action player going oh 40k games workshop and it's like yeah but how many have you started with that yeah. yeah, yeah. You you were playing that 20, ten years ago. Yeah, you know. exactly. 40k. Well, Games Workshop, 40k, Age of Sigma. It's the a gateway yeah. game into the hobby yeah. in general, and Heresy is a, a, a step up from them. It always yeah. has been, even when it used the same rule set. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the cost of it in comparison. Well, yeah, the cost is a pretty big. Exactly. But but Games Workshop have barrier. made efforts to make it accessible. You, know, you can go into a Games Workshop store. You've got the box sets on the shelves. You know, I went into just a yep. sort of couple of days ago just to sort of make sure I wasn't going to be talking rubbish when we talked about this. Um, I walked to my local store. They had the uh, South, the, the Prospero box set on the wall. Um, you've got the uh, Mark Three armors and things, the box sets of those. And they've all got the Horus Heresy um, branding on them. Right. I mean, they've got the 40K Heresy, the yeah, 40K yeah. symbol as well. Yeah. But at the bottom of that packet, you know, it does say Horus Heresy. So if you went into a Games Workshop store and you went, oh, these, this squad of Marines look quite cool. Yeah. You picked up the box. It's going to have Horus Heresy. And that, you know, that's going to get people, you know, perhaps yeah, get people sure. interested that way. So they are, there is an interest there on, on their behalf because they didn't, you know, they haven't had to do that. They could no. have just said, you know, you just buy, buy the Forge World stuff. And, yeah. I don't know how what the cost Sell a few is. Kidneys. Yeah, I don't know what the cost dif- what the cost difference is between the the plastics and the the um, the resin ones, but I would imagine it's it's noticeable. I'm not, I'm not sure. If, well, I suppose it depends. And I, I mean, it's all the arm pads and you know all of the sort of legion specific stuff that tots up. But me, I think the thing. Second, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this. Go on, then. You do that. Okay, so, you you keep talking. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what the cost difference is for a Mark Three squad. Okay, yeah. so I think the point I was trying to... Yeah, you're right, Chris. I wasn't saying that Andy said, no, we need no more players. Yeah. You, you, no, you're, you're away done. with you. Be, yeah, be gone. Absolutely. I think what it was was the fact that the, for the game to be viable, it yeah, doesn't it, need any more than a few thousand people. Now, what few thousand looks like, I don't know. Is that 3,000 or is it 6,000? But you've got, you've got to think that it's probably closer to, you know, like five digits because I, I suppose well, I don't know you know, their margins must be pretty good anyway on the the, the cost to retail um, on things. But even so, you've got to be thinking they, they're going to want upwards of sort of 10,000 people, I should think, playing the game. I, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think, I mean, again, this is absolute supposition, I've no idea, but I think that their margins might be, for Forge World, would be less because they, they're adding more more models. So I think some of the, the Games Workshop models, even the plastic ones, you know, the components for those have been around for a long time. And I know that the pl- to get the moulds is yeah, very expensive plastic-wise, but, you know, once you've printed X thousand of them off, everything else is just, you know, material and profit. Mm. Whereas I think, you know, Forge World are adding new models, new resin, and that's what they kind of do, and that's what we kind of look for. Yeah, just true. Not, you know, new sections, like, oh, they've done another model, so that took somebody time to sculpt and to make the yeah. models. I must say, Friday morning, I do, I do always await that email <laughs> from Forge yes. World, yeah. and and get very disappointed when it's something completely unrelated <laughs> to Heresy. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. more Hobbit, I, more I don't hobbits. want another Tau. Thing. No Hobbits is, um, but anyway, yeah, I've got the cost. Okay, go on. So the cost of a Mark III um, uh, Space Marines from Games Workshop plastics thirty quid, although they are temporarily cool. out of stock online. 
Okay. So, um, to get the equivalent from um, get, uh, from game from Forge World, you're going to have to buy the fo- the bottle bolters, two packs of, oh, yeah. uh, uh, of Marines, and you know what? I, I'm going to remove that. I was going to put in the power weapons as well because you get all the stuff in the box. But just to get the squad and bolters, sixty four pounds fifty. Sixty four pounds fifty and thirty quid. And you not even with special. Not even with special. the special weapons, because you get a plasma gun, you get your, you get your heavy bolter, I think you get a melter gun, you got chainsaw and... Pop, and that's pop no um, shoulder pads or anything, that's no just normal pads. Mark III. Vex, you got a Vexelia in the um, oh, in, yeah. in there, and you got a command crest, so... Yeah, you got the, you got the kit. You get a lot with that Mark III plastic kit. Ooh, just right. You do, don't um, You get a lot with that Mark III plastic kit. Wowzers. And then so that's to, really telling. Yeah, to, yeah. to, to get so the, the Forge World, the, the, the equivalent, it, it, you know, you can't get the equivalent easily. I mean, you have no. to add in all sorts of stuff. You're probably talking over 100 quid there. But just for... Ten, just for ten, ten or a man. Ten, ten Marines yeah. and um, Bolters. You know, I mean, it's 52 quid for the Marines, £12.50 for the Bolters. So they've got that, so they've got that desire there to, to, to put it out to people. Yes, because if they again, if that wasn't there, if they didn't want people playing heresy, then they wouldn't even have thought of doing that. No, that's a good point. So yeah, so I think it's yeah, so it's a really interesting discussion that one. So I think in terms of, so if we could summarise that between the three of us, when we're talking about bringing in new players and how important it is it to change it to eighth edition in the future, I think it's a it's a kind of like a two part answer, which is a yes, new players are good, but from the information we've had it's not essential going forward into the far future the longer term there may be plans to move it to eighth would that be a reasonable summary yeah Yeah. i think it's i think the thing with the um the quote about um alan was that Mm. he had plans on how you would do it yes or or, or, you know he had some big ideas moving age of darkness into eighth edition so it doesn't necessarily mean that it was going to be a straight transition of one to the other there may have because otherwise it'd just be, you know. But he had like, big ideas of how to do it. Yeah. So it may have been that the, it wouldn't quite have been one, the incomplete eighth edition rule set. There may have been some slight changes to it. Yeah, I mean, sure. Heresy was never even a straight a straight port of seventh. It no. was it the seventh formed the core of the rules, and then Heresy sat yeah. on top of that with its own its own special yeah. rules. Um, yeah, true enough. You know, it, it, its own way of doing things. So. So I think that yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really good point. And I think that the, the I think that the point is because it's not an eighth. From my from what I think, it doesn't mean that it's the death knell for heresy for any time in the next five to ten years. That's no, my so. view. You know, it could stay at seventh and continue with seventh. I mean, let's face it. You know, they'd be doing ninth edition forty k. One assumes at some point in the next three to five years. Games Workshop will. And it may be that they just leave this on 7th edition now and then maybe look at 9th edition 40k to realign the two disparate streams mm. at that point. You never know. They say this is the edition it's going to be forever. Oh, that's what they've said. Well, so the off. idea is that they're going to have a running a running okay, update system. Like a living like, game kind of thing. Yeah, yeah like the t- a, chapter approved. A, a living rule set. 
Yeah, because yeah. they've already terrifying thought. They've already put out basic rules to change the game slightly. Um, God, yeah. If you go to the Warhammer community site, um, it was—I think it was in the new. It was just before the new year. They had um, they they put out some beta rules that you could use. Um, so if if that is, is the case, right? I mean, just think about that as a business model for Games Workshop. That effectively means that the codexes never change. No, they do, that's what chapter approves are for. Chapter approves does updates. Yeah, yeah but they, they, wouldn't so the, sell, so the, they wouldn't sell new versions of the Space Marine Codex, for example. Well, yeah, they'll change. They'll change stuff. They'll add stuff in. Um, we, if you look at Age of Sigmar as the model, yeah, when they did, they did Corn Bloodbound, and then they did the Blades of Corn. Um, there were changes in the war in in the War Scrolls. Um, from the of uh, the corn mortal models to the the, the blades of corn stuff, um, like for example, the blood reavers went from having zero save to suddenly having a six plus save. So right. stuff will stuff will happen. Okay. Um, yeah, because if we have a look, the they talk about beta rules, like they've got some new psychic power beta rules and some new targeting character beta rules, and they're like basically saying that they'll be. Um, you know, testing out these rules at uh, uh, events and um, potentially including them into FAQs. Right. Okay. Got you. So, like, um, okay. I don't know if you know the 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 um the um rules regarding psychics, psychers, because you don't use many psychers, Graham. But mm-hmm. uh, the current psychic focus rule is in in eighth edition is, with the exception of smite, each psychic power can only be attempted once per turn, rather than once per psych uh, once per psycher per turn. So yeah. you can have all your um uh psychers um just casting smite. Um yeah. but in addition, in the new one, um every time you try and do a psychic test to, to manifest smite after the first one, you then gotta subtract one from the result. Right. So stop smite spam. Yeah, so yeah. it stops a massive amount of smite spam, which is a which is has been an issue. So the, there is sort of like if you're worried about the eventual eighth transition, which I, I I personally think it will happen eventually, because mm-hmm. even if it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Even if, um, even if we don't change over anytime soon, I've got a feeling that one day the sales figures will say actually it yeah. might be worth changing over. But uh, we can look at the way they've handled eighth. The way they've dealt with FAQs, the way they've, you know, they've dealt with stuff. Games Workshop is really trying to balance this new system. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but hopefully that means that when it comes to Heresy's transition, they will actually take into account what Heresy players want. Are there enough Heresy players calling for the change? That's the thing. Um, No, there's a, there's a very, I would say there's a very vocal minority. Who like, are yeah. who are crying out for the change, and they love it. And you know what? That's fine. There's even some players yeah. who are working on a uh, um uh, their own version of eight for heresy. Yes, again, perfectly fine. Yeah. No issue with that. But the issue I would personally have with anyone who's clamoring for eight is look, Forge World have uh, well we we've heard you know the the the, the amount of got ungodly work they had with the indexes, which I can imagine if they want everything on day of release, you know, that's a lot of work. Um, yeah. You know, it's unrealistic 
um, to, 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 to have expected them to do it. And I think they made the right decision to keep it as it is. Yeah. Because if they are going to change, I don't want them to do it in a rush. I don't want them to do it because oh, we've got a deadline that has to be met, um, for whatever. I would rather them take a couple of years, get it right. That's a really good point, Michael. Because if they you know, get it, if they it, get it wrong, it kills then the it game. Will be, then, then it will be game over. Yeah. If they yeah. get it wrong, it kills the game. But if they get You're it right, right, it could it could increase the game's popularity. And I think that the, mm-hmm. the, the, for me, the key factor is if they want to do it, they need to keep the flavor of the game. I don't want to see um, it turn to eight and it suddenly just become basically 40k, but with heresy units. I want it to see, to, to see it be heresy. So I want those rights of wars. I want the slight, I want the, as Chris said, the rewards for, um, not making mistakes. Yeah. So I think that in summary then, cause I think we have to kind of yeah, move on with this. Totally it's nearly an hour now. I know. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, <laughs> it's been a really good, um, and really interesting to hear your guys' views, uh, on this. And like I said, nobody's right or wrong here. No. I think that, uh, in generally, from our point of view, I don't think heresy is in a massive problem. And I think that they've obviously thought about this and think they can run with this. I think there is a chance in the future that like you say, and I really like that comment that you've made there, Michael, which is it's better for them to spend a bit of time doing this to get it right. To, Cause that's going to benefit us all in the future. So let's see where we get on. And um, I think for now, I think that heresy is in a perfectly good place personally and long may it continue. Exactly. Chris, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, you know, attendances at events bores that out. You know, if people weren't playing it, then events would suffer. Yeah. Um, I think that's always a good indicator of, of what people, you know, of the community. And you've got an active community that want to go to events and play this game. Yeah. And and um, contribute to and, lots and, of Facebook pages and stuff. So, yeah, yeah you're right. You know, there are <clears> how many <throat> how many other people are doing what we're doing now? Well, yeah. You know, talking about podcasts. this game. There are a lot of, uh, of podcasts about this game. And I think... You know, if it wasn't there, there wouldn't be that. You know, I, I think I think we're in a, a good place uh, at the moment too. And um, going forward, the same. Yeah. Finally, Michael, I think you can get the final word on this because I think you made a very good point just then. Yeah. As I said, I think Heresy works works right now. It's it's in good health. Um, obviously, I mean, we can say it's in good health. The only people with the real knowledge on this is Games Workshop with the sales figures and such. Um, yeah. but I think looking at, looking at things like the sale of the books, uh, you know, the, the, the way it, it, putting the rule book on sale crashed, um, Forge World, yeah. uh, yeah. uh, you know, cra- crashed, you know, buggered up Forge World for a bit. Um, the way that, um, the way that it's just an event keeps selling out. I mean, the, the, the weekender, even though it's got Necromunda in it, sold out in an hour. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, and then looking at events like Tarsus, which, you know, essentially sold themselves out twice over. I mean, we've had to run a second heresy, uh, um, weekend next, this year. I shouldn't say next year, this year. Um, because we could have sold ours out potentially three times over. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And I th- so I think, like I say, in the final summary, we're quite happy with the state of heresy. People shouldn't get too alarmist about this, but I think there's a, you can end up in this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy bit where people say, oh, everything's dead. Yeah. yeah. People, uh, uh, so most people go, it's dead and then they think it's dead, it. so they stop playing it. Uh, most yeah. importantly, don't read articles on 
Bell of Lost Souls or spiky <laughs> yes. bits because they're, yeah, they're just rubbish. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that again. But it was, you know, it was interesting to promote this discussion. And I, I do feel pretty bad about the fact that I've made people go and look at that site. And, you know, Greg rightly said, this is just nonsense, Graham. It's, Why it's, are you sharing this? It's can <laughs> It really is cancer. The, the, some of the, yes. the stuff they put on there. It's like it, it comes up as an, a suggested story on my newsfeed at least once every couple of weeks. They did a story a few years ago about a fake plastic knight. And it's like, do I really need to see this all the time? Mm. Yeah. And it's I like, think it's what, yeah, you're right. It's, it's one of those things where obviously from their point of view, um, you know, they, they're a company that's going to try and make money from advertising and click throughs and what have you. So any of these articles that people go and look at, they're going to make money from in this day and age. So, you know, I can't I even look it. at the site on my mobile phone because it immediately it tell which is where I do most of my browsing because it yeah. immediately tells me I've just won a new iPhone. And it's oh like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, so as anything. avoid that nonsense. So I think that's a really good point. And like I said, they they caught controversy. It's interesting because it's almost like the I think it's either news hump or something like that. You know, one of these kind of satirical news hump, fake yeah. news. They quite often have stories about Games Workshop, you know. Um, yeah, that are about, they're about kind of nerdy people in Games Workshop. So you kind of think, a, they either have people that obviously like Games Workshop and play Games Workshop because they're never particularly critical about it. They're not like taking. I don't feel that they're ever like really having a go at people no. who go to Games Workshop. Oh, they, they, they had a good. They had a good one a few. Uh, it might have been a month ago. Um, you know, what, what, what new Warhammer universe to be set in Newcastle on a Friday night? That's oh yeah yes <laughs> so you know but i think also the, the reason that they must do this is because that must generate a lot of traffic for them yeah you know they must know that if they put an article that's humorous about games workshop people will click on it so that just oh. gives you some indication of the sorts of a bizarre um world of sort of online advertising and what have you so anyway i think my favorite I think one it's... is still when they had isis declared jihad on um age of sigma oh that's right yes <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, I think in summary, we're really happy, and I think that as podcasters, you know, we have to. There is a certain responsibility, and not to add to this negativity all of the time and keep saying errors who's dead. And I think, if I'm honest with you, I'm kind of taking a lead from Greg on this because he seems to be, you know, quite, you know, bringing that message out. So actually, guys, steady on it. It's not as bad as you think. No, um, I think it'd be interesting when we see Greg, um, you know, just have a sit down, have a. A big sort yeah. of communal chat and just see what. Yeah, I mean, just... he's, it's, he's certainly, you know, the way that he's doing things, I certainly have got a lot of time for, a lot of respect for him mm. for doing that because I think there's quite a lot of people who are making it very sensational. And he's like, actually, guys, you know, steady on a bit here. Think yeah. about what you're doing. So, in summary, we think we're cool. And the evidence would certainly, from our experience, point to a thriving and engaging scene. Um, with lots of new ideas, lots of new ways of doing things, some fantastic community, some great events, some fantastic podcasts like this one. Um, and <laughs> and also, you know, the, the, the model is still sustainable from Games Workshop's point of view. So they're not going to cancel the game anytime soon. So no. I think that's about it, really. Yep. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Thanks on for to moving on. Yes, thanks very much. All right, so we're now going to run for a quick summary of the rulebook changes. So, yes. Graham got your rulebook. I got mine on EPUB, and Chris got his on EPUB. Yep. So we'll yep. sort out that the book is dedicated to the memory of Alan Blythe, which I think is a really yeah. nice touch. Very much so. Um, I think it would have been a shame if they hadn't. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, there's an FAQ 
um, which isn't out on the website yet. I was hoping it would be, but it's it was available at the open day. Um, and so we've sort of in, integrated them into this as well. So uh, I'll just run through the changes quickly. So uh, in general changes, uh, the talents of the Emperor are now agents of the Emperor and are sworn brother, brothers of loyalist armies. So they at last get onto the allied table, which is good. Yep. Um, a sudden death victory now only happens at the end of the term turn instead of at any point. So drop pod lists work now properly. There's no fudge around there. Okay. Which is it's ideal. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. before it was sort of like, okay, I've brought the drop pod army. Okay, you've lost. Oh, but I haven't. Right. The game hasn't yeah. even started. Said, yeah, but you're never going to put. Ha- ha- yeah, 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 I see. At any point, yeah, so I get what you mean. They, fix, like, they you, fixed that one. Yeah. Oh, I've never even thought about that one. Yeah, uh, they've copied the book seven warlord traits over from that. Apart from the tactical table, as that interacted with the maelstrom deck, because maelstrom is gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Immobilized vehicles still retain the ability to score if they're scoring vehicles. <coughs> Oh, right. So, which is handy. If your armored breakthrough is going to be happy. Yeah. I am. Uh, every mission now has price of failure. Yes, at long last. Good. Yeah. Because um, that, that caught us by, didn't it? When, uh, last Company of Legends, it was like, oh, actually, that should have had price of failure. Because yes. I don't have it by standard, even though I think it was insinuated in the rules previous. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's only like one or... There's not that many missions without it though is it that's the thing that's what throws people i think yeah because yeah, everyone yeah. suit that plays like the same two or three and then there's one where it doesn't have it and everyone just thinks yeah it yeah, must yeah. be there they've all got it now uh they've added a rule from um the the book that was sort of uh always forgotten about about deep striking flyers um so they've added that to the main deep striking rule. So deep f- striking flies can no longer get away with jinxing when they arrive in zooming ro- ro- uh, mode they never could just no one yes. read the rule except John Dermansey. Uh, yes, it is exactly right. I, I, I looked this one up because I John pointed this out to me before the new book came out um, and said, oh, if you deep strike, you can't jink with a fly. And I'm like, really? I'd never heard that rule before. And he pointed it out because it was in the one of the red books. So I think this rule's always been here, just that very few people have read it. And the only person actually I ever pointed out to me was John Dermansey. So, um, yeah, it's always been a heresy rule. It's yes, that's right. Not, it's not always been a. Uh, it's not. It's. It's never been a seventh book, you know, a yes. seventh edition rule. But it's always been in heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's good that that's all in one place now because that you know deep striking flyers, you know, can't jink basically. Yeah, so. a lot of a lot of people have got caught out and surprised by that one. And like, oh, they've changed this, and it's like, no, they haven't. It's, it's always been in heresy. Yeah. Okay. Just, so yeah, just just on that quickly. Yes. Because I've got the grav tanks. Yes. They can deep strike. Yes. They're not flyers, they? They're not no. flyers, so they're already covered. <coughs> so they could technically deep strike and jink. And jink, yeah. Because they're not in fly, they're not in zooming mode, which is the flyer yeah, yeah. mode. Just, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, just, just as you said that, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Why am I doing it wrong? But no, I guess not. Okay, cool. No, you're good. Okay, so then we've got demons and demonology. Um, so when you summon demons, you no longer get banners and musical instruments free, um, which you used to. Um, generic demons are now in the rule book. Yeah, you did. Um, so um, you've got a list of generic, you've got a generic demon um, uh, stat lines, and you can give them yeah. various, spe- and you can give them special rules. So uh, if you haven't got the demon codex. Um, which obviously is a tide me over until 
the the actual demon the codex is released. Well, not demon we codex, hope. Um, demons in well, they are going to be in Angelus. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it's Blood Angels versus uh, demons and Dark Angels versus Night Lords. All right, cool. So, yeah, they, 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 that, that was that was they told us about Angelus last year, right? At the the Heresy Weekender. Very good. Um, okay, so conjured units are scoring units unless otherwise stated. So oh, okay. when you when you summon those demons, they they, they, they can score. They just yeah. Summon demons can't use malefic demonology. So you can't oh, get good. summoned units summoning more units. Which you could do in seventh. Which you could do in seventh, which I, I always thought was a little bit rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and when I have played <coughs> when I have played summoning demons lists in Heresy, um the player has always said, I'm not gonna give my demons malefic demonology. So I think there's sort of like always been this uh, sort of uh, inherent rule amongst the player base that, yes, we can do it, but we're not going to do it. Yeah. At least amongst the things, players. Things I've played. Like Maybe that. I've yeah. been lucky. I've played a couple of players that have done the complete opposite of that and summoned from summoned things. That, that's in heresy, though, not in, not in oh, 40k. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 40k, yeah. yeah right. 40k, I've played lots of players who have, who have just gone, yeah, I'm, gonna su- I'm just going to summon more demons with these demons I've just summoned. I won't say I never did it when playing my demons. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you had a demon army. <laughs> <laughs> but, but given it was a corn army, it was very rare that I ever did that. That is <clears throat> Well, I, I've got demons to, to do because obviously word bearers and they can use yeah. malefic demonology. Um, uh, so I will be doing it at some point. I'm, I'm thinking of doing it for London Heresy. Okay. Having, sure. a, well, having uh, summoning demons. Very nice. Still undecided about that as yet. Got you. Okay, so if you want some blood letters, let me know because there are some <laughs> there are some collecting dust somewhere. <laughs> okay, so well, there'll be a heresy army uh, hopefully within the next eighteen months. Do you bring out new true. models for that? Do you think? Or are you just going to use the Gate Games Workshop ones? I imagine they'll be using existing models and adding adding because yeah, you've, you've got you've got that. Um, thingy one already you've got samus haven't you samus yes. and call backs up utter blight yeah um Wait, where's, where does he fit into it they're oh. demon princes that got summoned during um uh during the erebus's time on mccrag so i think samus i remember because that was in uh, the first heresy he's book, been wasn't a it? few in the and a few in the book oh, so there's it? been a few in yeah, the book. Yeah, so. he turned up one. he turned up at mccrag um nax loken and those guys up yeah in the very first, first whatever the book is, yeah, um, Horus Rising. Yes, um, but uh, Cor- or what was his name? Corbax Atterbot. I don't think he's been in any of the fluff before. Okay, right. But he's a nice, he's a nice looking demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I very much fancy him because he's a, okay. he's, he's a, a, he's a Lord of War choice for. Uh, <laughs> Slash, by the sounds of it, is your is the, <laughs> yeah. excellent interest. Getting him as a model. Jetting him as a model. You did say that with rather too much relish. I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I fancy getting him as a model because he's nice and he's a lot of war choice for um for for uh, word bearers. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. So onto weapons. Is that, uh, the, is that the? Is he the? Oh, is he? What, what model is he from Forge World? Is he the the, the um, Nurgle one? Or is he? A, he's got his I'm own. He's got his own model. 
right, this calls, this to the internet. He's, got his own, he's, no, he's, he's a big model. lump. Yeah, the big lump. lump. Yeah, which the plastic one now looks like. No, no, no. Oh. Very different. He's, oh. a, he's a different. He's just a demon prince. Right. What's his name again? Corbacks Utterblight. Corbacks. Cor 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 Corbacks. Cor I think it's Corbacks. Let's just have a look. Utterbite. Blight. There we go. Three men desperately searching the internet, trying to find a picture of a, a, <laughs> I know a what model. He looks like. I know what he looks like. I I'm not looking. Okay, so while you do go <laughs> looking, I will move on to the weapons. Um, Ordnance weapons cannot okay, fire snapshots, but a vehicle that moves at cruising speed can still fire an ordnance weapon while snapshot shooting. The FAQ clarified that all other weapons must fire um, as snapshots um, when firing ordnance. So you can't fire other weapons and then fire your your, your, um, your ordnance weapon. Just as a snapshot, for example. Yes, that's... That's exactly right. Which I don't know if anybody was doing that, but honestly. Um, <laughs> Let me shut that one again. Um, which I rule was that one? So, so this is what, yeah, can't snap, yeah. But a, a vehicle that moves at cruising speed can still fire all its weapons while snap shooting. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've um, added um, the immobile artillery blurb, which was in one of the Imperial Armor books. Right. Um, and the quad mortar frag rounds, um, have had the shell shock rule removed by the FAQ. So they don't do shell shock anymore because right. they literally can't do it. It's impossible yeah. for them to do, to do, to do, to, the, the rule doesn't work. It's basically okay. from an old version. Yes. Yeah, um, so they have, they, so they've taken out that rule, Got um, via the FAQ. Now the FAQ has also made it to veterans with marksmen no longer get AP2 on a six to wound when using template or blast weapons. Yes. So combi, so marksman, combi flamer, um, guys, gone. Um, <laughs> I've seen a few posts on the internet of people saying, so long, my, um, my, my combi flamer, uh, uh, combi flamer veterans. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, the problem is I've, I've got a natural dislike of the marksman vets because they're just everywhere. They're so good. You know, AP two smart sniper on all your weapons. It's a it's an it's a difficult thing not to want to put into your army. I have I, get that. I have got um vets. I use the snipers, but they've just got bolters and heavy bolters. Yeah, but the thing is, they're still like wounding on four plus, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they, 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 they're, they're 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 four pluses. So um, yeah, it's it's and not... the AP two on sixes. So it's a, it's a it's a good it's a good unit. Like if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't work. It's not so yeah. good. It's not. Okay. It's a it's a it's a very. I find that I found anyway that uh, that 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 marksman vets for me. Maybe it's just the way I play and equip them. It probably is that me and the way I equip them. <laughs> oh, I, think, <laughs> um, I found well, I think them to be a very situational thing. With, yeah, heavy bolters with um, suspense fields or whatever they are. Yeah, you get with the, the sniper all, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, AP two. Um, templates, you know, combi flamers, for example, that must have been pretty lethal when that got going. Yeah. Okay. What else? Okay. So they've clarified the FAQ, the combi, the FAQ clarified that what people thought was a mistake in the rulebook is the mistake. So combi grenade launcher and combi volkites are not one use only. Mm, that's interesting, isn't so it? So if you take a combi volkite, you can use it again and again and again. Yeah. Cool. 
which I used to great effect in our long gaming day. You did. You did. Because it, it's fantastic. When you've got... Yeah. What units can take combi Voltites? Can, can uh, um, veterans? HQ choices? Well, it's just a combi weapon. So, yeah, HQ... Yeah, just... HQs can uh, take yeah. it. Get what you're saying. Yeah, cool. Very good. So it's, I, I think it's pretty, ca- I think, pretty, think it's pretty canny. Um, but yeah, combi Volkites for the win, really. Definitely. Uh, the Gravitonic Ploder doesn't have the 40k grav rule. It's now a grav weapon, but it was changed slightly by the, uh, sorry, a grav pulse weapon. So it's more like the old grav weapons. So it's been changed slightly by the FAQ and it's now 3d6 armor pen against vehicles. Right. Okay. So it, it has changed slightly, but it was it, it's got it's it's lost the old um you know immobilize you want immobilize yeah um, yeah that was nonsense a yeah. bit punchy again and obviously we but already we already knew this but multi bombing is in yes yeah. curses okay so back to um back over to psychic powers so scryer's gaze removes the maelstrom card ability. Oh right, yes. Obviously, maelstroms yeah. have gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, not exactly a big thing. And invisibility, we already knew it's gone. Been replaced with mind howl. Yes, which I think is just as nasty, but it's not as exploitable. I think I think it's the range is much less. Whereas invisibility, you know, you have to is it you have to cast it. Yeah. With mind howl, cast it on another unit. Whereas invisibility, yeah. you just cast it on one unit that was your unit, and everything was yeah. in, then invisible from it. But it's ridiculously powerful power. Okay. I think. Yeah. So Lords of War. So Lords of War rule from Legion of Astartes, Age of Darkness now applies to all armies. So, right. so the rules that from the Legion of Astartes book now applies to everybody. It's the standard. Um, the mm-hmm. orbital strike wing is now opened to flyers in your core list. So if you want to take a suborbital strike wing, um, before you had to take, you know, a certain, certain flyers. Um, which yeah. weren't necessarily in your call list, you know, Thunderbolts and, and stuff. Now you can take your yeah. Lightnings, you can take your Xiphons, you can take your, you know, okay. your Storm Eagles. So um, that's fantastic. So what are the rules for sub I've got to look it up now. I'm gonna, it's going to bug me otherwise. So what are the rules for sub-orbital strike wing? Is it like X number of points or something? Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot of war choice, basically. Yeah, uh, I'm, just gonna, war I'm just going to open the book now. I, I'm, I'm, I'll, you, you carry on with this. And I'll, yeah, I'm, yeah. On my, I'm, on my, I'm on my computer, which has just been set back up, so I haven't got the books where I want them um, yet. Okay. Uh, they're all in places. So the War Machine Squadron um, yes. is now replaces the War Machine, um, you know, the War Machine Selection thing. Um, now, originally, when the book came out, it originally completely removed the ability to take knights as a Lord of War, but the FAQ has added them back in. Yeah. Personally, I think it was better that they had uh, removed knights um, because it meant that, you know, knights were really, if you're going to take knights, you, you were going to be a Mechanicum army or you were going to be, or you were going to be taking them as an allied detachment. And Which it, you need three, four minimum. Two. Yeah. Two. Yes. Or one troop. Yeah. One troop choice. One, troop, isn't it? one HQ. Yeah. Um, so, um, a lot of people, when this book first dropped, were going out and buying an extra knight. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've got the suborbital strike wing if you want. The... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah go, go on. on. What is it? So, one to three flyers with oh, okay. up to three hull points, all from the same army list entry and chosen either from the same army list as that used to form the army's primary detachment 
or chosen from the Penelope. Oh God, Penelope, Penelope, Penelope of Penelope of War, Penelope of War list opposite. <laughs> Got you. Uh, the wing arrives from reserves as a single unit must interplay from within six inches of the same eligible point on the table's edge, but are afterwards treated as entirely separate units during the game. Okay. So it's up to three hull points per... So you can have, like, basically three lightnings for in one choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. But it's your law of war. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, all right. So we've gone on to terrain. So the vast majority of the rules from Stronghold Assault are now in the core rules, including the building damage tables. Um, they now give explicit cover, for, cover saves for specific types of terrain. So, for example, a gun emplacement now has a four plus cover save. So there's a lot right. less arguing because it says what the cover save is. Right. Um, you decide which side the imposing sanctuary uh, are dedicated towards. So that's the Yonid Imperium stuff. So the statue and the, the Aquila oh, yeah. stuff. So you decide if it's either loyalist or traitor and it gives the benefit to loyalist or traitor. Okay, because it means that people can customize their own one if they wanted to and exactly yeah, make it, yeah uh the firestorm redoubt and vengeance weapons batteries no longer have access to punisher cannons which is annoying because that's what <gasps> my uh firestorm uh, sorry my vengeance <sighs> red, 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 have so wow uh they no longer have the uh, the punisher uh, battle cannon they just have the battle cannon or the icarus last cannon thing that's there's kind of no entry kicking for some people. Yep, there's no entries for the following terrain: the sky shield landing pad, the plasma obliterator, the void shield generator, the fortress of redemption, the hemiotrope reactors, the Pr- Promethean relay pipes, or the munitorium armored containers. Blimey! So those types of terrain no longer have rules. Which, to be fair, some people were mucking around with the the void shield generators and. Coming up with all sorts of stuff. Uh, um, and the Sky yeah. Shield landing pad, it was kind of ridiculous when people were, you know... Putting um, Titans on them. Ti- yeah, yeah Titans on them, Graham. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and Bane Blades and stuff. It fits, yeah. God damn it! I, I, feel, I suddenly feel less bad for summoning demons with demons. Yeah, yeah it fits, I so I, I sit. Four plus in one save for your Warhound Titan with two double-barrel D-cannons. Yeah. Yeah, it, so they've got rid of that. There is decanning. And then a killer strong <laughs> points are now Lords of War. So right. that's the ones with the okay, big, cool. the big, the big cannon, the big eagle cannon, or the missiles. So is that the one with the War. with the D weapon? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, and that's basically the um, rulebook changes. Okay, so nothing oh, cool. radical, really. No, not I mean, just tweaks and emissions. Yeah. Just tweaks. No, no, nothing, nothing really yeah. radical in okay. that. The panarchy of war without the knights could obviously would have been a major one because the uh, the knight proprian, the you know the almost titan one. Yeah, um, mm. I can never pronounce that correctly. Um, was completely out because that's a lord of war for knights, and you can't take a lord of war with allies. Yeah. Okay. So. so um, yeah, that would have been a massive change, but obviously they they backtracked and with the FAQ and they said, "Oops, we didn't." I find that. it odd that they haven't released the FAQ on the website yet. Um, I can't imagine because I can't imagine it will be long. No, but the book's been out for two, well, nearly three weeks. They've clearly had it done because they've been handing it out to people. Yes, so I wonder why they haven't 
Mm, it's a good point, actually. If you went to an event and said, I'm going to use my com- my combi Volkite, actually, no, that was a clarification of the rules. You know, if you said, actually, I'm going to rock up with, I don't know, actually, what could you actually do wrong? I'm trying to think. I'm going to rock um, up with my knight as, you know, because I'm allowed to. Yes. And then and someone says, say, no, actually, not. no, you're not. You can't. The, yeah, the rule book yeah. says you can't. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm, I've seen the FAQ. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to personally, if it were me, I'd be saying, yeah, I've seen the FAQ. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. It's but not I radical, imagine... is it, the FAQ? Sorry? It's, it's, it's not hugely radical, the FAQ, but it's enough to just to clarify a few points. Which the the Knights, clarify. I think the biggest point is the Knights. And the AP2 Flamers. Yeah, AP2 Flamers, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all of cool. which are pretty decent balancing changes, apart from the Knights, no, really, which is... Which is a little bit. I would prefer them to have left the knights off, to be honest. Yeah. But Quite, yeah. that's only because I don't like being coming up against knights. But then again, if you're not prepared to face a knight, then you're not prepared to face a fell blade. That's also true. Yeah. Okay. So should oh, we... no, a fell blade yep. can't stomp you. No, that's true. That's true. And doesn't have a <laughs> doesn't have a close combat D weapon. Yeah. Apart from that, I can, I can, exactly the same. Yeah. I can walk up to a fell blade and melt a bomb it and walk away laughing. <laughs> I can't walk. I can't walk up to a knight and do that. Unfortunately, no, that's true. Okay, so we'll move on to the books next. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. Let's look at the books then. So the books that we've been out this mu- month or that we've read. Um, I'll start off with Old Earth, which um, which was released in November, end of November. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. It was a few weeks before. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll start off by saying this is for my favourite Salamanders book so far. Um, I felt very so-so about Nick's books about this Legion, but this one's brilliant. Um, so I've really enjoyed the Salamander stories. Yeah. So far. I, I've, I, I have sh- started this. I didn't haven't got very far into it yet, unfortunately. Yeah. I struggle with it simply because um, I... I struggle with the the, the, the names of the Vulcans. Um, yeah. When I come across names that are, are not quite normally traditional um probably sounds very bmp of me <laughs> um i struggle with no, it but but it's, the, it's part the, of the brain brain thing um i struggle with names which are very different to traditional ones uh, i've yeah, got a lot yeah. of persian friends so it's terrible when i'm dealing with them um because i'm always getting myself mucked up and i and i keep finding myself flicking back to the uh, you know the the character list to to figure out right who's this then <laughs> yeah yeah you've um, got zytos and things haven't you and yeah yeah. Um, uh, what was the guy that Numion? Numion, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those ones you can get used to because you see them all the time. But it's the it's, it's the other ones like uh, which have mad names. Um, anyway, so after the weirdness of the Rune Storm, we come to something a lot more what we're used to. So this book deals with three strands in the Heresy. So you got Vulcan's journey from Nocturne to Terror, uh, Shadrach Medusa and the Shattered Legions. And you've got the um, small Eldrad storyline, which actually sees him hooking up with uh, Bafuz and Arik. Um, you know, the, the word bearer's vigilator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, the book seems like it's going to be uh, all about Vulcan, but the other two strands get quite a lot of time, which is okay because they're good stories in their own rights and they actually tie together quite nicely. Yeah. So um, the Shattered Legions strand is very dark, just like it's always been with that, that part. Yeah. And they really yeah, put that- Medusa through the ringer. Because, I mean, they've, I mean, none of it's ever particularly jolly yeah. in any of them, really. But yeah, the, just like I said, the Saddle Legion stuff has been particularly um, 
bleak at times. So that's yeah. Uh, and I said, if, it if it's even bleaker in this one, then that's blimey. It is quite bleak for Mijusan, and they really put him through the ringer, and it's very unpredictable as well. Um, but it does explain how the Iron Hands get from where they are in the Heresy to where they end up in the 30, 41st millennium. Oh, cool. So you sort of see the change from what we know of them in the sh- as a Shattered Legion yeah. and then how they end up in 40k. Um, I know not everyone is a huge fan of the Shattered Legions because I've heard a lot of people complain about that story strand, um, but I've quite enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to win any more fans of the Shattered Legions because it's more of the same, but I think for people who do like that storyline, they're going to be very happy with it. Um, the Vulcan strand's pretty good. You don't spend much time in Vulcan's head, though. Um, uh, okay, so because that's a thing that sometimes uh, we we thought about um, Sanguinius a lot in uh, uh, ruins uh, the ruin yeah, storm. You spend but was the, all the time, all in the time, head, yeah, in in his head in his ruin. And it's the same with the other Primarchs. You spend a lot. Well, Gulliman at least, anyway. Not so much the Lion. Um, but you don't spend a lot of time with him. You mostly see him through the eyes of his, uh, of his three, um, the three sons that he takes with him. The, the Drak, the Drak sword, Drake, Drake's, Drake's sword. It's a funny name. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a funny name. Um, but they're interesting characters in their own right, but they don't really get a lot of development time, which is a shame. Um, and I actually think having a smaller cast of salamanders helped me a lot. So I think there were only four in the whole book um, that you okay, really spent cool. any time with. Um, and that, that helped me. Sounds daft, but it did. Um, no, but it's a more lean book than Vulcan Lives or Deathfire. At least it felt more lean because Deathfire is, is a pretty weighty tome. Yeah, it really... Um, um, it's, it's a good doorstop. Yes. I don't think that's a negative thing, but I think it works no, no, better I, because of I, it. I really enjoyed Deathfire. Yeah. I thought it was. I've enjoyed all the stuff, but Deathfire I thought it was really. Deathfire really was good a, very, book. a very good book. Yeah, but uh, this one I think is better. Um, and I think it's better because it's a little bit leaner. It, it's more tighter. It's, right. It's, it's, it knows it, it. It knows what it's set out to do, and it does that. Um, it flows a lot easier and flows a lot easier. Yeah. Um, it works better, but, but kind still likes to use those, those, those very long complicated words where something a lot more simpler would do just as well. Right, That's just okay. his writing style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, you've got Vulcan story, which could, you know, as a journey from one, pla- from A to B, uh, you know, it, it could have been exactly like death fire, you know, weird stuff in the warp. Um, but because the extra strands, it's not quite that. You know, it avoids the, this is exactly the same as the last book. Right. Okay. Um, so and just... it, yeah. And it pulls together, you know, the other two books that he's done, plus a bit from Unremembered Empire, um, and the three novellas he's done as well. And it pulls them all together. And then. Oh, that's. You want things tying up, which is. Yeah. And then it ties up with Master of Mankind as well. Which is quite oh, okay, good. cool. So I look forward to, so I've, I'm not that far into it, so I look forward. Yeah, it's it's really good. It, it, it's a very satisfying conclusion for the three storylines. Uh, well, those three storylines during the Open Heresy, and it's sort of like, yeah, yep, that's another step towards Terra. Uh, you know, the Siege of Terra. Now we've got, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler really to say that 
you know, Vulcan ends up where he's supposed to end up. Yeah, he holds, he gets involved, doesn't he? Yes, uh, he he is. He ends up where he's supposed to end up, uh, and the other characters end up in some interesting places as well. Um, uh, and I, I suppose it's sort of yeah, the Eldrad storyline. I'm not really going to mention because I think that would be spoilers. I don't think you can mention that without spoiling spoiling it. I don't want to spoil it for everybody. Yeah, because from what I've yeah, the, I. Yeah, I look for yeah because I've I've read the I've got to the the, the first part where you see the first bit of him, um, his appearance in the book, which sort of sets things. I wasn't expecting that actually, so that was quite good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a really good, um, it's a re- really, really, really good book. Um, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, um, um, I, I don't think I don't think you'll be disappointed, um, with it at the end. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, what was next? Okay. We had Conrad Cruz, uh, a lesson in darkness, which is a Primark story. And it's Ian St. Martin's first, first heresy book. Uh, well, audio drama. All right. Okay, and cool. it's set. It's basically uh, what happened, what happens with the night Lords after Cruz, um, takes command of them. And it's really dark and really gory, as, as you'd expect from the Night Lords. It, it's sort it's, of like, it's... um, it's. I mean, it is really, really, really gory. I mean, the right. sound effects alone are there. So, so this is a is it an audio drama or an audio audio, audio drama? Oh, okay, perfect. So, all right, so you're, you're really going to be getting that. Uh... Yeah, the, it, it makes production. It makes really good use of the of the thing, and I mean, um, there are times when it's literally. Um, I just want to. I just. I was listening to it in bed. Yeah, I went to listen to it in bed, and um, I put it on, and I was just like, um, about halfway through, I was like, nope, nope, can't do this. I'm going to listen to it in the morning. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm going to have nightmares, or I'm going to be sick. Yeah, it's. 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 It's just perfectly disgusting. Wow. Um, it is mostly restricted to, to, to Cruz and, and one of his captains. And the moments there are show, you know, Cruz really has a mastery of terror tactics and his ability to, to instill fear. It's a really well crafted and very really well. dark story, though. So um, we think there's promising signs from, um, from the author, yes, from the writer. Really. I, I hope that. I hope that he does the full cruise, uh, full Night Haunter book. Cool. Um, okay, so the next one uh, was uh, the last Advent um, short uh, in the set in Heresy, uh, which was Guy Gavforp. It's the board is set, so um, it's a Malkador and the Emperor story, and it's again carrying on with that theme for the short stories. It's the the moments before Horus's forces arrive at Terra. So you've got Malkador sitting down. Um, with the emperor uh, to play a board game, and they sort of. So, sorry, I'm guessing at this point that they're not. It's purely done as a psychic, because a psychic board game, because obviously the emperor's on the throne at this point. Um, yeah, I think that could be the. I'm just trying to remember now. I might have to go back and reread it, but yeah. Anyway, they they, they I think they yeah. both actually sat down properly. I, I think he may even be on the throne, but you've got yeah. Malkador. Um, 
I think I think I do have to reread it, and I did sort of say I've got to reread it because the, the, there's a real interesting glimpse into the relationship between Malkador and the Emperor, um, and there's lots of you know teases about how they see the heresy. Um, All right. It 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 did start very slow, um, and it picked up um, towards the end. Um, but it's obviously it's Malkador is in the weaker position. When we see him normally, he's normally, you know, he's a self-confident mystic guy who yeah. knows everything. But in this, he's the second most powerful psycho in the galaxy. And yeah. Everyone else is, he takes orders from one man and that sort of, but in this, he's sort of, he's sort of in the reverse position. You know, he's, he's the one dealing with the emperor. Um, and he's, and he's sort of like just as lost as people are talking with him. Uh, and there's some interesting things in there. Like, um, the, the, they talk about, you know, the, the, you know, the fall of, uh, um, the, the Gorgon and, um, then, uh, uh and, and the emperor just, there's a throwaway comment of, I might fix that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, that's a very good short read. I would highly recommend men that. Um, yeah. Cause it's interesting here. Cause obviously we haven't really heard from, the emperor as a character, yeah, it was bits in Master of Mankind, but it's, is he fleshed out a little bit? You know, with his um, views and that a bit more, uh, a little bit and a little bit no. Okay, he is the problem. The thing with the emperor, I think, is that every time they try to flesh him out, they also try to leave him ambiguous at the same uh, time. Yeah. So uh, they've definitely left him purposefully ambiguous as a character. All right, perfect. Um, but there is a little bit of uh, of of bringing down the walls there. All right, cool. Um, and then the final book that we've had this month, I, I bought this on day of release and listened to it because I had been um, blessed by Grandfather Nurgle for New Year's. Um, so this this kept me sane um, when I couldn't Good. do much. Uh, you know, I couldn't move from the bed very much. Um, uh, suddenly was, we know why you like Korax Underblight. So I was going to say, I, was, I think yeah. Korax Underblight is having to do uh, I'm going to have to put up that picture you sent us, aren't I, Chris? <laughs> I'll put that up in the show notes. In That's fact, I might show, make yeah. that the show, I might make that the show title, in fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Michael loves callbacks. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, but it was Fulgrim, the Palatine Phoenix. Um, and it's the story of Fulgrim's first compliance action after he strikes out of his own after rebuilding his legion under Horus's supervision. And what drives this book are Fulgrim's feelings of inadequacy, uh, which is why he sort of sets off to conquer a world with only seven of his sons. Now, he feels inadequate because when he was found, he only ruled one world, whereas others like Gulliman ruled empires and, 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 uh, and Ru- uh, not Russ, um, uh, Dawn. You know, they, they ruled whole empires and he also kind of questions himself, you know, if he had been discovered sooner, would his legion have been put through the ringer as much? Um, and it's basically him trying to show that he's better than any of his brothers, that he can be better than their attitude of blood and fire. Um, and he especially seems to be rankled by Russ. So yeah, sure. I think they're they're two very much opposite ends of the spectrum, aren't they? Those two. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cast of characters is also quite interesting, and you get some characters which come through from Josh Reynolds' Forty K Emperors books when he's done the the Lucius and the um the Fabius Bile books, and you get some that have come through from the the Big Black books as well. So the, there is a lot of building up of that of that Legion as well. 
Um, the story is very much a slow burn. Uh, there's a lot of world building. Um, the society that they're attempting to build in, to bring into compliance, you really, really get to know about it. Um, it, it's like Lorgar. They really build up that society and you, and you, and you, you know, it's more of a traditional science fiction book in terms of its world building than it is a Bolter Porn heresy, you know, a, a full, okay. you know, full Warhammer book. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's quite cool. And it's a bit of a cautionary tale about the dangerous of rec- the dangerous recklessness of hope. I can't remember writing half of this. <laughs> uh, the impossibility of utopia and that an enemy can actually hurt you despite your best laid plans. Um, it's a really smooth book. Um, it, and it helps you see how much better this Primark series has come after the very big disappointment of the first book. Um, and this series has really turned into essential reading now for the heresy. Yeah. And a little tidbit, the beginning features a bit of information about how many Primarchs have been discovered up until this point of the story and features an interesting interjection from one of them, which is really oh. interesting. Oh, I'm not going to spoil that one. I'm not going to spoil that one for anybody, but it, 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 there's just that little bit in the beginning of the book. It's like, whoa, we've just learned something about a character that we would never, that we've never learned before. Mm. So, see, I love the mystery. See, I love the missing Primarchs. I love the the mystery of those. So I hope it's something to do with those. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to comment. I know. I think you should. Re- I think you should read it. Are, if I do comment, it will spoil it. I'll, I'll uh, yeah. I'll. They're a never-ending enigma, those ones, aren't they? Because it's it's everybody wants to know. And obviously, games work deliberately. I wonder whether it was always set out to be as quite as um, well hidden as it has been. But they've obviously, from that point, have said actually this is you know, there's an air of mystique and and uh, uncertainty about these two missing legions, yeah. and we're just going to play on that forever. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's like when they trolled people with the. There was a, a an audio story about Malkador, um uh, a few years ago, um, and the Rosetta Stone, and they trolled people because the cover had Malkador holding two orbs with the, the 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 you know the Legion numerals of the missing legions. That's right. And I it was, was like, that oh, yeah, yeah. That was like are we going to find out about the missing legions? It was like, nope, nope, you're not. We're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna you know tease you, tease you, yeah. And it was a proper proper tease. Do you think they'll ever bring them back? Fundamentally, I mean, talking about forty k here, I suppose, because this is the only way they could bring them back. But what yeah. were they, what were they originally? It was the the Rainbow Warriors, and who was the other one? Um, I don't know what they were. One of them was the Rainbow Warriors originally in first edition. Yeah, I think the doesn't the the myth go well. The, the one of them was absorbed into the Ultramarines. Yes, and one was just wiped off the face of the galaxy. That yeah. was what's heavily implied, yes. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in the original first edition, you know, Rogue Trader fluff, uh, yeah. they, they named all the, le- the the first legions, and and one of them was the ra- was the Rainbow Warriors, and I can't I remember, remember the Rainbow Warriors. I can't sure. remember what the other one was, but it was something equally silly. What's wrong with the Rainbow Warriors? They're awesome. I love the as tech Warriors. as tech ninjas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I, I wish they did. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've seen some really cool uh, Rainbow Warriors. There's um, Louise Sugden, one of the painter army painters at Warhammer World. Um, she's she's been doing some Rainbow Warriors. Um, oh, right. What she's been showing off on Facebook, and they're really quite yeah, cool. cool. So, right, moving on. Um, so that's all the books covered. 
uh, that have been released this month. So we'll just run through the books that are coming up. Um, so obviously we've got Ferris Manus, the Gorgon of Medusa. The limited edition of that is due out on the 27th of January. But obviously some people have already got a hold of their copies from the uh, New Year's Open Day. Uh, I can't afford the limited editions. And to be honest, I prefer having having stuff on my um, on my Kobo. Because, you know, I'm, I'm all about the future. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, and then it's we've so got, much easier. Yeah, it is definitely so much easier because I can have my entire library on there, and plus it, it means I've got more room for models. Good plan. If I don't have real books, not that the girls <laughs> agree with me on that one. They're 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 all the same. But we want real books. Oh, there's something nice about having a book, an there actual is. physical book. I've, there is something nice, but I was running out of room. Oh, <laughs> I was Space running out of room for for for, for heresy books. And I just, and the short stories I was having, uh, I was getting sick and tired of reading them on the phone because it was hurting my eyes. Yeah. And I just bought for, you know, I'll buy an e-reader just for the short books. And you know what? It was so much better. And I just have it now. I just fair. take it along. Keeps me place. Cool. But, you know, each to their own. Yeah. Um, okay. So Burden of Loyalty, that's out on the 3rd of February. Um, that's a compilation of short stories and audio dramas. So it's got Perpetual. Um, it's got Binary Succession, Into Exile, Ordo Sinister, Heart of the Theros, Cybernetica, The Thirteenth Wolf, and Wolf King. Okay. Then in March, Jagatai Khan, The Warhawk of Chagoras, the limited edition. And then nice. April and Ferris. is Ferris, the non-limited edition. Okay. So that's that's books. Up until um, up until April that we know of. Oh, well, yeah. So oh, good. A few good ones coming up. So okay. So yeah, the, the one about Khan I'd like to read. Yeah, because he's he, he's a reasonably Cause... mysterious mm, primarch. Not I too think. much. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, there's only really on scars so far. For what I can... uh, Path of Heaven. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Path of Heaven as well. Um, but yeah, no, they, they haven't covered a massive great big deal about, about the Khan so far. And it would be yeah, quite no. interesting to see this, but apparently I think from the description, it takes part, uh, takes place during the, um, the time in which they were agreeing to form the, the librarius for the different legions. Oh, uh, right. Cause, yeah, cause he that? was good friends with, um, Magnus. Magnus. Yeah. Wasn't he? he was all... Yeah. And, and, and he and, he and uh, um, uh, Sanguinius and Magnus were the people who drove the, the idea of the Librarius. Oh, cool. So okay. uh, it'll well, be interesting, interesting to get a, a viewpoint on that. Because, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you, had, you had Primarchs like Mortarian who were like, nope, nope, we don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, shall we move on to our look at Centurion mode? Yeah, let's go for yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's do that. So, um, in this section, so one of the things we've been looking at doing is having a regular challenge for the three of us to uh, come up with some lists, really, um, and judge them all amongst ourselves. So, uh, last time we looked at, um, God, what did we look at? Oh, yeah, the, the book, book six, book Legions. Six, yeah. So, this was the White Scars, um, Dark Angels, and Blood Angels, and each of us came up with a list. So, this time we've decided to look at uh, Centurion mode. So, Centurion mode uh, is a, a sort of cut-down version of heresy, obviously using the same rules, but there are certain restrictions. So 
here's the sort of rough outline of who of what it is. This was actually put together by another um, sort of podcast, wasn't it? Or yeah, I horror in Australia. Yeah. So, um, so all credit to them for this. So, so basically, what they're saying um, is that it's you use the shadow war missions, which is interesting because the shadow war missions are very good, um, and it's at a point level of around fifteen hundred to two thousand points, and it's all about sort of smaller scale action, uh, insurgency, and tactical skirmishes. So that's kind of the narrative uh, bent for this, if you like. And the idea is what people try and do here is to replicate the feel of second edition, which was more skirmishy based. Um, you know, with individual models being the key. So in the, in, in Centurion mode, uh, some units are restricted. So, for example, tanks, flyers, drop pods, super heavies just aren't allowed at all. So no rhinos, nothing with the, with the tanks, vehicle-wise. And uh, you can have uh, bikes, attack bikes, jet bikes, artillery, monstrous creatures, leviathan, siege dreadnoughts, but they're all zero-one choices. So you can have uh, one lot of artillery, one monstrous creature, one Leviathan Siege Dreadnought in yep. your army, okay? Um, so we've, we've been looking at this for some time because we, we quite like the, the, the way this is going uh, in that regard and see what the, what the game's like. So when we first talked about this, it was like Michael and I would have a game um, and see how it goes. But then we decided to expand out a bit and to see what sort of lists we can come up with um, to, to sort of satisfy this criteria. So there are a couple of things that you'd be looking for in a Centurion list, I think. So you're looking for a, an army that's fun to play with, I think, and not necessarily there to sort of just smash people off the board because I think that's the spirit of this is more about having that sort of close encounter, um, skirmishy type of thing with um, units rather than, you know, big blast weapons taking off, you know, whole units at a time. So um, that seems to be the... Um, the main driver for it. So we've set ourselves a target of 1500 point armies for the three of us. And we're just going to try and uh, see which, which out of the three of us has got the best sort of encapsulation of the spirit of this particular thing. So like we did last time, it'd be about explaining the reasoning behind the choices that you've made. So, um, Michael and myself have both chosen armies that we have, because we're going to actually replicate this in a proper game. Whereas yep. Chris has yeah, been given out. Yeah, so Chris has been given absolute free reign to to carte to, to, blanche, carte blanche to try to to plumb the the height, the lows, the, the lows, and to saw the heights of the heresy world to come back with a fifteen hundred point centurion list. And I so, failed miserably. <laughs> basically, hit the middle ground. So, um, so that's the kind of the, the driver here. Um, so I can shall I start with mine? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so. What I've gone for is I've gone for my... Uh, I did think about doing my Iron Warriors originally, but I decided to go with my World Eaters because I, I quite like them, um, as I said earlier. And I think they've got a bit of character to them. So I'm slightly worried this might be a bit too powerful. So I think that I'm going to lose points here for being probably a bit on the strong side. I think my other th- my two uh, other uh, co-hosts will, will, will tear this one to bits. So so what I've gone for is a my almost auto-including every army that I have now uh, the Derrideo uh, Dreadnought. And I really like the Derrideo uh, because he's, I like the Las Cannons. It's, it's, it is pretty powerful. Strength 10, two shots uh, with Exoshock, just to deal with any, you know, any kind of armor that may have um, survived the cull effectively. Um, so that's the, given the Twin Link thing, and I've also given him the um, the missiles. Again, that does, they could be quite powerful in this kind of game. So fully expecting that to be uh, against me, but 
I love the model and I love how useful it is in the game. So it's a great thing for that. So um, I've gone for uh, Terminators again because that's what I've got. So I'm trying to replicate an army that I've actually got. So uh, what I've got is I've got um, two, three squads of Terminators uh, and they're all kind of armed slightly differently, but they're effectively the same thing. They're all cataphracti. They've all got a sergeant um, and some of them have got uh, chain fists. Some of them have got... Um, uh, lightning claws and some have got power fists so it's kind of combinations of the three they're all very similar um, and some of the sergeants have got thunder hammers and stuff like that so they're basically a, a unit that's that's there to um, withstand withering amounts of firepower and to get onto objectives and to you know crush all before it so I've got three squads of those for my troops so they're my compulsory troop choices from my um, master of the legion uh, so my HQ I've gone from my Praetor um, so obviously with Master of the Legion, uh, the Rite of War, and that's he's got uh, cataphractic armor again, um, melter bombs um, on foot, and he's got a Paragon blade uh, with digital lasers. So again, also pretty tough, actually quite a tough cookie for this kind of size game, I think. Um, so again, I'm expecting some some downsides on that one. Um, and then I've got my go-to other units, which is Dreadnoughts now. So uh, I've got some um, Contemptive, uh, quarters class dreadnoughts the cheap and cheerful versions so these are usually just flip outfit these with one with a chain fist one with a power fist and they're just going to run forward with the rest of the army to try and smash up a few units before they die in a blaze of uh, you know, uh vengeance filled fury so that's the, that's them um so that's it basically so two dreadnoughts three squads of terminators a derradeo and a praetor is my 1500 points fair enough yeah i think it might be a bit tough i'm not looking forward yeah. to seeing that just because of the sheer amount of two plus armor saves there's a lot isn't there just the the thing i have i mean yeah there's a it's a it's a tough nut to crack but also with the derrida i know you like it but once it's killed a dreadnought of which you're probably not going to see a lot of them anyway mm. are those last cannons going to be that cost effective no, absolutely not. It's a really good point, actually. Maybe you know, I'd be better off just taking a something like a uh, Keris pattern mortis or something like that. Yeah, just um, because yeah, they're, I know they're two shots, they're exo shot, but there are no tanks. You're so right. It's only it's only art dreadnoughts that you're going to be facing, and mm, you make a good m- point. At most, it's only going to be one or two. Again, you make an excellent point. So I think you you, you probably found a, a, a. I think it's just that it's like an auto include in all my armies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, 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 but you're absolutely I right. That. In this in this particular game, would it have been better to not spend the two hundred seventy points on this? But you know, I could have probably squeezed in um, at least one, if not two, dreadnoughts potentially if they were the sort of cheap knacker versions. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good point, actually, Chris. That you're you're right. It's not going to have too much to do because um, it's not going to be facing down, you know, Spartans or anything, which is what it's normally there to, to sort of deal with. So yeah, yeah, I totally accept that. It's a good point, well made. Um, but it's got to get where where it's got to go. It's got to get there on foot, I suppose, for my army. So that, I haven't got mass volumes of fire. Um, no, but so, you can you can get involved with pretty much anything with the rest of your. I think once it gets there, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's going to be how effective anybody else would be about shooting it up before it got to where it needed to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be the, the main challenge. But, 
you know, lining them up right on the edge of my deployment zone and getting them to charge forward would be the tactic here and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So Thanks. It's, it's tough. I, when I read, read it back, I thought, actually, I didn't think this was much of a list, but actually, when I look at it, given, like you say, the, what you can expect to see in return, that, that is a bit of a toughie. It's a very tough list. Yeah, because, I mean... Uh, I mean, I think um, Centurion mode, they've said it up to 2,000 points, yeah. and that's sort of the, the thing for it. So if you're doing it up to that, you might, um, you know, you might see reasons to take that. Yeah. Um, take that list. We we did it to the what they recommend as the smallest. True. Um, True. Yeah, and comparable with the three of our lists, it, it is, but... I think if you're going to do it, you know, a big event where everyone was doing 2,000 points, that it may sort of come out in the wash that perhaps your list is, is slightly more balanced in that way. Yeah, I think at the moment you're right, though. It's, well, it's. I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it encapsulates the spirit of the game, which was more around, you know, um, a, a more skirmishy based approach. It's. Yeah. It's. I suppose it will get up close and personal, so you will have that if you got two, sort of, close combat armies willing to go toe to toe. It would be good fun, but. Um, I think it might it might lose out just by the fact that it's the two plus armor is um it does make it much harder to deal with. Um yeah, I mean it's going to be the the Derrideo might actually be more useful in than you think because although I haven't got any speeders in here, you, your your land speeders are unrestricted. So that's true. If yeah. you want if you want heavy if you want something a vehicle other than dreadnoughts speeders. Yeah, there is that, I guess. I suppose the thing is that, that I wouldn't necessarily need strength 10 to take the speeders out. Like, say, Keris, you know, two Keris autocannons on a Contemptor, a normal Contemptor, mm. you know, or a Mortis Contemptor would probably deal with them quite effectively. And in um, our local but, meta, and I don't know about Chris's meta, you don't really have um, much in the way of land speeders. Very rarely see them. Yeah, I think exactly. you see, see the javelins, though, don't you, occasionally? Sometimes. I think Christian has got a couple yeah. of javelins. Um, yeah. But that's, I think he's the only person I've ever seen use javelin. Because um, they would be locally, a good unit anyway. this, wouldn't they? I mean, they would be a very effective unit, I think. Yeah. If I had some, I'd be bringing them. Yeah. Yeah. Just for those missile launchers. Yes. Yes. And they can, uh, they've got a scout as well, don't they? Yes. Uh, Actually, I'll have a look. Fast. They've got deep strike. Yeah. Uh, fast skimmers, they haven't got scouts okay. at all. Oh, why did I think they've got a scout? Land speeder, yeah. yeah they javelin. Got... No, no, the javelin. Oh, sorry, I don't uh, Outflank. There yes. we go, yeah. That was it. Because they always uh, outflank. I was playing an Emperor's Children player down at uh, Cardiff uh, when we went a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, I, 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 got, I got knackered by a couple of outflanking. Um, Javelins were last cannons. Mm. That came yeah. right, up, right up next to my Medusas. Um, that's right. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's Goodbye, Medusas. Yeah, definitely. So they are a useful unit. Anyway, I get what you're saying. I think maybe other a, a normal dreadnought, maybe even a box dread, if you if I had one, would be quite a good little addition to this army. I think if you were going to go for a, that I real have a second dread for heresy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone always you know, laughs at it when I bring it out, but. They do, don't they, really? But, I mean, they must have been as prevalent as the Contemptors, but obviously the Contemptors are obviously plastic and cheap, I suppose. But, you know, you don't see many... I can't remember a time when I've seen any other than in 
um, one Newton's um, eight, uh, all the ancients, all the dreadnoughts list. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff. So anyway, so that's where it is. I think it may fall down points-wise. I think it's an effective army. I think it would do okay, um, but I don't think it necessarily captures the spirit of the of the piece. Yeah. Okay. So shall I go for mine, seeing as you will be facing it? Yes. Um, okay. So I have started off with a delegatus. Okay. Um, so what I'd say points, um, and he's given me the Logos Luctora as my right of war. Which is? Uh, it is the uh, one that gives me counterattack or re-roll, re- re-roll my, um, my um, what you call it, uh, charges. Okay, or right, yeah. Overwatch at BS2. But why would you Overwatch at BS2? I don't, I don't see the point in that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, Ooh, that's very useful, isn't it? Yeah, so, that means you're hitting on fives, not sixes. Yeah, but... In, in Overwatch? Would you rather okay. have counterattack? Ooh, it depends. Yeah, if you had a shooty army, you probably would want the the former. But you're right. If you have people who can attack in close combat, you'd yeah. want counter attack. So I've given him a boarding shield, um, a combi weapon, um, specifically a combi volkite, mm. uh, and I've given him a thunder hammer. Very good. Uh, then I had to take a master of signals as the second uh, HQ because of the right of war. Yeah, because I've given him artificer armor, so that's a nice um, orbital bombardment. Oh, suits you, sir. <laughs> yep. So um, <laughs> then I've taken harsh, my first true choice. <laughs> I I, take it I've taken. Yeah, uh, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before yeah. you skim over this very quickly, orbital <laughs> <Mr. laughs> bombardment. Yep. To remind our, our listeners what an orbital bomb strike from a uh, master signals is capable of inflicting upon individuals. So this is D three large blast strength eight AP three. Barrage. Yeah. Is it not? Okay. Now, you're right insofar as it wouldn't necessarily affect me too much because of all my Terminator armor, but anybody else who's just thinking, hey, I'm going to run my uh, my lovely tactical squad across the... Oh, no, they're gone. No, they're dead. Well, one, one, <laughs> one reason for taking this, uh, one reason why I don't think it's so bad is okay. specifically because Centurion Road is designed to be played on board with a lot of scenery. Okay. So very well. Oh, good counter. So there's going to be there's going to be a lot of cover, cover saves. Cover saves. Touche that man. I don't know yes. about you, but I've never found the orbital bombardment to be have been that massive game breaking for me. Um, I found it incredibly useful. But then again, it's my luck. Yes, there but, is that. You have to hit. That's the key. You have to hit with the first shot. That's absolutely crucial. But what it is great for, what I use it a lot for, is counter artillery. So, for example, Phosphex and the like, um, it's it's really great for taking them out because obviously they have to be fairly close together to maintain unit currency. Um, and also you can outrange them because obviously the, the range of a um, orbital bombardment is unlimited, whereas the range of a Phosphex shell is 36 inches. So mm-hmm. it does give you a chance to, you know, rain down some hell to fit out some um, some guns that way. So it's very good for that. So I've had a lot of success with it doing just that. Mm. Not so much against taking out vehicles with it because because you're doing multiple barrage with the big blast template. I always find that actually one blast template generally will cover most of a vehicle. But if it scatters the second or third shot, if you get three shots, the, t- the other two shots very rarely actually then clip the vehicle unless you roll hits again. So it can be a bit hit and missing quite literally in that regard. Yeah. 
yeah definitely so yes but it, it, but it is i think it's it's a great little 90 points for anti um potentially taken out of phosphate squad yeah or dealing with um a, a, a derradale Absolutely perfect for doing <laughs> every that. day of the week. <laughs> so, on to my troop choices. I take a, a Butcher Siege, Siege Squad um, with two Graviton guns. Class. And a Vexelia. Um, yep. And I put a Breacher Charge on the Sergeant. Um, Which we talked about the other day, didn't we? So, yeah. Breacher Charges are one shot, like six inch range, aren't they? Or? So it's, a, uh, it's a small blast template. Small blast template from your guy. Yeah, onto so good for. Um, okay, so we then good for scattering back onto him. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> then I did want to take an assault squad, but I couldn't squeeze it in, so I've taken two combat squads. Uh, sorry, tactical squads, um, mm-hmm. all with additional combat weapons. Artificial armor on the um, sergeants, yes, and, and I've given one a plasma, one sergeant a plasma pistol, and one sergeant a power fist. Yeah. Uh, then I've taken a support squad with volkite charges. Oh, you're a bad man. Actually, Volkite charges are 15 inch range, aren't they? Uh, the little inch. ones. 18 inch range, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then I've taken two Contemptor Cortices. The default, if you want to take a Contemptor yep. on the cheap. Yep. yep. One with a Kerry's Assault Cannon Good and choice. one with a Multi Melter. Okay. <laughs> I think I would always. I mean, it's it's cheap, isn't it? The multi melter. I think the multi melter is free, and I've got yes. a model with a multi melter on it. So that, that wins um, every day of the week. So it it's there. It's done. Otherwise, yes. I would have taken. <laughs> I, I think I would have preferred the heavy bolter, but I don't have a heavy bolter caught uh, um, contemptor lying around for my um for for my um ultra um, See, I would then, never take. I don't think I'd ever take a heavy bolter. I've got to be honest. It's. I would take a Keras assault cannon, and I would probably then take the Volkite that you've got um, already. But heavy bolter doesn't. Tell me why I should be taking a heavy bolter? Because I mean, I just don't see it. If I'm honest with you, or not on the dreadnought. It depends what you want the dreadnought to do. Now I've got okay. one on my Space Wolf contender, which I've I seen that up this month. Yeah. And the reason I've put it on there is a, I think it looks cool. Um, B, um, that dreadnought is going to go in a drop pod. And his job is to charge something. Well, he's going to go in a, uh, probably a dread claw. And his oh, job yeah. is to get in and charge something. I can't, I yep. didn't want to spend too many points on him because ah, his yes, job is to point. do something and then die. Yes. So I've given him a chain fist and a heavy bolter to keep it cheap. So he'll land, fire yeah, off okay. his head. So he'll, you know, the, the, the drop pod will come in, spend a turn, you know, doing whatever. Then he'll charge out of it. Um, heavy bolter to do some, to, to, to soften whatever it is up a bit and then chain, chain fist. So it's a sacrificial unit. I yep. wanted to keep it nice and cheap. Cheap chips. Yep. And that's his job. Get in. Okay, fair play. Do some stuff. And that's, I think, is a good reason to have a uh, to have a heavy bolter on her. But generally speaking, I would agree with you. There's okay. not a massive amount of reasons to take a um, a heavy bolter on a on a contender. They look cool, though. Yeah. Like you say, they do look really. Yeah, cool. it's a, with the big barrels and the big, big sculpts. Yeah. And now my really naughty thing. Okay. Not Korax. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's utter blight. Utter blight. No. No. Couldn't take him. Go on. What is it? Quad launcher support battery. There we go. There we go. Free there we go. We're shatter shells. Wow. <laughs> now we see the, the dark side. <laughs> so these don't have... 
Don't have phosphorus. That's, no. that's, that's something. That's, that's something. But we're still talking significant volumes of fire with these things. So what these are great for is volume of fire, I think. You know, you get 12 blast templates. You know, you're not repositioning them like you did with the cool Phosphex thing. But, you know, if you get the first one, you're going to get 12 pretty much on something else. You know, you're going to put a lot of wounds on them because they're strength five. Yeah. Um, and they've got a rubbish AP, but just sheer volume of fire for these things, they can really kick out some significant wounds if you're not careful. So they are. that's a powerful unit. Yeah, that's yeah. Shatter shells, of course, are also strength eight, aren't they? Yes. So those are, but these are direct firing ones, and they're four. Is it four shots per per gun for shatter shells? I can never remember what the rules are. Yeah, four shots. So that'd be twelve strength eight shots at mid, mid dreadnoughts or mid deradeo. <sighs> Nasty business. <laughs> he's not he's not messed about he's not messing about is he? he's he's, he's taken taken me to task okay so i think that's that is a powerful that's, powerful yeah. piece of work yes, go on but i'm aware it? i'm aware it doesn't it doesn't meet the spirit entirely you, you were doing all right up until then yeah you had it you, you, well, oh yeah sounds good oh no Oh, yeah, the, uh, I wasn't sure what else to squeeze in, to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, I suppose if you if you were playing me, you'd think I know what that overpowered power gamer. Well, I'd already seen you taking all those terminators. Yes, I'm gonna have to do something about <laughs> yeah. it, and that means I'm gonna have to put in something equally as unpleasant to deal with it. So okay. I the arms race right there, people. Right that, there. Is, that is basically how these things start, isn't it? And you end up next next thing you know, you're buying war war warlord titans. And I was it's actually not struggling a, not to make up points. I was actually struggling to make up the points at this point. Okay, fair enough. So um, but, it was sort of like, yes, it's very strong, but at the same time, it means I'm not leaving a massive amount of points you can, unused. You can give us your excuses all you like. It's it's fine. We wouldn't think any <laughs> any less of you for it. I, I don't think it's necessarily as strong as my list, if I'm honest. Um, I think that you, you you captured the spirit, certainly, and your troop choice is probably better than I did. Um and, you know, you've gone for Delegatus, which is a, a, a cheaper and less OP unit than the Praetor, because the Praetor is obviously a, a step above that, I think, in terms of yeah. damage dealing. So I think between the two of us, I think yours may be... And also you had a lot of variety, which I probably haven't got a great deal of variety in the stuff that I've taken. There seem to be quite a lot of different unit types as well. Mm. So there'd be lots of different rules, which is good. Yeah, it makes it yeah. a bit more interesting. Yeah, I did, I did, wanna, I did do like to have something different. As I said, yeah. if I could have, if I could have had a support, uh, an assault squad in place of one of those tactical squads, I would have. Yeah. But yeah. the points just didn't work out. Yeah, because that is quite an expensive unit, isn't it? Well, Two hundred points base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and I think to so deal far with the, to deal with those terminators, I was going to have to take melter bombs. Wouldn't necessarily help you, but yes, I mean melter bombs are probably a good choice on those anyway. Just, I mean, it's only. I mean, what, Breacher squads can take them for next. Is it them that take them for next? Yeah, they can take them for 50 points. 50, is it 25 or 50 points? It's one, yeah, it's, it's something, but it's not a lot. Okay, cool. But I, I didn't take metal bombs, did I? Very good. Don't think I did. No, I didn't take metal bombs. Oh. Okay. Just graviton right. guns. I, yes, which is, again, a, a slightly different take on things. You don't see them. In fact, they're the only unit that can take them in the game, aren't they? Yeah. No, you can have, a support squad can take them. Can they? Can yeah, you can have a uh, graviton gun support squad. Well done. I've got ten. Gra- I've got ten graviton guns. I've never worked out <laughs> exactly. what I can do with them. 
Are you sure? Uh, I'm going to have a look now. You, no, you, they can't. No, it isn't. Flamers, melter guns, plasma guns, rotor cannons, Volkite cadavers, Volkite chargers. Oh, yes. I thought someone could take. I thought they could, I could have sworn uh, they could take graviton. According to Battlescribe, which I'm no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's. Let just, let's just check the red book while I'm. Oh, I've got it here. While I'm thumbing. Why would they sell it in packs of ten then? So I can only assume. When you already from... get two with breaches. <laughs> is it just? Is it for when yeah, they used to have them in forty k? When you could take them. Yeah, oh, they don't, don't have. Know. They don't have gravcans. No, they don't. Mm. No, sorry, mate. I thought you could. No. Like I say, rotors, Volkites, the two Volkite, char- the, the, the charge and the caliber, plasma gun and melter gun. Yeah. Goodness me. I don't know what other units can take them, Mike. Thought we veteran squad, maybe. Or... Oh, that's yes, possibly. Okay. Mm. Uh, we're all. Frantic- it is a school date, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Frantically checking through the books. <laughs> nope. No, no, you're not wrong. I think yeah. it is just breaches. The only ones that I've ever seen with them. Well, I'm sure people will write in and tell us when we, if we got it wrong. Yeah. Well, sure. That's the only unit that can take graviton guns. It's destroyers or seekers or something. Breaches can. Destroyers can't. Just a look. And recon units. Nope. Nope. All the, uh, what about um, heavy support squads? Oh, yeah. Uh, they might, on an off chance. But not quite sure, anyway. Actually, they're pretty good. I mean, Graviton guns are pretty good, actually. I mean, heavy one blast, right. con- concussion, Graviton pulse, and haywire. 18 inch range. That's pretty, pretty mental, actually. Yeah, it's the same as only one unit can take them. Yeah, well, but uh, they can only take two. And they already yeah. get one in the pack for every five. Yeah. So yeah. why would but they that's... sell... Yeah. Hmm. You, already get, you already get one in one in a pack uh, with them. I think you do. Do you? Okay. I so I've totally... one in the pack with mine. Okay, uh, well, okay. I, so, so, yeah. I have, I have ten if you're going to build, you know, 50 units, 50 models of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been under the impression that, uh, that, that they can be taken by support squads. Mm. Nope. Okay. Sorry for that. Uh, all right. So, what about you, Chris? What's your list? Right. Then? Oh, yes. That's this is the wild card. This is the wild card entrant. I went Night Lords. An interesting, really interesting choice because we don't hear enough about the Night Lords. Though I just so I was looking. I was just looking at the. Uh, I went to the missions first. That's where I started. Uh, good, good shout. And I kind of. Uh, you know, you've got uh, they're hunted. You know, they're all quite physical missions, as it were. I mean, it's all about getting involved. Um, so I went, I I went to the Night Lords, and that's where I I thought, yep, yeah, these are the these are the guys for my Centurion list. So my army is as follows. So I've yeah. got a Delegatus, yes, with a jump pack, melter bombs, pair of lightning claws. Nice. And classic look for a classic look, and um, trophies of judgment. Which what do they do? Do you know? So they give. Uh, they mean that he has the fear special rule. Cool. So nice little thing for them to have. Yeah, useful. Uh, getting fear in there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I then took two assault squads. <coughs> um, 
with melter bombs, a sergeant with a pair of lightning claws, mm-hmm. two power axes, and I've got two squads identical. So, yeah. and this is a very small list because I, I love a niche list. Have they got jumpers? Uh, these guys. They, yes, of course. Uh, yeah. squads. Yeah. Um, where are we? Sorry. Uh, two night raptor squads a huntsman with a pair of lightning claws and melter bombs (coughs) and then the rest of the squad have got lightning claws so that's two five man squads all with lightning claws and last but not least a leviathan a leviathan Oh, it's gone, gone big! It's gone big for the end. The end. Absolutely. Uh, with a siege claw to fit in with the rest of the gang. Yeah. And the um, storm cannon. Good choice in this. Just because I don't have a lot of shooting in this army. In fact, I've got zero shooting in this army, other than him. Uh, so that was my. Well, you've got bolt pistols on the assault squad. Yeah, I know, but I haven't got anything that can deal with. Derrideos and you know, Cortis Pan Dreadnoughts. Apart from apart from, apart from twenty melter, melter bombs. bombs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I looked at. I thought, for what the missions are. Yeah. I thought it would be quite. So you have a huge advantage there because you, all of your stuff's going twelve inches. Yes. Yeah. I would. I would have very little chance against your Terminator heavy list because nothing other than the four power axes. Nothing else is AP2. So I'm only relying on volume of attacks to kill your guys. And the Night Raptor squads are really cool, actually, because when they charge, they don't get one attack. They get D3 extra attacks. Ooh. Right. So that's quite a cool little thing. So you're always going to be hoping to get, you know, two, three attacks every turn. Yeah. um, On top of the the one. So that's why they're... I took two small squads, relying on the fact that they can easily chuck out twice as much so uh, every, all damage. Of them, and then both, all of them got two lightning claws, the night hunters. Uh, yeah, the night, night, the night raptors. raptors. So yeah, the whole two attacks because they have two specialist weapons. Two, yeah, of course. And then, yeah, extra D3 oh, attacks. Charging. Yeah. yeah. So could, in the turn with, yeah, so the, they've got the onslaught special rule, which is in a turn which a model with this rule charges into combat, it gains D3 extra attacks rather than the usual plus one. In the oh. case of a unit with multiple models of this rule, roll once and apply the result to each okay, model. Okay, right. Not for, that's a one off roll. You don't apply for each individual person. So that's no, cool. No, no. So, um, but yeah, I just thought, because I, I like that a lot. I, I'm, I think it's. The, the ability to sh- to move really quickly in a game where there's no transports would be a would be a big advantage. See the thing that looking through the missions, which was mm. so with your dread with your Terminator list, you'd have to have you couldn't have them. You'd have an, a disadvantage if you have them in cataphracti armor because they can't run. Because no, because they can't sweeping advance. That's true. And in a good number of the Shadow War missions, if you sweeping advance an army, that's an additional victory point. Eek. So <laughs> if I'm playing against the, another Marine army without Terminators, I mm-hmm. kill that unit and I get an additional point if I sweeping advance them. Yep. Whereas, so I, there's a better chance of, of point mm. accumulation. Ooh, well, for out. 
Yeah, there was a. Yeah, I've not you know, tried to power game it because I think it's also quite a fun little list. I think it's a it's a very it's an interesting. It'd be very different to what we'd you'd see normally. I think, which is good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's why that's why it's the very wild different. card. Mm. I like it. I like it as well, actually. Um, I don't wonder whether the Leviathan's worth it though. Whether you might want to, because he's going to kind of stomp along, isn't he? And you're right; he does give you some shooting, but it doesn't give you enough shooting. Yeah, I'm. Rel- There's a lot of cover in the yeah used in these games, so he's really just there to deal with. If if I come across something nasty, then got oh, yeah. And just sort of marine Yeah. 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 Because again, yeah, someone has got a a dreadnought down there. Um, It's only those two assault squads that can really. The other guy, the Night Raptors have got one melted bomb guy in each of them. Yeah. It's only the assault squads that can multi multi go for it. I mean, interesting enough. And also, he'd be quite, I think he'd be quite a cool addition to the. Because you only take one. Yeah, of them. True. That's quite, quite good. Quite I guess if you, if you, if I wonder though, if you had a spare elite slot, I'm not sure if you get another, if you got one, but yeah, I reckon it's better value to get two quarters contempted dreadnoughts with close combat weapon than it is the Leviathan because it's, I think the Leviathan, just the basic one that you've got there, still rocks in at 250 odd points, doesn't he? Oh, he's no, he's more than that. Yeah, he's inexpensive. Three hundred and something. Three hundred. Yeah, he's. If you give him uh, the phosphate discharge and what have you. Yeah, armored ceramite. He's three hundred and fifteen. Yeah, that's right. Whereas two Corvus Naka dreadnoughts is two hundred and seventy points. I think or maybe yeah, two, maybe, maybe two eighty. So I've thought actually, you know what? If I'm going to use a thing for close combat, dreadnought close combat would have been better off with two Naka dreadnoughts, which would be six whole points technically. Between yeah. the two of them, and then have to split the split the shoot shots up. I always um I've had a long and hard think about whether it's worth taking a Leviathan for close combat when you can do the same job. Not as well, it must be said, because obviously the the weapon skill is not as good, the initiative is not as good on the charge, and the number of attacks I don't think are as good. Um, so and it hasn't got the four plus save it's, which the the Leviathan it, has. It's also the fact that he has that you take that Leviathan storm cannon. Yes. That's the but, thing, because it's a good multi-purpose. It's not bad. Thunder, it's, it's, it's got a strength seven, strength seven, AP three, six shots, and yeah, like I said, it's got thunder. Yeah. So I'm light yeah. armor. I can deal with. Yep. Um, I can deal with infantry pretty much. Again, it's not going to do a lot against your terminators, but you know, most things it's going to be able to to at least help me with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I think the storm. The storm cannon is a, is a good choice there. Um, whether the melter one might be better for dealing with terminators, but because um, that's a blast template, isn't it? If I remember rightly, the cycle uh, can't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately. Let's have a look. Yeah. Okay. Seriously, but that, yeah, so, that's, that that was me. I went. I decision time then. Card. So, so Michael, what's your uh, what's your apart from your own? Who would you say is? encapsulated the spirit of the game best it's a tough one because obviously a leviathan and a uh <laughs> yes and terminators um mm. 
I think I'd have I to only go have with, one Leviathan. I think I'd have <laughs> to go with Chris simply on the basis of he's identified the biggest issue that I, I can think of, which was I had some concerns that a six by four board might be quite a lot for foot slogging units. But I think Chris has kind of looked that and dealt with it because he's got his um he's got all jump pack units there. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that was So I think yeah. I think Chris has probably got, in my opinion, the best list there. Um Yeah, and also he's looked at them, got the army and kind of thought about the missions, which I didn't really do to be honest with you. I was just like generic army list. So yeah, I think that's definitely another plus. So if I was gonna do the same between you and Chris, I would go with Chris for that reason. I you know, we've got two generic lists because obviously we could only got what we've got. Whereas I think Chris has made a list that would fit this style of play particularly well. Yeah, I think if I was, I mean, I, I could, I don't know, if I was doing one for my Imperial Fist, it probably wouldn't look massively dissimilar to either of your two lists. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, the, the cast toes would just be. Yeah, two models and a, a shield, shield Yeah, captain. like, uh, yeah, shield caption and. And fifteen custodes. So, yeah. um, the fact that I could just go and uh, play with play with the you know, the, the toy box, as it were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that does definitely give you an advantage there in that regard. But it's good that you spent the time to do research as well. So, I would say between the two of you, like I say, Michael's list was was less evil than mine, but the the um, the guns in, the guns of Navarone uh, lurking at the bottom did knock it down a peg or two. But um, I think that yeah, in terms of that army kind of has a theme to it. You know, it's all about speed and terrorizing people with your lightning claws. So yeah, I'd go with Chris on this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I was going to choose between you two, I'd probably go with Michael. Yes. Just because oh. a, you're my brother and yes. B the, uh, that's a lot of terminators for. Yeah. Okay. So this, we'll this week's a poll. Yeah. Yeah, we can do, but I think so. Our general views are, that Chris wins this one with his with his very innovative Night Lords uh, army. Uh, Michael comes in second, and I'm lurking in the in the depths at third mm. again. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Who wow. won the first one? Michael did. was his did. Yeah. his uh, ever popular Blood Angels. Oh yes, that's why that was horrible excellent. Blood Angels list. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so we can put this to a poll and see what the the three or four people listening to this think and. Um, hopefully they'll let us know if we've if we've judged it right yeah, yeah we shall uh, look forward to hearing from you okay definitely. so uh all right so we'll move on to the upcoming events Okay, so we've been asked to give a few shout-outs for some events. Um, so we've got them here. As always, there is a uh, list of events on our website. Um, so we'll uh, have a look at these ones. So we've got, um, first of all, 2nd of February, um, the Fracture of Illyria, which is uh, a Warhammer World event. But it's not run by Warhammer World. It's actually run by Crusade and Heresy, the Facebook group. But it's their pre-weekender, um, um, Friday, all-day event. It's free. People just turn up, have a few games. It's 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 our eat. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously the, the there's there's not that much, you know, time for open for gaming at the weekender. There are there are yeah. gaming tables there, but most people have turned up for the seminars and to speak to the people. You know, oh, so yeah. um, that 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 is happening on the Friday. 
Um, so obviously a lot of people travel from overseas for it as well. So, you know, they want to get a game in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there is on the 3rd of March, a Horus Heresy narrative event down in Brighton. Um, yep. yeah, the, uh, the King and Queens. Yes, yeah. that's right. Uh, then, the, yes, yeah, sorry. That's the Brighton Warlords. Brighton Warlords, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Brighton Warlords. And then on the uh, 10th of March, there is Betrayal at Warball Games in Kent. It's all down uh, south. Yeah, it's all down, down south. south. Then 23rd of March, it's Company of Legends. Which we'll give it a isn't down south. A slight update after this. It uh, really isn't. It isn't, no. <laughs> then the 12th of May, there is Fratricide at Taras, uh, which is run by King Fluff, I believe, uh, and that's in Staffordshire. Okay. Yep. Cool. So northwest. Uh, right? Yeah. No, that's the Midlands. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you've got thirteenth of May. You've got the battle for Re- Remedium Alpha, which is being run in Cardiff. Um, who's oh running, right. Yeah. Who's running that? Element Games. Um, Firestorm. Tabletop. Games, yeah. Games. T- tabletop games. Yeah. It's tabletop banter's running that. Okay. Right. So I thought that was them. Um, then you've got the London Heresy on the nineteenth of May. Which also Yay. clashes. We'll, we'll all be there. It also clashes yep. with the FA Cup final and, and the royal wedding. Business. Yeah, that, that little royal but, wedding. But the royal wedding is taking place in Windsor, not in yes. London. Yes, they can get the hell out of Dodge. Right, they knew we were coming. Yeah, yeah. And then on the 9th of June in Surrey is the Spartanax Sedition. Uh, it's mm. run by the Surrey Spartans. Uh, that, that again, the, the event pack for that looks very good. Um, there's a Facebook group for that, so have a look uh then legion of lies on the 24th of june are running the campaign for furos in colchester which i'm thinking of going down for because okay. that's not too far from my parents very good so okay. that might be quite cool uh then on the 7th of july there's path to confrontation uh 2018 and that's in chichester so, which is literally seven yeah. minutes from my house you have no excuses yeah, yeah i do because it's a saturday Oh yeah, fair and play. I I work Saturdays, but uh, I I will look at my work rotor tomorrow uh, when I'm back in, yeah, and just see if I can scoot that one off because that'd be uh, yeah. yeah. And then on the 28th of July, there's Call to Arms two, uh, the Niblium Salvation in Eastbourne. Um, oh, bloody South Coast Central, isn't it? Oh, definitely. You, you moved to the wrong end of the country. I totally did, didn't I? Southcoastheresy.com. There's a lot going down there, and that's Eastbourne Elementals. I think we sp- you two spoke about maybe going to that last time. It's at the um, yeah. the Junction Pub in Polgate. Okay, right. Yes. You, you two mentioned you might, mm, you might team up. Yeah, we, we sort of... We looked at the, yeah. Yeah, and then the 18th of August, yeah. there's the Iceni Schism in Norwich. Right. Um, Norwich is nice. I like Norwich. I, I grew up in Suffolk, even though I'm a Geordie. Okay. Um, so I don't like Norwich. Uh, of course you don't. <laughs> okay. Which is... Um, yeah. But no, no. Conflict Norwich apparently is a very good club. They're also holding it at a scout centre, but not an overnight scout uh, place. So, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> yep. We've got an advantage over them there. Uh, then the 15th of September, there's the Horus Heresy Campaign Weekend at Warhammer World. Yes. Yep. And finally, the twenty eighth of November, uh, September. Sorry, there's Company of Legends Special Ops in Durham. So of course, that's that. our, our part two. So, looking at those, I'm I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of dates here. So March is out, we're away. May we're doing yeah, London. London. So the July ones, 
one of those two southeast ones. Chichester or Eastbourne? Oh, Eastbourne. I think Chichester would be easier because it's just down the road from you. Yeah, you, yeah, you could. Yeah. Mm. Roving reporter. Very well. I'm. Trying, I'm thinking. I'm, I might come down. Yeah, and also we could drag a other person with us. We could, couldn't we? And yeah. say you're going to then learn free this the game. free the bird and one because it's just like literally on Up your doorstep. Down exactly. Yeah. Okay. Model models included. Yes. No excuses. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. So if you are doing and you listen to this, I very much like that path to confrontation. Uh, we might be interested in coming to pay you a visit, complete with all of our paraphernalia and the hordes of screaming fans, or not. Oh dear. We'll pay some. <laughs> okay, so the other events just... that um, were announced, um, these were all um, at, at Warhammer Open Day. Um, they announced their big event schedule for the year of, of the major events. Um, they've got on the 12th to the 13th of May, we've got Warhammer Fest uh, at the Rioc Stadium in Coventry. Oh, yeah. I actually enjoy going to that one. I know it's mostly, you know, it's mostly their other games, but it's actually quite enjoyable. Yep. Um, So I'm definitely going to try and go this year because it's not the weekend before the UK Games Expo again. Right. So I might be able to convince the wife to drive me down. Mm. Um, Or maybe a pass me driving test before then. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, And then on the 16th of June is Black Library Live at Warhammer World. Are you going to go to that one, do you think? Um, I want to go to that one, but yeah, it yeah. always sells out quite quickly. Got you. I do enjoy okay. the books. Um, yes, you do. I, I, do, I do quite want to go to that one, because I can't do the, the Black Library Weekender, but right. I, I, I could probably do this one, because okay. the Black Library yeah. Weekender is a lot more expensive. Um, oh, right. Then on the 16th of July, I'm probably going to try and go, I'm definitely going to try and go to this one, is the Forge World Open mm-hmm. Day, where we yeah, will get lots of heresy stuff. Um, that's at Warhammer World. Then we should go to that, shouldn't we? I'm trying to think. One of us, at least. One of us would need to attend that. I can go. Well, I, I'll, okay. I, I, I will speak to the missus later, and I will right. say, right, can you drive me on the 16th of July to Warhammer well, World? Or can you, uh, you know, give me some money to help me with my driving lessons so I can go <laughs> myself? Because um, well, I am, I am going to go through my driving lessons. This, this uh, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get past my driving test this year. Okay. Uh, I, I, I can drive. I just need to pass a test. Uh, <laughs> so I'm probably going to do one of those intensive courses over like two weeks or something. Okay, got you. Uh, so- okay. Then in August, they've got a new event for this year. Um, they've got um, 20, the 18th, 19th of August, Warhammer Fest Europe, um, which is in Dusseldorf. Hold the phone. European travel. <laughs> I'm not doing that one, but um, it's obviously some people will might want to go to that one. They used to have a Ford World Open Day in Amsterdam about this time. Um, they didn't last year. I don't think they did the year before. Um, but um, obviously, there may be some reveals there. Then the 22nd mm. of September, there's a new, another new event: the Autumn Open Day uh, at Warhammer World. Okay. So, and then finally, the 24th to the 25th of November, it's the Warhammer 40k open day at Warhammer World. Okay. So all of those are events that we could potentially get some heresy uh, goodness revealed at. Yes, that's true. And also, actually, I suppose we haven't got, um, we got to September, but the November event that we went to this year, which um, Blood and Glory was good, wasn't it? Blood and Glory. I haven't got dates for that yet. 
they haven't given okay. dates out for that yet. Fair uh, okay. uh, and there are events that are obviously are going on, like <coughs> the 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 um the 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 thirty k frontier one that's happening this weekend. I haven't named those things simply because you can't get tickets for them. There's no point yeah. naming an event you can't get tickets for. Well, Absolutely. company of legends I named, but <laughs> that's because it's ours. Uh, okay, so quick update on that company of legends. So the event pack's been finished after a bit of a delay, and it's now available to download from our website. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. Um, we've now settled on, well, at least I've settled on. I haven't really gone through this with Graham and stuff yet. What we're going to do with the events, but we're going to, everyone's going to get a folder with their name on it, in which we'll be yeah. building up as the weekend goes on. Uh, we blatantly copied this idea from 30k Frontier. And when we give yep. out the packs, initially it'll contain the background fluff of the event and copies of the army list for the participants. Though I need to figure out a format to keep that quite compact. So oh, as yeah. the weekend goes on, We'll print off on our, our yes. fancy uh, laser printer that we bought. Um, yes. That's uh, portable. We'll print off the missions and the results. So when they go away at the end of the weekend, they'll have this folder that will unfold the story of what went on, and it'll show the missions that we played and the um, and and the armies that they played and the results and all sorts. So oh, I wish I was playing this thing now. It's, we're doing the same <laughs> thing in September. Don't worry. <laughs> And yeah, so that's this is a classic. This is a great idea, actually. And we've been working on the the narrative. Because obviously, we want to try and build the story as we go. And how can we, yeah. you know? And so we've kind of been doing generic-ish narratives where we can fill in certain uh, changes and things as the game changes. So yeah. it yeah. should be good if, if it all works. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm also going to start some work on some audio visual bits. So when we when we put up, hopefully, we're going to get a uh, projector so we can brief out the missions uh, i'm going to see if we can do some recordings to to, to and, and turn them into mechanicum adepts or something um saying you know stuff what's going on um, yeah that would be cool as well. see if we can sex up those mission briefings i can do a really good sean connery if you need someone to, to do a sean connery <laughs> go on then give me sean connery no no not not right now maybe another time <laughs> <laughs> It was another time. Okay, so uh, that's... A Russian that's... submarine commander. <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. All right, so that's, it. Uh, that's, that's, that's it for <laughs> the event. job. Indeed. We'll have to uh, figure out some way of using that somehow. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I... we'll uh, move on to close the show then. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. That was the first episode of the second year of the show. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. Um, we look forward to hearing from all of you. Um, you guys have enjoyed it, I hope? No, I haven't. Yeah. No, Michael. <laughs> oh, well, there's always one. We can't can't please them all, is there? That's what you said to say. Corax Utterbite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been, actually, it's been a very revealing first episode of the thing. <laughs> Who knows what happens this time next month? <laughs> It's finally oh, yeah. sold his soul to Slanish. So, yeah, all, all sorts of weirdness. Um, but yeah, please feel free to uh, obviously review us on iTunes, follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Instagram. Um, keep an eye on the YouTube channel because uh, obviously, I don't know if you guys are planning on recording your Centurion game, but uh, maybe that's something to. Not a bad idea, actually. To think about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want uh, to do that, Graham? Yeah. Yeah, we can do. It's yeah. going to be just making sure we can do it at, um, if we can't do it at Durham, if whether we can do it at uh, Justin's place. Well, I'll, I'll check with Justin. That might be easier to do than uh, doing it in the evening. Because Phil actually wants to, to talk to us about um, doing some doing some battle reports for Batman and 
stuff at the club. Oh, right, so, okay. Well, cool. talk, talk to me anyway, because... Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what you're doing. I'm just there for the good looks and... Just, you're the talent. Glyph, glyph, yeah, yeah, he, he's virtually, most certainly the talent. So anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely the yes. talent. He, he, he so brings Frank's the sexy. Yeah. Yes, for, for a particular demographic. <laughs> <laughs> so... All in all, good show. Um, let's say thanks very much for listening. And uh, we shall, actually next month, we've got some other challenges that we're going to do. So we think, I think next month, our Top Gear Challenge, I'm going to make an arbitrary decision about this one and say that we are all going to have to submit ultramarine armies, except for Michael. Right. Because <laughs> it would be too easy. But uh, somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was, and I'll have to name check the right person, said, how about, um, we'd like, would it be interesting, we'd be interested to see what you would all come up with uh, as for Ultramarines armies. Um, so we can call it Smurfs Up, which I thought was quite witty um, for the uh, for the title of this one. Or it's either that, or we do the other one, which is very good, which we might do the month after, or this next month is around armies at the latter part of the war, at the Siege of Terror. You know, with demons for the chaos, all have all have to do traitor armies, and they all have to have some sort of demon thing. But obviously, not just word bearers. You know, what other demons would you have with what sort of uh, Astartes? Because they've slowly sold their collective souls to the to the higher powers. This so is where I will regret the new the new rules, the the, the new Nurgle stuff not having um not having heresy rules. The rules. So, so yeah. you know, no sloppity bile piper. It sounds yeah. wrong. Yes. It sounds really yeah. wrong. Just, no, is that what you? Is that what you had over Christmas? <laughs> what was it? Say that again. Sloppity, Slowly. Sloppity bile piper. Yeah, you, I've definitely had that once. <laughs> it's basically got it's a, a um. A, it's, a, it's a very strange dish. It's <laughs> basically got a, 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 a um, what do you call it? A um, a bagpipe uh, made of hu- made of entrails. Right. Whatever you and Corbacks get up to is entirely your own business. Two consenting, well, one consenting adult and a demon from the nether pit. It's entirely up to you. Um, So anyway, I think that that would be quite an interesting one because we could really go to town with that. Um, And and one of the uh, units from the Siege of Terror and uh, what what we, our interpretation of what we think they would look like at the Siege of Terror. So we may have to look at some source material if anybody's got any ideas. Mm. I'm sure we can come up with something. Sure, there'll be plenty on yeah. in places like that. So I think that's what we do for the for the next one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so ultramarines for the next one. I think yeah. not. Actually, I don't know what you want. What do you want to do, Gary? It's entirely up to you. Ultramarines for the next one, and then the siege of terror stuff for the yeah. month after. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Do it in the order we got them. All right then. So yeah. all good. All right. Okay, so uh, if you do like us, um, leave some reviews on iTunes, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, there are links in the show notes. And if you do want to get in touch, you can post on our Facebook page or send a message to that account or email us at the rush at edgeofempire.co.uk. Very good. So, Thank you very much, folks. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you, gentlemen. You good night. And, take uh, care. Yeah, take care. And yes. Have a good week or good month. Yeah, month. <laughs> I'm not doing this again next weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.